What's up, everyone? Welcome to Kafaru Cast. It's Tuesday, the twelfth. Uh, I just got back from Arizona. I've been hunting too much. I got Frank across from me with a broken clavicle. Yo. And uh, <laughs> the great Chris Rowe with Row Hunting Resources to my right. What's like, up? The great, huh? I don't know. I don't know. It's a great beard and haircut you got you like there. Like that? So right. a little we, jealous, we actually. Yeah. L- little Joe Dirt. <laughs> you got some gray in that thing. Some. It's it's getting uh progress. It's like exponentially growing, and I'm like, well, it, it's it's not so much the stuff on my chin. It's the stuff that's like coming like everywhere out of your ears you're very stoic i've I've got the norwegian thing going on right now it's kind of 50 50 half people are like you need to shave that off and the other half are like oh you should keep it they should have put you in that show vikings do you you watch vikings huh yeah they had they had brent burns in there oh did they yeah they should have put you in there too you gothic face tattoo needs to no oh yeah like a lion or something (laughs) (laughs) oh shit yeah yeah it's been I'd, I've been traveling all over Hell's Half Acre. I haven't been working very much. Sorry, Frank. Yeah, the Rona. Yeah, I did. I got Rona. It's been a very chaotic last month or so. Yeah. What have you been up to, Chris? Running our hunts out uh, in Kansas, get wrapped up with that, and then I'm on a little whirlwind tour out here. We got some ecological services surveys that I needed to do for the other half of the business, Kelly's now is an attorney for the Small Business Administration, so she's working 60-plus hours a week on doing some of that stuff. And so, yeah, anybody that gets a PPP loan or anything like that, she's she might be one of your little liaison people helping you through the process of getting all those loans and everything. So with that being said, yeah, she's out of pocket. So anything we're doing for Rural Ecological, Rural Ecological Services or RHR and stuff, that's just me. So it's... I'm I'm kind of getting into that situation where now it, you know where they joke about deer depression where seasons are done and hunting seasons kind of like going away and now I don't know what I I know what I need to be doing but I don't want to do that and so I'm kind of in that limbo where I just can't get motivated to just sit in the office and do videos and yeah I it's uh it's funny how the human mind you know works like uh in the case of I've been in a ground blind way more than I want to be, um, sitting there with nothing going on 12 hours a day, but time to think. And you think of all the shit you should be doing, and then you come back and you don't do it. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> exactly You right. do maybe one thing, right? <laughs> That's exactly. Oh, yeah. And then it's, you're sitting there going, man, I just I just want to go back and crawl into a blind. Yeah, do whatever. <laughs> it's a lot peaceful. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of peace just sitting at a blind or sitting at a tree stand or sitting in a range or planting food plots or whatever. You're just like leave it all behind and just just fade into nothing just to just be like yeah i can get behind doing this every day it it's hard now for um guy you know i'm in obviously too, way more deeper into social media than i've ever you know wanted to 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 be i've actually had to cool the herd recently and trim some people off my social media list but it uh it is definitely rewind 10 years you know where nobody oh, yeah. knew you and it was a much simpler, simpler oh, life. Oh, and it's it be, and I'll just say, be careful. So, twenty twenty for a variety of reasons, I took a step back off of it, and holy hell, is it so freaking nice? Taking I a mean, step back. I mean, yeah. like, oh my gosh, is it so freaking nice? It's nice to just be able to go out and be me, yeah, and not have to be Chris Rowe on social media. And listen, I understand how social media works. Um, I, I really, honestly do. But I've really gotten tired lately of just through my social media feed. And I talked about this on my last, my podcast. I was just, I, you start flicking through and you're like, 
all it is anymore is a, hey, look at me. Don't forget about me. Remember when I did this? Don't, look at me. Don't, don't, here I am. I'm, I'm in your feet. Oh, remember me? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. It's like, okay, what the hell are you actually bringing to the table? What, I mean, what, what, if I'm going to scroll through your thing, I'm going to stop and I'm going to pause. I'm going to read either. I ought to just freaking laugh. Cause it's funny as hell. Or I'm like, Oh, that's cool to know. Or, Oh, that's pretty. I, I don't know. It just seemed like it just, my feed just started getting just inundated with just empty drivel. And to where I just sit there and I'm like, okay, it annoys the shit out of me to sit there. I'm like, nothing, 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 nothing. Yeah. Freaking just gone to where I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to put something on social media. Well, I'm not going to be that guy. So I'm just not going to put anything on social media. And then all of a sudden a week turns into two weeks, which is a month and it's two months. <laughs> People are like, dude, you're not posting anything. I'm like, yeah, I know, but man, it's really kind of nice. <laughs> it's, it's and before really nice. you know it, he's got a long ass beard and hair. Yeah. <laughs> I this, is, this is my COVID hair. It's my, my protest on the COVID mass bullshit. I said, I, I said, I'm not cutting my hair until we're, we're out of this, this COVID ridiculousness. So either I'm going to end up at JP Sears or I don't know. It's getting, you're over there looking at underwear. I don't even want to know Dude, what that is. Hold on. I got to show <laughs> you this. It's actually, it's a, it's a, it's a, is that the new mask? Is no, that the mask you're going to wear? That's, um, <laughs> yeah, David made David that. made that. It's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> mesh. Uh, April, April Fool's deal. Jeez, oh, Pete. It's, I can't, I'm not going to talk about I, it anymore. I, I, I don't want to spoil <laughs> it, but. I'm <laughs> sitting there talking. I look over and I'm seeing panties. I'm like, uh, oh, goodness. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> but no, you know, I, I, it, I, I was just going to let my hair grow and then it's. It's fine, but it's starting to get a little annoying. So I'm it may, it may get chopped. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I had to chop mine because it got for me long. So I just shaved it off and kept the beard. But that was in the middle of the the Rona. Um, I don't look at. So while we're talking about this, I would say the one thing like people ask all the time, like regrets. They're not not like major, but like, hey, is there anything you would have done different this season? I haven't been taking very many photos. I, I really am struggling with trying to kill shit and, and ha still have, you know, yeah I really like photography and I've cut way back. It's one, it's, it's hard to, hard to kill shit with a recurve. You, you got to work a little harder Two I'm lazy. Like, I'm like, well, I could get the camera out, but I've got David now and Frank post photos. And I, I took 18 photos in six days down in Arizona. Oh, what the hell? Usually yeah. I'll take 1,800. Yeah. And yeah. I just was like, you know what? I'm not going to, unless it's just some master, you know, great photo, I'm not going to mess with uh, the camera. And I, you know, that's one thing this year, really. The only thing I really wish I would have taken more, you know, photos, but you get kind of burnt out uh, on Correct. things. And I, and I don't ever really get burnt out on photography, but, you know, I, it, it is difficult that you can't, I, it is hard to be focused on the stick bow and photos and whatever else you're doing. And now I'm helping out with our dad guiding and mule deer. And I really need to, to buckle down and start taking more, more pictures. Well, and for me, I mean, you've, I'm, I don't even know how many days you've hunted. I think I've hunted six, maybe eight days this entire season. So for me, yeah, people are like, Oh dude, I haven't seen many, you know, much footage. Yeah. You know what? Because I literally look at my, my watch and I'm like, shit, I, I could probably climb, I could go out and do a three-hour hunt. I'm not going to pack up the camera gear and <laughs> yeah. freaking, you know, the, the camera arm and everything. No, I've got three hours. i got to scramble, get in the stand, get up there, and try to try to kill some shit. And yeah. I don't know. I, 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 now, with all that being said, 
2021 needs to be different, right? I've got to kind of get back in the saddle, so to speak, get out there, start talking about stuff, getting content going. But 2020, I mean, it was a bullshit year, but it was kind of a nice year to just defrag from all the other. Tell you what I was surprised with. I got a lot of flack and some of it I got not directly, but screenshots because I hunted in Oklahoma and Texas a bunch this year. And, you know, basically, a, a, you know, a easy way out and high fence or which I don't hunt high fence, but, you know, the normal shit. But, I, you know, one of the guys that asked me about it, I was like, well, dude, I, COVID kind of cock blocked a lot of hunts that I can't go on. And yeah. I said, so I'm not going to not hunt. And I Correct. have all this property in Oklahoma and Texas. Why not? I, I'm going to go hunt. And it's in the, the one guy was, I was surprised. He asked me what optics to get. And I said, Hey, he gave me a spiel about he's got shitty binoculars and he's going to buy a shitty spotter. And I said, dude, sell the binoculars, take the money you've saved, buy a really good set of binoculars. Don't, don't get a spotter yet. Just get and put it on a tripod. He's like, well, I understand the concept, but I just don't think that'll work. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, like, buy, buy Swarovski's, buy Zeiss, buy Leica, buy, buy the top three. And he literally came back. Now, this is a guy I've helped for three years without question. No, no, you know, just anytime he asks, he comes back and says, well, I don't even know why I'm listening to you. And he was serious with all your hunting in Oklahoma and Texas. You're not, mountain, you're not a mountain hunter now. <laughs> and I was like, and I, I blocked his number and his, but I was like, dude, like take a big step back. I fit in whatever hunts I can. To, yeah, but to, uh, to, that just that may, okay, you're not a mountain hunter now. <laughs> did you not? Ju- what the hell? Did- Weren't you in the in the mountains for like all of archery season? Yeah, correct. It, 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 I don't, I don't, and I, I don't need what? to justify any of that. No, but, I, but, but I just literally was like. Oh my God! The one because this year what we had bear hunts canceled, mule deer hunts, moose hunts, whitetail hunts, all canceled, and in that and I and I will say I'd be the first to say and I've gotten crap about this. I hunted elk for so long. I prefer whitetail hunting, and I've said that before because it's a, it's a new refreshing challenge, dude. It's it to me now, and it, this is different for everyone. I've hunted well. You and I are close to the same age. You're a little older than me. How old are you? I'm gonna be forty nine in couple days hey i'm in the same boat but i'm gonna be 44 or 5 anyway <laughs> yeah but so pretty much the same thing first from 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 the time Luckily, i was I'm much better looking but 12 anyway. 12 or 13 till now yeah i've hunted elk yeah. i was the elk reaper on a yeah. I, and, correct and i'm and i and i'm very candid i'm like i fucking like whitetail hunting i something about the leaves on the ground and watching that deer come in and hearing i i just it's new for me Correct. And, and I've hunted, I say new, I think the first whitetail I killed was in like 2003 or something, but I haven't hunted them that much to where now I like to elk hunt, but when October runs around, I, I want to go whitetail hunting. I, I really like whitetail hunting and I'm lucky enough in, in with Scotty, my buddy in Texas, he's got a ton of properties in North Texas and he's got properties for me in Oklahoma. I hunt the shit out of them and I was surprised guys were like, oh, he only shoots give me animals. And I'm like, I don't know if you've hunted North Texas or Oklahoma, but they're pretty wound for sound. I mean, they're not gimmies. And I'm shooting old deer. Now, they're not giants, but they're all four or older. You know, I consider an old deer. And uh, I'm like, guys, really, I, I just want to hunt. And like, guess I what? I just love hunting. They have followed you for a while, right? <laughs> they, they, they do realize that you used to be the guy that if if that – Four by four stepped out. Yeah. Elk. Oh yeah. There was there was 
arrows going. There was animals no hitting what. the ground. Didn't matter. Yeah. And you've progressed to where you're now shooting the stick bow and you're shooting older age class animals. But yet, it's you didn't change to where. Well, I'm only going to shoot it if it's 200, or I'm only going to shoot it. <laughs> I you still enjoy putting animals on the ground. And now that the 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 stick bow adds that other layer of challenge, and whitetails are now offering a different type of challenge. You're, you've got you've got a challenge with a puzzle that you're that you're trying to piece out, and that's fun as shit. Yeah. So why in the that's what you've always done. So why in the he- I don't know. I, I I look at people again, and and I talked about this the other day. Is I really used to be that guy that that would look at people and be like. Dance monkey, dance. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the. You're, I, I follow you because I want to. I want to see. I, I want entertainment. I want yeah. my bread and circuses, and and I just want. I want you to entertain me, and and you 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 need to provide me with the entertainment and the the level of entertainment that that I want. It's like whoa, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. who are you? No, I'm doing me. That so that's and, and what you just said is funny because I'm like, I just want to kill shit. Yeah. I mean, I know that sounds bad. I've got two great Pyrenees that eat four pounds of raw meat a day. Yeah, there you go. I need to shoot some does, right? Yeah. And I and I do, but I, I the one guys that that asked me about it were like the one guy said, "Are you turning into Cameron Haynes?" And I'm like, "Well, I can't afford to turn into a San Carlos guy." Like, yeah. what's that seventy five thousand for a San uh, Carlos tag? Oh, I don't know that anymore. I thought I thought it was in the thirty fives to forty fives to fifty, but I but but same thing with Hill Ranch. I mean, Hill Ranch is not cheap. And and again, I I, and I, I don't care. I'm like, guys, look, it is very simple. If I can hunt public and it's a good hunt, we'll hunt Frank's same way. We're going to hunt public. Uh, I had a good public land elk tag this year. I fucked it up, but I had a good one. When And that, I basically retired on the mountain 26 days on the mountain. Yeah. Everybody on that mountain knew me because I never come off. But it was a good public land tag. Now, you give me the option of, hey, Aaron, do you want to go hunt public land on some shit tag, or do you want to go to Oklahoma and want whitetail? Well, I'm going to Oklahoma. That's Correct. an easy choice. You know, I just like hunting. Everybody that wants to bitch it, and I've dealt with this for years, and it, and especially even with Colorado, back in Colorado politics, it would be interesting to hear the people that would bitch and complain about the landowner voucher program. Now, I'm not going to get into that, but, you know, they'd bitch and complain about the landowner voucher program where these people were coming in and getting a landowner voucher and then hunting taking those vouchers and, and then hunting the public land. So they're artificially inflating the number of people that are going to be on, on public land. But given the fact that they would argue, well, you, you, you should be able to, you should be able to hunt that, that private ground, that private, you should be able to hunt that private ground. And they're wanting people to hunt the private ground because they want the disturbance to, to kick the animals back onto public land. But then when they talk to the guy that actually has permission to hunt the private ground, well, you're you know, they, well, you're, you're a piece of shit. Well, you, well of course you're, you're hunting private ground. Well, it must be nice to be able to hunt private ground. It's like, well, which one is it? Do you want somebody to hunt private ground or not? Yeah. I think the issue is you're not hunting yeah. the private ground because it changes real quick when all of a sudden someone gets permission to go. Hey, do you want to go? Uh, hey, there's a spot open up. Do you do you want to go hunt uh, the hill ranch? There's not a single person I know that goes no. No, I'd rather just go slug it out on public. No, you're full of shit. Well, it, my buddy, uh, he had his parents had money in high school, and they gave him a, they gave him a truck, and he got so much shit. It reminds me of that he's like, "What am I supposed to sue? No, Dad, I want a Pinto. Yeah, I'm going to ride a bike. Yeah, fuck exactly. that truck, Dad. Well, yeah. It's like, what are you supposed to say? Well, and and then that's not obviously I'm not as blessed as a lot of you know people on you know with the San Carlos. We're and the all other different, tags, right? But my you know my thing looking at it is like. 
guys, I, I fit in as many, well, and he, he, we're all no different. I want to hunt as long as I can, whether that's Texas or Arizona or whatever, I'm just fitting in. And the same thing, we talked about it earlier this year with the gun thing. When we were talking about hunting with a gun, I, what did I shoot with a gun this year? I shot a couple animals. I shot two mule deer with a gun. Um, the first one we thought Scotty wounded and I flipped it over. He lucky didn't hit it one time. So my, oh, my tag went on there that you one. Go. Well, there and, you go. Got uh, a deer. The other one was with Luke. And uh, it was funny because it's a private land only tag. And it's amazing what people concoct in their head. It's like, guys, it jumped from public to private. I can't shoot it on public. The fucking yeah. tag is private only. And it was a way for me to hunt more. Like it was, So, and I'm like t- explaining to guys, I'm like, hey, get a little hatred out of your system. It, it's a well, good. It's, it, it's, it's the, the, I mean, why, why is this country heading down the route of socialism? It's, it's the, it's the. It's the attitude and the ideology of envy. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is you want someone on that private land hunting that private land because if they screw up and they bump that animal and push it back onto public, yeah. guess what? Now you've got an opportunity to go after that that animal because otherwise, if no one's hunting that private land, that private land becomes a sanctuary, and then you get to sit on the, on the fence line and stare at a couple hundred <laughs> animals and bitch and p- complain that you can't go down there and go after them on private land. It's like, okay, which one do you want? Other than the fact that you want access to all private land, because there are people that, that believe that is, well, private land shouldn't matter. The, 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 the animals belong to the people of the state. So if I'm going after an animal, private land shouldn't matter. I should be able to go wherever I want. And yeah, you're full of shit. Yeah. You know, so it, other than you being envious of those people that have the ability to go hunt on private land, what the hell, what, who gives a shit if... Aaron wants to go down to Texas or Alabama or wherever you're going to go, yeah, or I'm I'm managing my stuff in in Kansas. It's like guys, we're and we're really going to need to be focused on these this next couple of years. We better start knocking that shit off and start hanging together because um, that's what surprised me the most too. Because uh, and again, obviously, I'm laughing about this. Is we talked about this before, but yeah, not this isn't a crybaby rant, crybaby yeah. rant for me. It's more of how the human brain works at times, like. Am I envious of, um, let's pick out, well, Cam gets to hunt really good areas. Dudley hunts some good areas, right? Remy Warren's going Rem, all Rem, over the place. Yep. And and what it boils down to, like, and, and, and I keep bringing up Frank, but Frank's not inherently wealthy. Although I did just give Frank a raise. Nice. Um, <laughs> but you try to fit you in. this as, gold tooth over here? I no, did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you try to fit in as many hunts as you, as you can. And so generally with with frank and i both and me a little i get to hunt more than frank but i fit in literally there's going to be some public some private some some guided and when i say guided we're not really guided but you you got to have a guide in yeah in alabama in alberta right you got to have somebody to make it legal right just what it is um and then i compare that to um if i tried to if i took the hunts away that had anything to do with private you know, because I, I take these questions for real to answer. Could I feel that six month block that I get to hunt with slugging it out on on public land? You kind of could. It would be difficult, um, yes. but you you could. Then you you kind of throw in the variables of what are the chances of me being successful? Mm-hmm. Um, you weigh it out, and it's like, well, the reality is, is why why would I put myself through that? You know, if you've got some public great. If you got some private, great, kind of mix it in there. And so when people ask me like, um, I don't know, what's a question I've gotten, you know, recently, like, um, 
well, elk hunting. Are you going to start elk hunting more again? It's like, well, I'm, I'm going to hunt elk when I have a good tag. And if I have the choice, like Frank and I talked yesterday, we're going to try to hunt Alberta early September next year if they open up the gate. Why would I choose a coveted Alberta mule deer tag? Why would I choose slugging it out public on land. public land in Colorado public for Public land over-the-counter elk when you can go to Alberta Alberta and have a— Yeah, don't hate us for it. That's correct. just common <laughs> well, sense, right? And, and the thing is, is from, from my standpoint, so I see both, I, I see a number of different sides on it because, yes, I, a lot of the folks that follow me are public land folks that, that that's why they're coming to the elk module but, to learn but, to be better. But before you say anything, if we didn't have the Alberta hunt, we would be hunting public land yeah. over-the-counter elk, but we have that. You have an opportunity yeah. to pursue a higher-quality experience that in, in maybe a novel experience that you haven't been able to do before. So it's a new experience, and it has the potential to be a high-quality experience. And that's where I was going to go. So yeah. as, a, as a, a private land manager out in Kansas, you know, what we see is, you know, there's a, a farm, you know, a, a farming family getting old. The kids want their money, so they want to they force a sale or, or whoever's going to sell the, the farm. And there's a 160 acre chunk of river bottom with ag around it. Dude, that's on the market for like maybe yeah. six days. <laughs> yeah. It's gone. Amy, Amy was telling me that it's insane in Kansas right it's now. Gone. The land it's, grabs. It's gone. Why? And, and you look who's buying it and they're not big corporations, you know, buy. no, they are, they are the average Joe that has spe- has set aside some money, has saved, maybe they got the money in the stock market, and now they're like, man, I don't know what the stock market's going to do. And more importantly, I just want a place where <laughs> I can go and have and not have to fight with someone else. I want to go to where I have a reasonable opportunity just to have a just a quality, peaceful hunting experience and i'm seeing that more and more and more the the folks that want to come hunt they're not coming to hunt because oh i've got money now and i I just want to throw no they're coming because they're like you know what i just want to have a high quality hunt experience and i'm not getting that on public ground now there's there's some people now there's different there's different value sets and there are some people that hunt public ground because their value set and and their currency is essentially the the uh, competition between. It'd be like me hunting the same public ground as you and as you. So we all three go in there separately. Well, yes, I'm going hunting, but there are some people that would go. I went in there and I shot the first four by four. I win. I got an elk before you guys did. Yeah, you know it has Which nothing is, to do with the animal. It was all about did I perform and did I did I did I reach the goalpost before you did? Not even understanding that maybe okay, well yeah we we were we yeah that's fine we're we're gonna go after some older bulls and yeah. I've got some you know <laughs> it, it it didn't matter their their value set was I I I won quote unquote uh, on public land and I filled my tag. There are other people that have done that for years to where they're now going okay. I want a higher, I want a, a better, not better, a different level of experience. And I have the means by which maybe I put in for tags and get a limited draw tag. Or maybe I have the ability to go on a guided hunt. or a landowner tag. Or landowner tag. Yeah. There you go. You, there's all these little tiers where you can bump up, depending on your means, what your value set is, to 
pursue your personal value set and what you want out of hunting. The, the issue becomes is when all these jackasses that can't do or don't, and I, and I, I think you've said this and I've heard this somewhere else too, is can't do and don't do are two different things because if you're buying a, a $20 pizza every week and, and you know, you're going every day, for, or every yeah. day, or, you know, you're, you're getting a 12 pack of beer every night and sitting down, you know what, you could probably uh, repurpose that money yeah. and, and into something different and, and really get a different experience. One of the things like we looked at, there was two properties that um, Scotty had found that, that he uh, was like subleasing that he, he had asked, he's like, Hey, do you, do you want to lease this? You know? And so I, I called three other guys and, you know, the kind of the deal is like, I can take Frank and the other guy can take one person. It's got a bunch of turkeys and deer. And, and it was, I think it was $12,000 or something like that. How many acres? 2,000. Pretty good. Oh shit. That's a good deal. Yeah. River bottom. Um, so I told Scotty, I'm like, Hey man, tax title and license for us to pay you. Um, cause you got, you know, you get bashed for this, but you gotta have feeders, right? There's you're in, you're in Texas, Oklahoma border. You, you got to have, you got to have some corn, whether you hunt right over that Correct. or not, you got to have it there to get the, the animals to come. And I'm like, what's it going to cost for you to, you know, feed and everything else? Cause in Oklahoma, you can feed there too. Right. Yep. So, um, I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, I can, I can chip in four and my buddy can chip in four another guy. And we have what you were talking about, the, the sanctuary, right? We can go down and whack four turkeys or three or whatever, fairly, no, no Mortal Kombat hunting of Colorado turkeys, right? We can go down there and have a good time. Yeah. I don't see, I can see how people could turn that into something bad, but I've done the public land thing for my entire life, and I was the guy you just talked about. I got the animal first. I won. Yep. I just want a little bit different experience now, uh, if I can. Now, not to say Frank and I might not run out next year for four days and try and whack something, uh, some type of elk on public land, but if I've got a choice, yeah, and one of the reasons I'm bringing this up is for people to take a step back and kind of check themselves and think, okay, uh, would it be worthwhile for you to maybe look at a landowner tag? Would it be a trespass fee? Mm-hmm. Hey, what? Because people, I got a message yesterday. Hey, I'm looking at going to Texas or Oklahoma. What ranch should I hunt? <laughs> How the hell would I know? There's I don't, only about 83,000 of them. Well, and I was like, look, I don't, I don't hunt these private ranches i i hunt farmers land like i'm i'm yeah. weaseling my way in wherever i can if it's a yeah. a farmer that has 600 acres but it's between ag fields uh, that's a hell of a yeah. spot right yeah. and so so i'm like hey i'm not i'm not going and paying uh and uh, nothing wrong with this i'm not paying a private outfitter to i i just hunt on farmer's land i mean you know it's yeah. the same in kansas right Correct. you go you knock on the door you give them yep. some money they let you hunt it's yeah there, there are absolutely there still are some the landowners will still do that um there's some landowners that don't but you, you got to go out and do your homework i mean i every year we have people that will come out of arkansas or hell we got virginia guys we've got there there's all sorts of people that will literally come out in the summer and they'll just start driving around and knocking on doors and bank picking up phone you know and, and making it's phone calls hard it, 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 okay now and this and again this is something i've talked about with some other folks too but you know the, the issue is is they bring that combat bow hunting or combat hunting mentality with them and so if the landowner's like oh yeah 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 go ahead and hunt Guess what? He probably yeah. let 
two or three or four or six or 12 other people say, go ahead and hunt. Well, guess what? Now it's getting borderline eh, public land-esque, okay? Because there's going to be a bunch of people there. Don't be a prick. You know, don't be a freaking prick and going in there and and trying, you know, leaving gates open and and trying to shut off water or turn water on or driving through fields or what. How about you just freaking don't be a prick for a while and (laughs) get along with everybody because that's how a lot of landowners start going, you know what? It's not worth it. Bingo. I've done it for 10 years. I thought I was being nice. Now I've got some guy yelling at me because I'm messing up his hunt. He doesn't even know realize I'm the landowner. Yeah. I'm going in and checking my cattle and you're going to come out of your tree stand and you're going to you're going to yell at me about messing up your hunt. Uh excuse me. Yeah. Uh why are you here? Oh, I've got permission. From who? The landowner. I'm the landowner. Yeah. I've never seen you in my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, well, my buddy, oh, I'll buy Okay. That's fine. Maybe it is or maybe it's not, but regardless, um I'm doing my work yeah, on I'm making my a living. land. Yeah. <laughs> I've given you the opportunity to climb in a tree stand. Uh, how about you just shut up, go back in there, and enjoy it? Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just going to shut it down. And and I, I'm lucky because I have Scotty. Scotty's lived down there, and he's got lots of land for me. I, w- I wouldn't get to hunt any of that if it wasn't for Scotty and who all the people he's introduced yeah. me to. But I, you know, when I, I try to talk to people about this, it's like, look, I like to hunt. Right. And I, I like to hunt lots of different shit. And I really like to hunt whitetail. So I just fill in as much as I can. And, and, and Cam did say he made a good point. Like you work your whole life for better opportunities. Why do I get Hopefully. criticized for better opportunities? Like, do I think that Cam shooting in, uh, and, and I don't know, like Cam, I hope you've listened to this, not me mad at me. Do I look at Cam shooting? a 400 inch bull on the San Carlos is cam shooting a five by five. Like we all used to do on public land is the same thing. No, it's totally different, but let's face it. He's not getting any younger and neither none. Of, well, Frank, you're still young. You and I are old. Um, yeah. as time has gone on, do I still like to beat my, get my ass kicked on a public land hunt? Yeah, it's great. You know, mule deer is fun, but when somebody says, Hey, this year, do you want to come hunt mule deer in Alberta? Yeah. But as a matter of fact, I fucking do. I, yeah. I want, you know, well, like, of th- course. Then th- I tell you what, then, l- then let's have this. I mean, if we're headed down this road anyway, I mean, the, the one thing is funny. Let, let's dive into the must be nice because I mean, I, I, I myself and, uh, our landowner this year, I, I, I just wanted to come uncorked on a couple people because I'm really getting tired of, well, it must be nice. Well, well, it must be nice. Yeah. Well, it must be nice. You know, so we killed a 200-inch whitetail this year. I saw that. That was an amazing deer. Dude, <laughs> and and this is, yeah, exactly. We don't, it's not high fence. We're not running, you know, it's all the blah, blah, blah. It's just, this is Kansas agriculture land. We knew that there were some big deer in this area. We have a chunk of ground that we've been just kind of leaving alone for a couple years now. And, yeah, long story short, the landowner, one of the landowners I work with, not only do they run cattle, they run the farm, and they have a business in town. So it's not like they're sweating, sitting around twiddling their thumbs, you know. And, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of stuff. And they're so involved with everything. So literally, my landowner has like a ha- – you think I only have a couple days to hunt. I'm literally trying to drag him away from things like, dude – I've got the blind set up. Let's just go. <laughs> and blind. so literally that's what we did. I told him, I said, okay. So I had a, a, a company come to me. They, they were going to test out some new deer supplements and attraction. And I, they wanted me to test it. I'm like, sure. I mean, that's not normally what we run on our, pro- uh, on our properties. I said, but yeah, I'll give put it a, a whirl. Good, I'll yeah. give it a good, 
I'll give it a good scientific test. You know, here's a pile of this, a pile of that, a pile of this, but now it's got free choice. The deer can come and, and select whatever they want. Let's quantify how many times they select whatever. Well, it turns out that this new supplement product, they didn't even freaking touch it. I mean, they didn't even look at it, but they'll go to the corn pile every freaking time. Yeah. So literally we're sitting there, I'm, I'm watching this and, and a decent buck shows up. You know, he's a, he's a four or five year old deer. Doesn't, I mean, he's probably high one thirties, low one forties, just a, just an all around nice buck. And it's literally a spit throw from my landowner's property or where he lives. I'm like, Bo, it's rifle season. I'm like, dude, he's good enough. And he's like, oh yeah, I'd shoot him. I'm like, well, let's just go. So we, long story short, we make a play to, to go hunt. It doesn't work. I'm like, all right, we've got to put a ground blind here. I'll get this set up. So that way, when you get done with all your crap, you don't even have to do anything. You get off of work. You literally go home, change, walk up the hill, climb into the ground blind. Good deal. And then all of a sudden, this buck shows up. I mean, we've seen him before, and literally, there's more to the story, but this buck finally shows up, and I'm like, dude, that that's a good, we can't really get a good look at him. He's off in the distance in the camera, in the dark. You could just tell he's got a good frame. And so I'm like, dude, just freaking, just, you need to go. You have one night to hunt, freaking climb into the blind. Just go. And so sure enough, he gets in the blind. That's one of the first deer that steps out broad daylight. You know, <laughs> he sees the rack. And so, and I've taught him and, and he knows as soon as you see a rack, you, you know, that's the deer you want to shoot. Just quit looking at it. Yeah. You just focus on, you know, where, he, you know, it was a rifle, boom, shoots the thing, turns, runs about 50 yards, piles up. And he's like, dude, I'm shaking. It's a big deer. I said, all right, just stay in the blind. Don't disturb all the other deer. Cause he goes, there's deer still coming out. I'm like, just sit there. I said, I'll drive in. I'll pick you up and then we'll just go recover it. Cause when you come in with a vehicle, you know, the deer will run off. They're but, used to the, but they have, yeah, exactly. So it was one of those situations where, I mean, I've, I've had this a couple times in my life where you start walking up to the animal and you just start, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And now there's more points and those are matching points. And those are lot. Holy hell. And yeah, I mean, legit two oh. I mean, he busted off a two inch kicker. Uh, there were some other people that were hunting the deer and, and they had made a play for him and it was legit. And, um, they had some good pictures of him and it had about a two and a probably two, two and a quarter inch kicker off the side that he busted off. So, but he right there at 200, 201. So, I mean, a deer of a lifetime. Now these guys have grown up in this community. They've, they've bought ground. They have, um, you know, the son has bought his own ground. The father has bought his own ground. They've both inherited the ground that their grandfather developed. Now, now their grandfather built a huge, big business empire and, I mean, was a huge player in the region. And so, yes, they, they amassed some ground. And they've been there for generations. We kill this deer. Bo, Bo kills this deer. And of all the nights I couldn't go with him, I would have had the camera because I'm like, God, son of a, anyway. So all of a sudden out of the woodwork come these people. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, boy, I was a great deer. That was, you know, yeah, man, it, it, it must be nice being able to have, you know, ground that, you know, that, that good ground that you could hunt. And, you know, I just, I, I just, and it was over and over and over and over again of this. Well, it must be nice. It, it must be nice. And, you know, at first it gets, you're, you're, it, there's an offensive part of it. You're like, what the fuck? What do you mean it must be nice? Yeah. I mean, he's hunted since he was a kid. It's his ground. And yeah, did, 
we knew the deer was around, but he, the deer's operating on, you know, using like six different landowners properties. Well, he just happened to be on ours yeah. at the right place, right place at the right, right time. time. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So let's just say we're lucky. Okay. Well, yeah, it's nice to be lucky sometime. But then I started thinking, I'm like, no, what they were saying was it must be nice that you've got the a, a place to hunt. You've got this ground that's, that's managed now. It's like, well, okay, you know what? We're not gonna, I, I'm not going to make any uh, apologies for it anymore because, you know what? You're damn right. It is nice. It is freaking really nice. I mean, it is freaking nice. Well, I mean, I mean, paying the tax, ta- paying the taxes on several thousand acres, that sucks. Yeah, that's but, not but, nice. But, I mean, other than that, everything else is, I mean, it's freaking really nice. I mean, other than, well... Well, other than fixing all the fence for the cattle, because, I mean, that's the only reason why we have the ground in the first place is so we can run the cattle. I mean, other than having to fix fence in 110-degree temperatures in the middle of the summer, and then, oh, by the way, well, I guess I should ask, it, it really does it's, It really does suck when you have to go out in, in 20 below and bust water. Yeah, bust or, ice. Uh, bust ice out of your water tank. But other other than all that, oh, it's, it's, it's really nice. <laughs> and, well, I mean, yeah, though, and then... Like when the combine and stuff breaks down, I mean that that sucks. And and when commodities <laughs> absolutely tank and there's no money in farming, well that that part sucks. But all the other part is really really nice. And I mean, well, I mean cattle prices. Well, I mean, besides that, and you know, and then you know what? You have no clue what it takes to have land. Yeah, that you just bought. You have a banknote on it, and um, oh, by the way, between Russia and Brazil and India and all the other things that, that go into global markets, uh, there's really no money to be made anymore in winter wheat. And oh, by the way, corn prices are doing okay uh, for now, but guess what? When uh, COVID, this, this was just shocking to me. They had uh, the contracts for all their corn to sell their corn. They're selling it to the ethanol plant. COVID hits, the entire economy shut down. Yeah. No one's traveling. So no one's using fuel. No one's using fuel. All of a sudden that ethanol plant has tanks full of fuel that they can't get rid of. Well, we can't make any more fuel because we have no place to put the fuel. So guess what? We're not using the corn that we bought. And uh, by the way, we can't buy your corn. What do you mean we can't buy my corn? Oh, we've got no market for it. So now here's these corn, this, this, whether it's in the corn sitting in your bins, whether the corn is sitting out in your grain tubes out in your field, that corn's going nowhere. Well, I've got to get ready for next year. I've got, I've got to, now what do I got to do? Farm around it? And if I farm around it and, and I do my, what the, where the hell am I going to take my, my bins are full. I've, I've, no one's buying my shit. So you know what? It is nice. It is freaking really nice when you're dealing with all the struggles and all the stress and all the razor thin margin and all the sleepless nights and all the early mornings getting up and busting ice and the freaking middle of the days and 110 degree temperatures slaving out there because you can't find help and you've got to fix the fence by yourself. It is freaking really nice to be able to take a day, one day, climb into a ground blind and shoot the best deer of your ever life. You probably never shoot another one like that. So yes, you know what? It is nice. (laughs) <laughs> we should have yeah i'm glad that's recorded i th- what you said though is it's it's true and and i don't again i don't want this to sound like a you know whatever crybaby you know podcast but Bitch i fest. i think that um my kind of point to people is like guys rather than hanging back and complaining just 
figure out your own end around. Figure out what correct you, what you're going to do. Like correct, make it make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't. What are you now? How <laughs> is you that? Frank, is that like a lot? Like uh, is that like virtue signaling? You know, like um, people well, people try to put their morals and ethics it, onto you. It's in, getting in that way ways, now. Right? Yeah. I mean, look at what the, with, with the mask stuff now and, and mask shaming and all this stuff where where their victimhood, it, it becomes that's what their virtue is. Well, and, I, I did a podcast the other day and I was I was tired and uh, that's like me going to the store hungry. I was in a, on a rant. I mean, Petuto edited 45 minutes out of my rant. To give you out. <laughs> and I got going on kind of like you just did about all this different. And it, it was just I had. I, I was still sick. I was tired and, and I, I was provoked. I got a couple bad PMs and I was like, just, I went off and thank God he edited most of it out, but I was in a, I was in a bad mood. And one of the things I was talking about was our dad and, uh, it's difficult to kill our dad, um, free range. And my whole point was I had gotten the must be nice messages type of a thing. And I'm like, well, go down there and go do it, go kill one. And one of the guys came back and said, um, you know, you know, basically I, I can't afford it. And I said, well, I, I guide for free to, to hunt out dad. Like Scotty doesn't pay me. We, we trade animals. So I, I, I'm free labor and, and, and I do have a position where I can go guide for free and I get that. But you know, if, if you rewind your, your life, right. Or whatever, cause Frank, what are you 32 now? Yeah. 32. How much do you get to hunt? Quite a bit now. Now. If you worked at Kafaro or not, would you be able to hunt about the same right now? Maybe a little less, but I'd still be I'd still be figuring out ways to hunt. Yeah, pretty much. Like the only thing you have a bonus here is every now and then I'll buy you a hunt, but time you get time off. You know, I let him. You know, when I say let him, you know, Frank can go do whatever he wants. He Frank runs the company. I just show up every now and then. So when I re- rewind to construction, which you knew me way back then, how much did I hunt back then? Bunch of, I mean, I don't know how many days you were out there, but any day that you had off, you were out there. Yeah, I was hunting as, about as much as I was now. There's more stress involved in it, yeah, like yeah. a lot of midnight and, driving and, and, and shit. And it, and it wasn't, and, it, and I don't remember this, but my interpretation was it wasn't the level and the, the type of hunts you were doing now. Mm-mm. You were just going out. And, well, and, and fair point, because it, I just got done talking. A, a buddy of mine from college that I went to college with came out and hunted uh, does, and, and he, they tried to do some goose hunting. Um we, we were joking because I bought, long story short, I ended up buying, he had to move away. He had a bunch of goose decoys. I bought them because I was living in the front range of Colorado. And there was really not much to do in the winter yeah. to hunt other than my neighbor had a goose lease and invited me to be a part of it. And it was cheap. I'm like, I'm going to start hunting geese. I don't give a shit about geese. Yeah, I don't like, do. I don't like, but it's, it's hunting. <laughs> yeah. It gives, it gives me an opportunity to get out and hunt. Yeah. So I bought his d- goose decoys. I got out on the goose lease and I was going goose hunting as much. I mean, we're digging pit blinds and I mean, <laughs> I, I, all of a sudden I'm all in on goose hunting. Why? Because it was an out, it was an outlet that I could go and engage. I could call geese. I could play that game and I could hunt and I could be active. Well, now I, so I moved to, to Kansas. We've got tens of t- tens of tens of thousands of, of, of snows, and we've got several groups of Canada geese that are pretty consistent. Those goose decoys have not moved <laughs> in the storage unit from when we moved there. I have not goose hunted once. Dennis comes out and he wants to go goose hunt. I'm like, dude, yeah, go. There's freaking geese. We were just sitting there talking. I'm like, I really didn't ever care about goose hunting. Yeah. 
but goose hunting gave me an outlet when that for that window well, like, when I was stuck and I didn't have opportunities. I feel I, I found the opportunity to get that outlet. Photography for me, correct. It's an there you outlet go. to get out and like right go. right now I, I I need to get out and take more photos. But you know my my point to all of this is rather than bitching about what everybody else has, find a way, find a way. And and I was in again before Kafaru, before people can say I I was so lucky. Well, you know I had a kid and I ran a multi-million dollar glass shop where construction, I found a way, right? It wasn't the probably the best way. I didn't uh, have the nicest furniture in the world. I always paid cash for my trucks, but I found a way to hunt. Now, it may have been a weekend hunt. It may have yeah. been drive all night Friday. Now, if I don't have to do that, why would I subject myself to the same shit I had to when I was living in poverty? People ask, (laughs) so I've got guys that are like, oh, we should go elk hunting. And I I listen to what they're talking about elk hunting. And and it's about, you know, I'm going to go backpack up into here. We're going to climb up there and then we're going to go through this deadfall and we're going to get up in here and we're going to be. Now, granted, I'm probably going to go and and I want to check this area out and blah, blah, blah. But then the meantime, I'm over here going, but okay, um, but I but I got this other area that, that I can pull my camper in and I can sleep in a bed with sheets and a heater and take a crap in a toilet and then hike up the hill and I can go hut. I'm like, uh, I kind of really like my camper. Yeah. <laughs> well, and just, I do, I will say I, I do like backpack hunting, right? Like yeah, that's, yeah. I've always got to do like this year was elk, which I spent a ton of time back there backpack hunting, like, fuck the whole season basically right i love that i love high country mule deer hunting but again like you know when people when you when you look at your season if your entire season consists of coming out west and hunting 10 days i get it you that's what you got right i mean that's make it yeah and and that was kind of me in reverse before where my entire whitetail season was one trip to some place somebody invited me to hunt for five to seven days well obviously now i'm i'm way more you know i i i say blessed, whatever you want to call it. I have a lot more opportunities, but for, for guys, you know, the whole thing about this again is rather than pissing and moaning about what everyone else has, if you just work hard and find a way, and that way may not be, it may not be door knocking. It may be you run into somebody that has swapping, you know, put in a shower door for a guy and he'll let you hunt or, or like in the case with Scotty, Scotty's one of my best friends. I guide for him. He lets me hunt on these properties. It's fair trade, yeah. right? For me, there's guys that come out our way, and and they they know that they'll come out for a week or two weeks or whatever when they're gonna either work cattle or they're gonna you know they they're getting ready to move pastures and they've got a fixed fence. Guys will come out and here we go, let's let's fix fence for you guys, or they'll just show up and they'll be like, okay, what pastures need? They know how to fix fence. Okay, where have you been? Well, I have I need to fix fence on that pasture and that pasture. Got it. And they go out and they take care of it. That okay, it's that just takes your time. And forethought to say, okay, I, 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 I don't have money, but I have, maybe I have time yeah. or maybe I, ha- I don't have a lot of money and I don't even have a lot of time, but I do have a skill set or I, I, I have something. Can I leverage my value, whatever that value is? Yeah. Can I, can I, can I find somebody that that value set can well, provide something to them, and can we work that trade? Let's say that value set has nothing to do with hunting. Let's say it's electrician. Exactly. exactly. I guarantee he's got a pull bar and he needs rewired. Exactly. I something. guarantee yep. there's something. And that's yeah. one, one of the, when I'm trying to, like, when guys are asking about, you know, 
uh, like with Scotty, he would let me hunt no matter what. But I mean, it's only fair, right? That I yeah. that I help him out. But if you know, rewind before I knew Scotty or whatever. Like uh, a couple of places I hunted in Nebraska and Kansas. Kansas used to be much easier to draw. It's more difficult. Oh now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you go out and you're like, look, dude, I don't know shit about farming, but I'm strong as an ox. You got any any yeah. type of labor that yeah, I could exactly? You know what do you, what do you need? I I really want to try to earn my keep. I, I want to provide you something of benefit because I know that you're. I, I I'm looking at. I I, I see your river. I really like to hunt. That that is a very a high benefit to me. But what can I do for you that would be of equal benefit? Can, yeah. How how can you know? Just don't show up with a bottle of Crown Royal. Because I bet you any money they got to stack this high in their yeah. their house because they don't drink. Yeah. So who gives a shit about a bottle of Crown Royal? Yeah. What I do give a shit about is, I, I, I haven't been able to get out there and fix that hydrant. Um, I gotta I gotta do that hydrant. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, the hydrant's not that deep. It, it, it's only buried three feet. And but grab a shovel. I almost said some things. Grab a shovel, and say okay. Do you have do you have the other hydrant to, to to replace? Yeah, it's just sitting over there in the barn. Will you allow me to fix it? Go for it. Okay, boom. Go out there and just fix a hydrant. One of the one of the ways I got this was years ago, permission to hunt. Um cattle got loose, yeah. right? Now oh, this yeah. had nothing to do I just had there was just cattle in the highway. Just like a dog, right? I pull over, I'm shooing the fuckers off the side of the road. You know, they all have ear tags, so I got the ear tags and I'm like I wonder if I can. So I, I'm like, should I shoo them? It there's a gate not far, and I'm like, should I shoo them down to this gate? I don't even yeah. know if it's the right property. Yeah. I'm like, that's probably the safest bet, and all farmers tend to get along, yeah. so not going to be a big deal. So I shoo these fat bastards down. It's better to be in a in a pasture than it is on the highway. highway. So yeah. I go drive down to the nearest farmhouse, knock on the door. I'm like, hey brother, uh, I don't I don't know a whole lot about cattle, but uh, 47 and 62. And a calf uh, were just in the highway, blue tags. And the guy immediately was like, yeah, those are mine. And I'm like, dude, I put them in a pasture across the road. So we go down there, and he's like, how the fuck you get them in there? And I'm like, <laughs> some, uh, uh, you know, herding ability? I was like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just kept pushing them, and they, they went in there. And I, I, he was like, oh, cool. So he, we don't talk about hunting at all. He gets back out, and he's like, dude. He didn't say dude. He's a farmer. He said, man how can I repay you? And I'm like, you got any, any land? You know, I said, I, I was actually out here hunting on a different property. And the dude had a, a lot of land. Now Cabela's ended up buying it. Oh, of um, course, yeah. he fucked me. But <laughs> this, this area, I was like, I said, dude, can I just give you some cash or something? Come help out. And yeah. you now this is not going to happen to everyone. But no. my, my point being is you find a way, if you want to hunt bad enough, you find a way. Now it may not be the best hunting in the world, yeah. it, you know, and and like you said, the the mindset of of Western hunting, like now Frank, like this year, you could have shot some deer, you had a, a a larger deer picked out. Frank didn't get a deer public land or whatever. When you go on to public land for elk, I highly suggest, and you gave me shit in a seminar we did where I'm like, shoot the first thing you see, the first two to three years you come out. That, Just, uh, but that's a, okay. First two to three, <laughs> two to three years, not the first twenty years. Yeah, well, it took me twenty, and, and even still, but. Everybody has their own yeah what value. what's yeah. fun yeah. right yeah. and 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 so when I you know when I'm when I'm talking to guys about the different hunting I'm like look with elk 
I strongly suggest you first shoot whatever has hair on it your first trip or two. First, le- first couple legal animals, absolutely. And 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 when you find an area, if it's a good area, don't tell anyone because it won't be a good area anymore. <laughs> Correct. Uh, two, keep, if you're comfortable with that and you're finding animals, keep coming back to that spot. Keep it a secret and do not bring a ton of people. And that is your private land. I'm a private landowner, whatever yes. bullshit. Yeah. Um, that's going to be your sanctuary. That's going to be as good as it gets. But if you tell people, it will not be good in two to three years. Um, one of the things that uh, people have to understand, which is hard, I think, when we've talked about this a lot, and Harold brought it up too, do you want to go hunting or do you want a good hunt? Bingo. Big so, difference. And any more, which is, you know, and I've gotten, um, you know, pretty um, – I've got bashed for some podcasts where I wanted to limit out-of-state hunters tags in Colorado, and I wanted to limit um, over-the-counter tags totally. Like I, I wanted a cap, and and that cap to be realistic to where it's still not the same shit show, right? Yeah, that's not for for just me. I mean, that's to have a better hunt. That that. That's to have the chance of actually harvesting, killing, in, in, however you want to call in it. In your frame of value set, yeah. this is what you see as yeah, that moving meat. that way. Yeah. yeah. Man, guys got pissed. And I'm like, well, do you want to just come out here to say you went hunting? Or, There's a lot of people that say yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. They're like, I, I live and die to go hunting in Colorado. And I I'm don't like, care if I see anything. Most of them don't. And uh, and I'm like, well, guys, I, I, I'd... I, now, whether I shoot a raghorn or not, I want some bugling action, right? I, I don't want to blow on my fucking tube and watch them run away. Like, I, I want some some interaction with elk, which is a good, to me, a good hunt. Because you can go hiking year-round. And, yep, that's how I always was. I was like, man, you know, you hear those people say, oh, I, I hunt, you know, it's all about spending time with family. And I'm like, you're full of shit. No, I can do that 360 <laughs> days or, you know, whatever, 350 days a year. These uh, that these couple weeks are for me to go out and play the game with the animal. But then again, again, that's my value set. That might be not your value set, especially if you're a, a beginner. And everybody's value set is going to be a little different. And it doesn't mean that, A, a, a either you're wrong or you're some victim of some injustice that you can't have that. I mean, but think about society today. It really seems that that's just where we're headed is, well, if if I see you have something I don't, then that means you're an asshole, I'm a victim, and I should be given, given whatever it is that you have to make me not a victim anymore. So you're, you're, you're bullshit, and, and well, I'm going to— Coming from us three specifically, because I know your pedigree and I know yours and you guys know mine. None of us were brought up with money, uh, right? So, I mean, if we had a poverty parents yeah, I, contest. Yeah, I had ketchup sandwiches as a kid. Yeah, between the three of us. <laughs> I, and, know, I and, didn't know what a hamburger bun was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, correct. And, correct. And no bullshit. We were all raised in, in uh, relative poverty. We weren't yeah. starving, but no. Frank, did you have the nicest clothes in the world <laughs> no, in school? No. Okay. Neither did I. Kmart sneakers yeah. every year. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I bought Converse once. Uh, I picked mushrooms to afford Converse, right? Chanterelles. Sold yeah. them at the mushroom place. Okay. Fast forward. My, uh, you know, left let, left home early, right? 18. Frank, when did you move out? Uh, 18. You? Same. Okay. I couldn't get out of that town fast enough. Frank, you worked construction off and on and other shit. You did whatever you had to do to 
to, I went to, to college, ran out of money because I was hunting my fishing <laughs> bra brains out, and then realized I was like, oh, shit, I'm out of money. I'm not going to go move back home. So I joined the military. Yeah. And yeah. so, it, and then when I decided, I'm like, all right, I need to get back out and get in wildlife. I, I literally got out, moved to college, got back into college at Colorado State, and literally I had Army College Fund, GI Bill, three separate outside <laughs> jobs <laughs> so that I could finish college college yeah and so we've talked about this before i've talked about this on some of my educational stuff is no ryan uh ryan pool best friend in college our hunts legitimately get out of class friday grab something at the cafeteria get in the vehicle drive and where we were hunting at that point it was about a five-hour drive get to the trailhead load up hike in we would get to camp at like 11 p.m. if not 1 a.m. sleep for a couple hours get up hunt Saturday and then maybe if there was like a slam dunk option maybe Sunday morning because we had to be back in class and work on Monday morning so whatever we killed on Saturday or Sunday morning we had to pack out and so yeah I killed an elk one year and literally we had no option other than to pack the entire thing out in one trip yeah which I'll never do again <laughs> yeah but I mean it it's just that was that literally was all we had available to us that's how I developed my mindset on efficiency and in, in calling and hunting but that's what I had that and, and damn it I'm gonna find a way yeah and that that's the thing is finding a way and we remember when Rogan talked about he didn't understand about the private public land thing, and of course tell everyone. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, and I, I yeah, consider yeah. Rogan a friend, but I'm like, all right, motherfucker, he doesn't understand. You work construction five fucking days on Friday, leave at three thirty, or skip out a little early because you're an asshole and a bad employee. You drive all night. You get to the trailhead at dark. You hike in at dark. You scout right. You do the same thing in reverse. Get back late on Sunday right. Go to work Monday morning. You do that four or five weeks in a row to scout, and then someone screws your spot up. Well, if you put the blood, sweat, and tears in there, your opinion would be different because it's it's public land, right? And so I don't have any issue with the I'm a public landowner t-shirts, but there needs to be some fine print below that shit, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, and <laughs> we, I think, and maybe we talked about this before. I, I, can't, I absolutely love, I hate that freaking terminology because public, I'm a public landowner. Really? I just went through what it means to be a landowner. Um, tell me what exactly you're putting in the system on the Forest Service. Yeah. What uh, with your with your tax dollars and your hunting dollars, what are you putting in a, a buck thirty seven yeah. annually? Yeah. Come on, no, piss off. Well, and and the, the I get the idea, the concept, I the, the I, sales pitch I do too, behind but it. It's, I don't know. But again, if you're you know you're a public landowner, there's also a lot of work. If you're a public landowner, Correct. you're, you're, you're going to have to probably potentially settle for an animal. Maybe you wouldn't normally shoot because that's just all you've seen. You're going to put a lot more late. Well, Frank, what would you, what would you say our caloric expenditure is a day on a hard day mule deer hunting? Jeez. I don't know. Quite a bit. I don't even four? want to say four or 5,000 calories. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I had my one watch, and it was 6,700 one day, but I also walked 40-some thousand steps. Yeah, depending That was the on... day I passed the deer. Oh, yeah. Well, and that uh, altitude is going to change that too. Yeah. Well, and and again, like when people, the, the public, like it is nice to have all this public land run out and be able to hunt. There is just a lot of other things involved in it, people, right, pressure. Yeah. There's a lot of, let's pick, um, we'll pick the Eagle's Nest Wilderness because it's right up the road. 
there's private ranches all along the bottom of the mountain range. Within a realistic period of time, more the majority of the elk are down on their sanctuary. Now they guide on that, but they keep it numbers in check. And so the what's up, Nate? The the animals don't, you know, they're not coming back it's on a sanctuary. The, they're going to be. That's where they're going to go. Yeah, and I mean, back in the day when I was less worried about getting in trouble, we were calling elk off that. I mean, we, it's totally legal. I was going to say, there's nothing wrong with that as it, long as you're not shooting over the fence. But if one jumps the fence in the position that we're all in now, it can be, that's yeah. why I quit doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you shoot it on public or private? Yeah. Right. You know, so it. And all it takes is someone to make the accusation. Doesn't matter if it's, le- you are 110% legal. Yeah. Well, there, there's Aaron down there. He was scabbing off the backside of the Blue Valley Ranch yeah. and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, golly. You know. So I just quit doing it. <clears throat> Correct. But, Correct. But but again, like you you can find a way if you if you work hard at it long enough, you know, and, and find it. It's and it's no different. Like whitetail hunters, it's a it's um for some a bit. What's the word? Um, ner- they're nervous to come out west, right? If you're a whitetail hunter, yeah, it seems daunting. It it's seems daunting, overwhelming, and yep. and there, there just seems to be so many pieces to it that they don't know how to put them together, and they're like, ah, so I'm overwhelmed. And it's no different from a guy. Well, Frank, if you tried to go back east and hunt whitetail, what would you do? <laughs> Correct. I, I'd look for a game trail and set up a can- uh, a uh, stand. And that's pretty much it. Well, and in a lot of places, there is no pub. There's not a lot of public land. Yeah. Some places there are. And so it's just as daunting. I mean, can I tell Frank to say, hey, Frank, head east. When you get towards Iowa, start looking around. Yeah. Fuck no, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> you got to have a plan. So, um, But, dude, the, I, the funny part about that statement is there's a lot of people that that is their plan, and they still get it figured out. Yeah. I've got a buddy right now that that's what they did. They were like, you know what? We want to hunt Iowa. He just got in his vehicle. And drove down to the area that he was looking at. He's like, I don't, I just, he basic, and, and he's, he was never military, but I just joke. I'm like, basically what you did is just, you did a military recon. You're yeah. like, I need to go, I want to go here. I got to get, I got to get eyes on. Yeah. So he just got in the vehicle and drove. Yeah. Drove well, around. It was like, oh, oh, so this is what the terrain, lo- oh, okay. So this is where the public land is. Okay. All right. Well, these are all private. Okay, so this is what kind of I'm I'm looking at and how I'm navigating. And sometimes you start at a piece of walk-in access or a public ground, and you get to go hunt, but you're there for a week, and all of a sudden, oop, you bump elbows with this landowner, yeah. and the landowner's like, oh yeah, 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 that's you know, that's that's mine. I put that in walk-in access every year, you know, because blah blah blah. And you're like, oh okay, but you know, I got this other piece over here too. You're, oh, maybe you can again boots on ground, yeah, eyes on. Get an idea of what you're dealing with and just baby step it. Even if it takes you three years to figure out your your first opportunity, how many times are you flailing around on national forest ground, on public ground in Colorado, and it took you three years to figure out how to kill an elk? You're doing the same thing. Yeah. Now, granted, in the Colorado, uh, on the, the national forest Yes, you can say I'm actively hunting. Okay, you are, but what you're doing is you're actively hunting, but scouting. you're tr- you're scouting and trying to figure the puzzle out. Yeah. Do the same thing with other opportunities, like your out ed thing. Yes, if you go to a, a guided out ed hunt, some of them are very expensive, but I also know there are some that are not that expensive. Now, is the experience you're going to get on the higher end stuff? Probably going to be higher quality. Probably will be. But guess what? You're still hunting out at. Yeah. And if you want to develop your skills and you want to test that shit out and go have fun, uh, maybe some of the more inexpensive ones 
have just as many out ad or maybe just as many opportunities, it just may be a little bit more difficult to get something on the ground. I don't know. But this jealousy mindset, and we've t- I know, and, and I agree with you, I didn't want, <laughs> this is what, what we were going to talk about today, but... Um, it's, it's only just, been an hour. We got a lot of time to talk about all kinds of excellent. shit. Excellent, because <laughs> I just, I just really see society today move. Just even though you and I and other people constantly talk about it, whether we're talking Peterson, whether we're talking Rich Roll, whether we're talking Rogan, whether we're talking, you know, you pick the biggest names in podcasting and and education and psychology and self help and all the blah blah the biggest names all the way to a couple of dumbass schmucks like us you don't it's it's on you yeah it, it's on you it's 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 not someone else's fault it's on you man yeah and we've talked about the social social media stuff that that it, it's simultaneously the best and worst thing because everybody judges their behind the scenes, what goes on in their life with, with everybody else's highlight reel. I, I look at your Instagram feed or whatever, and all I see is just animals, just antlers hitting ground left and right, and just, I'm like, God damn, how, how many freaking hunts does he go? How much meat does he really need to have? What's he, oh, he must be throwing that stuff in a ditch because, yeah. you know, he, he can't eat all that meat and blah, blah. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> He's killing shit left and right, but guess what? That's, that's what you do for a living now, yeah. and yeah. it's part of your brand, and... No, you've got people, you're giving people meat, you're using the meat, you're doing... Don't worry about what you see, the glossy thing that you think you see. You don't see any of the behind the scenes of Aaron. Don't judge your your what all your shit you're going through with what this glossy picture looks like. Because the other flip side is, and, I, and again, I think we have talked about this, is the number of people that I see come out my way and shoot an animal... And then I see their social media account and I look at it and I'm like, what you just said about how you killed that animal ain't even remotely close to what the truth (laughs) of that is. You fabricated a story. You fabricated, you shot that deer with a rifle and then you... You strategically, you notice that there's like no blood coming out of its nostrils. You know, there's no blood anywhere in the picture. It's not like they cleaned it off because if you clean it off with a rag, yeah, you, can you, you can still see the smear. No, there's a slight blemish on the high shoulder and then the, <laughs> the bow is strategically laid up there and there's not a drop of blood anywhere. You're full of shit You because I know for a fact you were there for one day during rifle season. Yeah. You, yeah. You're telling me you showed up one day in rifle season, climbed in a tree stand and shot that great deer, and you're in the middle of a wide-open field, <laughs> so that deer had to have run to that spot to die. You, did, you didn't spine it, and it died right there. You're full of shit, because I know the neighbor who saw you <laughs> in Blaze Orange last night... It's like, okay, people, you have to understand that there are some celebrities and there's some people out there that are just filling their feeds with absolute fabricated bullshit because they want to sell a product. I, I said this on my last, this is why I didn't post anything this earlier this year. We talked about it earlier. You'll see a picture of somebody standing on a mountain. Everything is green. Okay, so that is the middle of summer. Yeah. And they've got a backpack on with a set of elk antlers on. The backpack is empty. It's like not even full. It's pristine clean. And the elk antlers are, or the skull is wrapped 
in a game bag that is as white as that roll of paper towels there, and they're standing there, you know, with their bow, and they're they're like, oh, the the you know, and they'll some come some bullshit spewed freaking statement. I'm like, that's a completely fabulous. You had you you took a European mount off of your wall in June 30th. You hiked up the mountain and you created this whole freaking image so you could literally plug uh, a freaking uh, take your pick. Yeah. It's like. Oh, for fuck! Just move on. Just yeah. move on. Well, and you, I don't don't what, judge yourself based on all that crap. It it it's kind of a double edged sword too, because I I try to tell probably I'm probably a little more truthful than I should be. Um, <laughs> and uh, it you get if you're truthful, it's amazing. You get well. I think I remember in eighteen I missed like no, it was in sixteen maybe. I I uh I can't remember. I missed a couple elk and I I wounded one. I hit an elk in the anyway. I was amazed at how many people came across with, you should practice more like South and Eichler, <laughs> which neither one can come remotely close to beating me shooting. And yeah, I'm but, like, all right, whatever. Well, and I'm not saying that South doesn't tell the truth because he does or, or Eichler. But my, my point is, is if someone's trying, you're, you're almost damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you tell right. the truth. There's going to be some that come out want to crucify you. Oh, man. But, well, but, it, it, but, I, but the thing is, though, I also get a shit ton of other uh, private messages to say, "Man, I'm I'm glad to see you posted that because that happened. That happened to me. That yep, happened yeah. to me. Or that it, it, again, I, I I know I'm a little bit different. I, I usually try to have a very educational component to uh, some of it. It isn't I'm just period. You know, I'm going to post a picture of a 200 inch deer because we're just like giddy, like little schoolgirls. Like, holy shit, we just killed a 200 inch deer. Yeah, but you know." I hope people can learn something from it, but, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it, I just think being true in a world and we've, again, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record because we've talked about this, but in a world full of fake ass bullshit, yeah. I would rather take an ass chewing because I was truthful. Yeah. And, and I, and I almost, and I wanted to do this this year. Um, and it just didn't happen because I ended up, I, I ended up shooting that small buck that was injured and, um, it just didn't work out, but, um, I did, I, I wanted to, I, I've been really doing some investigating on uh, bait piles and and deer use around bait piles and success of hunting around bait piles and the realities of it because there's some people that will hunt a bait pile. There are people will hunt around corn, you know corn or deer feeders and then you've got food plots and then you got the whole CWD thing you know, mixed in there. So I I had some opinions uh, a while ago about bait piles. But I never used bait piles, so what do I know? I, I don't have direct. So I decided to start doing stuff. Well, this year was interesting. Again, again, watching some of these celebrities on YouTube and, and everything else coming out our way, and I know the people that they're hunting with, and here's a beautiful big buck or whatever. They, oh, we, we got this done, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you shot it over a bait pile. Now I don't. Quite honestly, I don't give a shit anymore. I really don't. I, I don't do what it, I don't. It, guess what? It's legal. I, I I can't put my value set on you. I'm not going to put my value set on you. But the funny thing is, is is the stories that go around the hunt about what they did and how glorious and great of hunters they are because you know we you know we patterned this deer for such and such and then I'm like no you didn't you you went with his outfitter he's been running the bait pile yeah for the last month and a half yeah and. I saw your truck parked there. He only has a ground blind and a tree stand, and they're both on a bait pile. Don't tell. I know where you killed that deer because he's on my game cameras. Yeah. So you. So what you're telling me is, 
you don't want to tell people that you hunted on a bait. So what I was going to do this year is if I could kill, um, I was going to hunt some bait piles and I was going to hunt off of them. And if I had killed a buck on a bait pile, I was going to do that. I was going to literally just literally pull the deer up right to the bait pile (laughs) and pose that thing. Like, and you know, in one picture, pose him, take some pictures where you couldn't see the corn. And then literally just shift angle <laughs> and show the go- and corn pile and just see what the reaction of people was. Just see what people, just see what, it, you know, it, again, people, you, if you're going to live your life in this world of envy, whether it's we're talking about hunting and that, and that's what worries me and, and where I'm going to start talking about in the future here soon, like, like days from here. Um, if you're, if you're going to live your world in envy, that is going to, by default, we, we're already dividing ourselves now on social media and just arguing amongst each other. Lighted knocks, no lighted knocks. Trapping, no trapping. You know, we, we have a faction of, uh, or not a faction, that was a wrong word. There, there are a group of sportsmen out there that believe that there is no reason for anybody to have an AR-15. You know, there, there, there's all sorts of people that have different value sets. Well, if you're going to be envious of someone else, and you're going to feel as though you're separated from them, it helps fracture our community. And these next several years, I don't think we can, we, I don't think we can weather an ounce of disunity in our ranks because we are entering in a whole freaking new direction on what could happen to hunting, hunting community. And I don't mean that from losing hunting privileges per se, but if you look at what we see on YouTube, the, the popularity of hunting programs on YouTube and uh, social media and, and how much of a community and connection we have, dude, that can all go away. Like right now, we're seeing it across the board right now. They just yanked Twitter from Trump. Well, not only, but that's the thing is you, th- you think about that. If you've been following that, everybody can sit there and say, oh, yeah, you know, if, you're a, if you hate Trump, it's easy in your mind to justify. It's like, fuck, pull him off. Get, who gives a shit? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. But what did we just see? You just watched all the major media platforms yank his account. Yeah. Not only did they yank their account, but now they're going after people that are adjacent. So if you supported him, they're going to go after you. And they they just yanked down Parler. Six, I know six different people that were pro-Trump that got their Correct. account shut down. Gone. Totally. Yeah. Gone. And now... They're going to shut down parlors, so now you don't even have an uh, an, uh, uh, an avenue to have your own place. Yeah, a conservative avenue. And so people are like, "Who? The, why the fuck are you? Ta- who gives a shit about why you talked about this? You know that has nothing to do with hunting." You, no, 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 no. Yes, it does, because that is a absolute progressive ideology run unconstrained. There, there's absolutely there, there's no checks and balances. If you don't think that that can come after a sportsman then you have a very short memory because what happened to the dentist that killed Cecil the lion? Oh, yeah, they ruined his life. Ruined his life, and that was only a limited group, and they still had the social media. And he did nothing illegal. Nothing illegal. Nothing wrong. It just was was social pressure that they didn't like him. So From, na- and that now Let's talk about that a little bit more. And, and I may be misinformed, so I just want to make sure. That lion was very old. It was yeah, yeah. not a... They tried to make it sound like it was the town pet. Yes. It was the town enemy. They wanted it dead. And this is from outfitters of friends of mine over there. They didn't want it around, and it was one of the lions working towards the end of his life that fucked everything up. 
and beat the shit out of younger lions and everything else. So it was actually a gift for that lion. When I say a gift, they made a shitload of money from that lion. It was towards the end of his life. He was doing no good for the ecosystem. Yeah. And that fucking guy had death threats. He had to move. Yeah. He, I mean, it was now here's bad. And here's the thing. Remember, they're going after Trump. They're going after anybody adjacent to Trump. Not because those people did anything wrong. They just don't like the ideology of that, 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 that well, they just don't like that ideology. I don't like Trump. And I don't like and I, I don't like him so much that I don't like you if you supported him and if you're adjacent to him. So they're going to take everything from and they're going to use the media platforms to do it. And they have the blessing now from the government. So Cecil the Lion, you don't think that we have progressives out there, whether we're talking anti-hunters, whether we're talking about environmentalists, that if this continues down this road, which I don't see it coming unchecked anytime soon, you have the ability for social media platforms. They're already clamping down on more conservative ideology, but you absolutely could see where they just start saying, you know what? We had too many complaints with you because of your hunting or whatever. We don't like your platform. So you're gone. You're gone. We're banning you off of social media. Oh, and by the way, you were part of it. You liked them. You were associated with them. Well, we're going to, we're going to shut you down too. It's all, we know it's already happening. With certain groups, I mean, you look at Mike Glover. You look at, um, I mean, how? Let's shit, talk uh, about Mike Glover. So, Mike, former SF, bad motherfucker, done nothing but good for this country. Correct. They shot. They shut his fucking store down. Yes. They did. They didn't just shut his social media down. Correct. They took his what his source of income down. Correct. And now that wasn't WooCommerce. That was uh, the other one. One of the other platforms. Just shut it off. Like because, he couldn't sell shit. Because they just didn't agree with it. Yep. And so you think about how... And he's a fucking hero. Correct. Right? Like he's... This isn't some... The Ranger SF, right? Served his country distinguished. for Like he didn't just join for three years and leave. He, yeah. He was in the thick of things. And they basically have fucking treated him like a piece of shit. Yeah, because... I mean, and why? Because what he's doing values. with field crash survival and, and American contingency, he's teaching people... Preparedness. Preparedness self-reliance and some of it has to do with firearms and how do you how do you operate firearms responsibly but efficiently and correctly so that way if you have someone decide to come after you well they completely yeah and and this is the guy that literally you pray marries your daughter right this dude is i mean and i'm not (laughs) exactly but like this is the type of guy a good dude yeah very well his skill set is extremely high and he's not a wacko right he's not he's not out there in left field he's just like this is a weapon. This is how you use the weapon. Yeah. This is fire starter. This is how you build a fire. This is what happens. Here's how you, you can vegetables. Yeah. Here's, I mean, literally, preparedness. And that's a threat. Oh, yeah. That's a threat, and they're going to deplatform it. If you think about how connected the sportsman world is now with social media, with YouTubes, with all those things, it will be very easy for us to lose not only our connectivity with one another, but lose our platform to whether it's me for education, whether it's you guys wanting to share the lifestyle, whatever you want to do. It is going to be very, very easy in this environment to just shut a whole bunch of shit down. And if we're thinking that it's hard to maintain hunting culture now, if, if someone just simply says, well, I don't like you and I can just completely eliminate you off of anything, social media, YouTube, I mean... 
what what do you do? What do you do? Go back to, I mean, literally, what do we, I mean, you, you, you can't go back to watching TV. I mean, it, it, you're not going to get a TV program. What, what do we do? Just walk, everybody walk around with ham radios so we can talk to each other? Wasn't there like a, a book, uh, Fahrenheit 451? Did you ever read that? I didn't read it. Where they were, where the government was burning all the books, right? Is that what it was? I, I, I know what you're, well. The, but similar type of uh, scenario, like controlling the narrative. Correct. The people having information. Well, you've got a, 1984, you've yeah. got Animal Farm, but the, the the funny part is, is you go through history and you go back and you look at all these things, you're like, goodness, freaking gracious people. You know, whether we're talking about, you know, the books in 1984, Ayn Rand stuff, Atlas Shrugged stuff from, from the Nazi era, whether we're talking about the Stalin era, whether we talk about uh, China, whether we talk about Rome, whether we, I mean, you can go back through history and watch. The, this is why I love Jordan Peterson's stuff so much is he spent his life researching what how is it that such evil stuff can how 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 is it that the human Dude, I tell mind, you what you don't want to do is listen to jordan peterson when you've got too much time in the blind because that'll make you <laughs> fucking paranoid I mean, yeah, I, i'm not shitting I love you that man Dude, I, I, well, I was listening the first book i listened to him was the rules of life oh yeah whatever. 12 rules for life great he book. starts talking you know he you know and it not that but you you break down you start thinking about okay He's hitting home. I'm fucked oh, up, right? Oh, he's just he's kidding. I mean, it's it's every other. You listen. You're listening to audiobook then. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah, read. Yeah. I I say read. I listen that, to audio. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. If if I do, that's what I do. And that's the problem with that book, or any of them. Same thing with uh, Thomas Sowell's A Conflict of Visions. If you listen to that one, I dude, mean, that one will make you slit your fucking wrist too, dude. It, it just you listen to it for like five minutes and then you're like, shit, I got to hit pause because. I've got to wrap my head around what he just said well, because it hit home in this part of my life, in this part of my life, and what I well, just did here and what I did P there. Peterson was talking about what's that called where you um, you take ibuprofen and it makes you feel better, so then you're forced to take it again. What the hell does he call that? The um, the um, There's a name for it. He talked about like women that go shopping, and when they oh. buy something, it makes them feel good. Uh -huh. or, or a positive feedback loop yeah, or something. the feedback loop. You know, you think about that. That's 100% how I got addicted to ibuprofen. It ain't fucking yeah. easy to stop taking it either yeah. because you wake up in the morning. Oh, let me pop the. Yep. Oh, I feel good. Vitamin I. Later on. Oh, I'm stiff. Well, those pills helped. Take them again. Well, that's just ibuprofen, which obviously I was able to stop taking ibuprofen. But the point of what everything he was talking about is life. It's like everyone, everyone, that, that feedback loop, when you think about it, like what makes you feel there's a photo popping on Instagram, and a thousand people like my smiling face, oh. no filter. Dopamine. That is a just a dopamine, dopamine hit, trip. Bam. and that that's how porn works. So correct. And and actually, out Not of all, that I know. All, <laughs> well, out of all people that who there was a, a Mormon dude that explained to me how the dopamine drip for porn works, and I never, I've never been a big porn guy. Like all of us, somewhat, I'm sure, have seen porn. But the the point behind it was what it would take. 30 years ago to see in naked bodies would take a hundred years of what we could see by noon today because of cell phones and Pornhub And what are the other ones? Frank, you make fun of them. Red, red tube. I only know about Pornhub. So, but the point is, is you're scrolling <laughs> safe through. Answer, safe answer, Frank. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to admit to too much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the, well, let's see which, uh, what, what genre are you yeah, exactly. interested in? Uh, uh, MILF, big boobs. So when oh, you're, well, then you want this side. Yeah. Well, when you look at it, when the guy explained it to me, I was like, because I always say, people say they're addicted to porn. I'm like, 
does that mean? Yeah. Well, what what it what it means is basically is you only get that dopamine drip from scrolling through these websites, which back in the day you'd have to find your dad, uncle, nephew, yeah. cousin, everyone's porn stash. They're all their magazine stash, yeah. and still wouldn't scratch the surface no. of what you would get on your cell phone today. And then you break that down to other things, like people become adrenaline junkies. They have to push the edge farther and farther and farther to get that same thing. It's I think it's the same thing that's in heroin or whatever your body produces. I'm not a doctor, but I'm like, good lord! And social media that it feeds it. it. Oh man! It's, and and, it, and the algorithm. And that's why I liked about what Al, uh, what what Mike was talking about about the um, that is what the algorithm is is intended to do. It is intended to just feed you what you want, so you spend more time there. And click, and you know, I was with a friend of mine the other day, and he was saying that with, from a uh, Facebook ad, and I don't, I can't confirm this, but what his, what he, anyway, as you're scrolling, if you scroll past uh, an ad and it just goes through, and you you don't click on another, you you scroll past that ad, it went past your eyes. That's three cents. That's three cents that Facebook gets. Ching, ching, oh, no kidding. Ching. So they need you on that platform. As long as possible. So, and the only way that they're going to do that is to keep feeding you what is going to trigger your emotional response, whether that's positive or negative. That's why there's so many awesome little cat videos and little, you know, yeah. funny comedian stuff, or it's absolute political. And you start looking at your feed, and you're like, the, the it, kids it, getting hurt one is hard not to watch. But but you click on that, and you start watching that, and all of a sudden you get more and more and more and more. That they're going to feed you what you want, and that's part of the reason why we just we get into these silos of 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 ideology. So to where, what what are the three reasons you're on social media, Frank? You're going to get this question next. <laughs> To be honest, more and more, I don't know. Okay. Uh, for me, it is, I, I want to learn. I, I, there's a couple places that I would like to see what's going on and, and learn. I, I like the rec- recreation part of it. I do like the, the random, you know, comedian stuff, the little clips of funny stuff that I would never see on TV or whatever. I like the mindless recreation funny. And then the other flip side is I like to know what's going on. I know Facebook is like the last place you want to find out, but there you can follow certain pages to get some news and, and find out what's going on or who's talking about what. Um, and then it used to be so I could stay in touch with friends. Yeah. And I find that really, to be honest, that that's just not happening anymore. Well, you know, if I if I want to touch base with friends, I'm actually going to text them and I'm, I'm yeah. going to call them because I'm like. Dude, this is just freaking this 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 drivel. I it it used it started off as a way for people to connect with friends and family, and now I'm finding it just like I don't give a shit about what you're doing on your life because it's just you're filling I, my brain with. I wish nothing. they would take likes away. I, I that's one thing I wish they would do. I yeah. wish they would take the likes away and uh, the follows. Like you know what I mean? Like didn't they, they try? They did that for a while this summer. Instagram did, and people like fucking lost their mind, so they put it back on there. I I just to me. There's, there's three primary reasons I'm on. One is business, right, to just yeah. sh- show yeah. off, fly the flag. You know, two, I like photography. You can't find a better place to find cool photography than, than social media. And then there's certain people I like to just pay attention to, like, oh, well, like, if I look at Frank's page, I'm looking at it for funny-ass memes, whether it's from him or someone else, right? Other than that, I talk to Frank every day, but I don't get to see the memes every day. I yeah. have to look. Yeah. So there's, you know, certain things like that. But I think what, when you become, 
your your life source is as as follows or likes that's a slippery slope right and, like and that's exactly it so like for for me i've had multiple people contact me and say i'm running my page incorrect and i could get cuz i don't hashtag and i don't type a whole lot and i'm like well i just post these so people can see the pictures like i don't i don't need a long drawn out you know thesis on what happened it's but, just a cool picture but you could be a better influencer yeah well exactly a, you could be a social media influencer and, and and the thing is if i post a, a a stock i blew then i just like well shouldn't have taken that last step i just posted that people can relate to that you know people look up to me or look watch my page and like oh christ i've been there and and i like helping people or teaching I wish they would take the likes away. I really do. And the followers. I, I mean, I don't, why do you need to know how many followers I have? Like, it's a big penis thing. I fucking hate it. I, yeah. I don't. Well, yeah, that, that, yeah, I, I will give you that. I was going to say one thing. The flip side of that, though, is I, I thought it was pretty incredible. You know, I, I'll post some of my management, my food plot stuff, or, or maybe a deer, just my normal business type of stuff that I do. And it'll get, you know, 50, 100 likes or whatever. But then the other day, I, 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 cause I am, I'm, I'm going to start just kind of start talking. I'm going to start getting back into some sportsman politics and just some discussions on philosophy and, and ideology because it's going to pervade into the it does pervade into the hunting community and if people are not paying attention they're going to take be taken for a ride or they're going to set themselves up for failure so I you know the last podcast with Chrissy's going to start talking because I'm just going to be like you know what all right gloves are off handcuffs are off <laughs> yeah, we're we're just going to freaking go and the number of people that were like 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 it's like okay like holy shit I never knew. People wanted to hear that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, some people were like, I, I don't want to hear you talk. I'm like, oh, just fucking just t- okay, fine, turn it off then. But there's a lot of people out there that would like a different level of dialogue. The likes helped me identify that. Yeah. But you're right. You know, how many followers and, you know, what's your what's your daily, what's your retention and how you, oh, God, freaking, I, you know what? I'm not, a, I am not a social media guy. I'm a biologist. I'm a land manager. I'm a guy that has an opinion. That's probably well, it, it. It's weird. Why I'm going to pull mine up because here's what gets not gets me right. I'm not. It's social media, so I'm more in, intrigued by shit than anything. Like this photo right here, I just posted. That'll probably get 1,800 likes. That's one of the cooler photos I've ever taken. Right, the the deer's got grass. He's chewing on it. I didn't post a story and I didn't tag Muley Foundation and all yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, that won't get that many likes. I mean, eighteen uh, for the amount of people for, follow correct, me, correct. 1,800 isn't that many. Then you scroll you scroll back, death. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that mule deer's 7,000 7, likes, yeah. right? Big death, more well, likes. I will say what is crazy on my page, because I'm me and, and I'm, I'm not always shooting big shit, Hold on. I shot a coal buck, which was, hold on. Where's that deer at? Um, I shot a coal buck. Uh, it was one of the first, it was the first white tail I shot of the year. And it was just a little shit buck. 7,600 okay. likes. Yeah, because it's relatable. So what was crazy is I shoot this, and it, it's 100% a, a coal buck. Now, what was why, you know. For us, for a coal buck, where, where I'm at, and that's part of me being able to hunt this, is because they know I like to eat meat and I shoot a lot of shit. Like, yeah. is, is yeah. 
shoot the coal bucks. Um, that that buck came in, and I'm like, that's a four or five year old fork and horn. I probably should shoot it. I make a, a first white tail of the year. Made a great shot on this dude, and also took him out of the gene pool for the landowner. It was hot, and we didn't have time for photos, so all, I, all I've got is this crappy cell phone pic, but, man, I love bow hunting. Yes. Okay. How much hate mail do you think I got for that about justifying my kill? Oh, geez. I, I, I've got to believe that it freaking blew up. I was. I did not. That statement I made was, by, which you guys know me, I don't just, I don't give up. I'll shoot whatever. Don't care. Had nothing to do with justifying shooting a fork because I could have just not shot the fuck. Correct. Right? Correct. I just was posting the the story, right? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. out here. I get to hunt here because I take one for the team, and I get to shoot cold yeah. bucks. And I got me in the freezer. Well, the one guy sent. I had to block him. He sent. And he was like, "This is bullshit. You justifying shooting an animal to respect the animal?" And I'm like, "I don't know, man." I said, uh, "Do you, Do you know my background?" I said, I, "I'm the last guy to. I don't justify. I shoot what I want." So then he comes back with the, the trump card of, of today's society. Well, I guess if you're going to come at me like that, I just won't wear your packs. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. well, hold on, dude. Oh, I said, so awesome. you send yeah. me a scathing yeah. message, not a, hey, man, are you just a, not a conversation. Yeah. This is a scolding of something that I, I, I never do, right? I don't, I don't need to justify because, as you know, you give me shit my whole life about it. I'm not a trophy hunter. I shoot whatever. Now I have started in the last couple of years to try to shoot four year olds or older. And, and, but my, my point to this was, was one of the reasons I get to hunt this fucking land is because I shoot coal bucks. Yeah. They need to take a certain number of miles off the table. The, the paying clients are not interested in doing that. So yep. they still need to be taken off. They, I mean, you, you still do need to manage the herd, especially down there on some of those properties. Yep. So somebody's got to, yeah, exactly. If you're if, shoot it, but guess what? If you're going to, be able to come down there and hunt for free. It's not a free hunt. You've, yeah. you've got work to do. Yeah, and 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 in this case, this guy he wants four points off of there if if they're older. Yep. And and he doesn't he doesn't outfit this. This is just his land. This is what a guy like you tells him to do, and it's not. And people are like the first thing. It's the does that have the genes, and it's like, well, yeah, but it's still fucking eating food, right? Correct. It's still consuming shit off the Correct. land, you moron. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I didn't say that QDMA wrote me a book of what to do and I'm yeah. following it. He told me to shoot shitty deer. Okay. I shot him. Like, yeah. I was super surprised at this because I was like, okay, this deer is consuming feed from other deer. And let's face it, anybody that comes on that property wants to shoot a big deer. And I'm a guy, I like to eat the meat, so I just shoot whatever. And if he invites me back and all I'm shooting is booners. He's not going to let me keep coming. Yeah, not right? for free. No, and no, exactly. And and right now, uh, and again, he doesn't. This isn't an outfitted property. It's a buddy. Buddy, yeah, 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 out, right? yeah, yeah. Same principle. Where you're yeah. paying or not. Yeah. My job is to shoot lots of does, and if I shoot a big buck every night, he doesn't give a shit. But yeah. if if you he there's game cameras everywhere, right? If multiple small bucks, cold bucks, walk in front of me on the game camera, and then I whack. You know, at seven o'clock in the afternoon, after sitting all day, a one sixty-five, I didn't do what he asked me to do, and I'm probably not going to get invited back. So, I have gotten to the point now. I just don't type anything. Like, 
my whole point to this was this is how I get to hunt this land. It's a co-symbiotic relationship between me and the landowner. Yeah. Well, the next thing is, is the other side of the fence, you shoot a deer that size, you're going to get fucked with by trophy hunters. Why, tr- Alex, can you not shoot a 10-point? <laughs> I'm like, dude, it, four points that were four and a half or five came in front of me. That's what I shot. And uh, But it, it, it's funny how... I mean, and, and again, I'm looking at this laughing, not complaining, but like in, in that specific situation, that relatable, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a cool looking fork and horn, but I, I, that buck Amy shot the, the, the big forky beating the shit. Did you see that buck? I did see the yeah. buck. Yeah. She, that's a ass whooping for, forky. He's built to fuck shit up because his horns fit between. Yeah. I saw him twist up three other bucks, just like that three-year-olds. And uh, I thought it was a cool... I almost killed it. Man, I had a ton of people. Don't shoot that shit, Buck. And I'm like, cool, cool bucks need why? love, too. He's yeah, cool why? looking. Who, who can, exactly. <laughs> well, it's, it, uh, what is it, Mike Rowe? Um, I'm trying to think of what, what, the, what the impetus was, what, whether he, I don't remember if he did something with a, I don't remember what it was, but this woman sends him a message, you know, on one of the comments of the message is like, well, you, know, you just lost all my respect. And his response was just classic. Just in a nutshell, was like, "Well, what I find interesting is that your respect is something that I value." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What? Who are you? And why is that a? Why is that a threat? What? What? Who? Who are you in your world where your opinion is something that I need to? Value to the point where I, I've got to change. Now, if 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 all of a sudden everybody doesn't like, you know, if I'm out there wounding stuff and yeah. and and killing stuff and and being an unethical slob and no one wants to follow me, okay, maybe I should get the point. But yeah. um, I can't be, I, well, I can't be the the guy for everybody, and, and that, that's why with me talking about some of the new things I'm going to talk about, it I know for a fact I'm going to lose some people, but I'm like, you know what, I don't care because. This is who I am. I was just gonna say you got to do what makes yes. you happy, and that's when the 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 some of the comments because I let people because it's a it's like people watching. Hey, read this comment, you know, or yeah. what, some of the messages I got about hunting for about a month for whitetails were, you know, ba- basically I, I I'm shooting tame animals for one, um, which whitetails I don't they're not very tame no matter what, but not justifying that it's just yeah, and I'm like, well. At some point in time, you, you have to do what makes you happy, not what everybody else wants you to do. And there's two things I really like. One, I, I do like shooting animals. And two, I like eating meat. Um, I like the adventure. I like to be out there. So I, it, to me, like if my adrenaline, especially with a recurve, still gets raised when more or less anything comes in, I'm not saying I'm going to shoot it. Obviously, that spark's still yeah. in me, right? I, I still get jacked up over little, big, small, doesn't matter. Well, I, I, you know, with when you've come to be so elite that you only shoot 185 bucks and 165 whitetails, 185 mule deer, and you won't even bat an eye, a 330 bull is nothing. You're at a far different level than I'm at, right? Yeah. yeah. I still get excited to shoot a doe. I still get excited to have a buck come in, even a shit buck like that. That's what you want, right? But when you let social media totally change who you are as a person, which happens, it is a little bit scary. Like I know you don't change at all and you don't either, but there are some people that have re 
Oh no, they 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 will absolutely go whichever the, whichever direction that tide's going to go. How many anti BHA people are out there now compared to pro a oh, few yeah. months ago? Yeah, and, and I got bashed to have yeah. and taken a stance against BHA yeah. now because of some of the things they're doing. And, and that's part, of, and that's and that's part of what I talked about on my last one. I mean, you know, there there was a lot of people that ended up spending some money on organizations, and Jay for years was trying to bait me. He's like, he's like, you need to talk about. It. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to talk about it. And you know what? And that's what I realized for 2020. Watching people go down a route, and I and I think it it's it's all t- ties into you know some of the education stuff I do with my elk stuff. Is I sat there and I realized I'm like, I am not I am not happy. I, I'm 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 personally not happy because I'm not I feel as though I'm not talking about the things that I want to talk about. I'm I'm purposely not engaging who I am because I'm worried about what the ramifications would be if I said something wrong and then you know somebody doesn't like you know and then I lose you know I'm trying to build a business. I'm just fucking not happy and so where it's like you know what no I we we need to be able to talk about these things and. Quite honestly, yeah. So, to your point, no, I, I, I'm not a fan of, of that country for what I see them do. Um, but, like, the same token, though, is I, this is where I think it's going to be. I'm glad to hear, hear you and, and others, you know, reading Peterson's book. I, I, got, I need to get his next book. Um, we can have our disagreements. And you and I can disagree. And then maybe we doesn't it doesn't matter, and then maybe we'll find a topic where you and I disagree, and and I'm I'm really not happy with you, mm-hmm. but okay fine whatever I'm not happy with you, but then we get to this le- this level of we're we we I'm gonna disagree but now I hate you, and I and I don't want anything to do with you, if we're fighting for the same thing, and it's simply a matter of opinion on how to achieve the same thing, then I think we need to be better. We all, Trump got his ass handed to him these past four years and at this election because he was not a statesman. He, yeah, he, it, didn't, he, he didn't play the politics he, he should have. He, if he had just shut his mouth off of, tw- off of Twitter and just risen above the bullshit and not acted like a teenage girl, uh, I, don't get me wrong. I liked. I, I didn't. I didn't support him the first go around because I knew he was a progressive, and I. I thought first. I, I knew there was going to be a train wreck at some point. I just didn't realize it was going to be now. Um, I loved what he did for our economy. I loved what he did for some of the policies. In, you know that that he was able to achieve, but it just was disappointing that he didn't rise above and he, he didn't be a statesman. He he he. And and I look at, at a lot of people's lives and and fr- again from a sportsman community standpoint. Where I think we're all going to need to have we're, we're all going to need to be better individuals. We we all need to look at ourselves, understand, and this, and I, I don't know if you've done it yet or you. I'm literally going through um, Peterson's uh, Understanding Personality course. Yeah. Holy freaking shit! Is that thing freaking incredible? It'll make you a better person, dude. I mean, I'm like, oh my, uh, yeah. So people need to spend some time in self development, not self gratification. And because that that hasn't very rarely is there a tool to re I'm not talking about your self help books that don't freaking really work. I'm talking about are you developing yourself intellectually and emotionally as a more mature and a more uh, a more better a better individual? Because when the shit gets bad, it's going to be those people that have their shit together 
that are going to be able to wade through it and help the rest of everybody else wade through it. And so if we are going to just throw, you and I can disagree, but if we want, if we're moving towards the same objective, we're going to have to have the level of maturity to say, okay, I don't agree with you. I think you're full of shit, but fine. I'm going to, I will support you in this endeavor because this, this is better for all of us in the long run. Common goal. Common goal. Now, if you're going to work against me, if you're going to, if you're going to try to, to do an end run around and you're, you know, again, I'm going to, I'm going to use the, the second amendment. There are sportsmen in our world and, and there are liberal progressive left. No, not liberal. No, I'm going to stop using that because hell, I'm liberal in some of my social stuff. There are leftist progressives, just like they're on the far right progressives, but they're progressives that ends justify the means. And they truly believe that there is no place for ARs in hunting. There's mm-hmm. no reason to have them. So I have my fly rod. I'm a fisherman. You know, I, I have my over and under, blah, 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 whatever I want to do. And so there are people in our, in the sportsman community that have gone out there and they've campaigned for and spent money on and to put it in gun control. Yeah. Uh, we better damn well be a really careful about that. Yeah. Because we are good. I think we're entering a period where we're going to have to really look at each other and be a hell of a lot more unified. And I think, unif- I think we can be a lot more unified if we have a lot more truth in understanding of who players are, what are they doing? We hear what they're saying. What are they doing? And then talking about that and saying, okay, how do we move this? How do in in these next couple of years? How do we how do we better build a a better community of sportsmen yeah. out there that are that are more unified than this petty bullshit sp- splintering apart? Because if we stay splintered apart simply because of our own immature you know emotional bullshit, we are going to be picked apart and taken apart and and marginalized and eliminated so damn fast. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. One of the I made this analogy with what you were just talking about to a, a guy when you talk about the common goal and everything else is if, if Frank and I sit on the side of a mountain and there's a mule deer bedded, most people that have hunted a lot of mule deer within reason are probably going to have the same approach to that, that deer. You're going to get a green guy who has his own views. Um, I've hunted with a few myself that are going to come up with some crazy cockamamie scheme because they don't have any collective data of their own and they're going to think oh no no i'm going to approach from the bottom uh, i think i can and, and and as we all know very rarely do you want to approach from the bottom low percentage play but, but if you have no collective experience and you're chiming in with your two cents you could have three guys on the side of the mountain one a green guy two relatively experienced the green guy's probably going to come up with some goofy shit i, I for, this is it's my best analogy of this and it happens that's happening today that I see in the sporting community that you have people that were raised with a BB gun doing shit. They shooting squirrels and birds. They shouldn't. And you know, their dad yelling at them for that and then taking them out and learning what I would consider maybe the, the right way. Okay. And then you have the people that were, I don't know, pick it and then just started. And they skipped the last 20 years from, from birth or a young age of being an outdoorsman. Those are the ones that scare the shit out of me. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Those are the ones in, in that, what In what regard? Um, some of their views of most of the people that I know that are pro-wolf that are hunters just got into hunting. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah they don't. They don't have a. They don't have the background of. Yeah, it, but the thing is, is everybody's got okay. Yeah, and yeah, you see where see, I'm coming from oh, with I, this. I I do. I understand it, and this is yeah. Um, yes, I, I yes I do. the The problem is, is a smart man learns from their mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Mm-hmm. There are very few wise people out there. Yeah, and you can't tell someone to be wise. Right. The only way that you get wisdom is through experience. In my 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 experience, in my my opinion. And what it, what's the, I mean, it, it I, the one thing I do love about social media is, is very profound things can be boiled down into just a funny meme. And so some people dismiss memes and then others are like, did you actually yeah. listen to what it said? <laughs> yeah. You know, what does it say? Um, uh, what good decisions come from what, what's the, I don't I can't remember what it is, but basically, um, oh shit. What is it? Something about experience comes from bad or, uh, no, oh, I'm I'm losing. I'm bastardized. But basically, you, you're going to get smarter over time by making bad decisions, and you're going to have to live through them. Some of these people that are, I'm glad to, I, I, I'm glad we're getting a new uh, genre of people into hunting, um, and I understand where you're coming from. Part of that is going to be a hell of a lot of innocent ignorance on background issues that they don't have experience of. Um, well, and, and I'm not saying I don't want them. What worries me you know, is no, when I, they don't listen I, to the voice of reason or some maybe uh, and, more and, experienced. And, yes, when it when when faced with, and I, I love quotes from people that are a hell of a lot smarter than me. When faced with a choice of changing one's minds or proving there's no reason to do so, most everybody gets busy on the proof. Yeah, <laughs> and so the thing is, is they're coming at it. Ooh, almost. A, oh, it was. You, oh, that was a party foul right there. He's, he's wounded. I got one arm. He's got a bad uh, wing. He's the gimp. Um, so the thing is, is it, they're coming. We, we, as, we as people that are veterans in the community are going to have to be a hell of a lot better at understanding how to communicate and how to understand and relate to people. And this is why I've spent so much damn time. I hate sounding like a Peterson fanboy, but I'm the... The, the honest answer is I am because yeah. the guy is freaking brilliant. But the thing is, is how if you spend some time understanding how other people operate and how they think and what their value set is, don't listen to what they're saying and then be like, no, that's wrong. Bob. Try to understand where they're coming from. Yeah, take a step back. Take a step back, understand where they're coming from. What is their currency? What 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 is it that resonates with them? And then you say, okay, from your standpoint, from where you're coming from, I understand it. Let me, in within your framework, let me rephrase my opinion, or my, my, my statement to you and whatever, my advice to you or whatever, and see if I can help you understand where you're coming. So many times people are so fast at throwing the wall up on, oh, God damn you, and People don't want to change their minds. And again, there, here's another one is you, you'll never reason a man out of something they were never reasoned into. And if a lot like the wolf one, it's emotional. And if you, if they're going to tap in and latch onto something from an emotional standpoint, the only way that you're going to get through to them, I think is an equal and opposite emotional play to, so a, a, showing them a different value set, and that's why I was so frustrated to watch you guys, um, the the anti wolf reintroduction efforts here in Colorado, 
because so many veteran hunters, uh, wildlife managers, uh, agriculture folks, if you generally come at a position from a, what Thomas Sowell would say, a constrained mindset or where you are more uh, process-oriented, logical, rational, you know, not rational, not, sorry, that's not the right word, Methodical. logical. Yeah, you, you go through a process and, and, and you're looking at things and evaluating things and, and based on all that evaluation and analysis and, and investigation, you tease out what you think is the best course of action or belief structure or whatever you have on a philosophy. There's other people that don't, that, that ends justify the means and that emotional side. What I watched so from the sidelines was so many people that were on the, you know, don't, you know, the anti-wolf initiative talking to the pro-wolf folks from a logical, analytical side, and they never broke through the emotional tie because the people that were pro-wolf were not doing it because they ran the numbers and went through the, the, the analysis and said, oh, from a logical standpoint, based on all these factors, this would be a good thing. They were like, no, this would be cool. It'd be cool to see wolves running around. It, I mean, all it is is an emotional tie. And I'm like, guys, why in the hell are you not going and talking to them from a standpoint, from an emotional standpoint? You know, tie into the recreation. If if the Division of Wildlife right now is going to make the, and, and I'm not saying this is fact, but I'm saying it would be a valid argument from an emotional position to make the claim that... If the Division of Wildlife and the DNR, are some, are going to make the claim that in the Eagle Valley, elk numbers in and around Vale are plummeting because of human recreation. Which is true. We can argue that one. Yeah. If you want to jump in that one, I'll jump both feet on that one. Yeah, here, in a put, second, put a pin, let's do that. Put a, put a pin on that. So if you're going to make the, the, the case that recreation is driving numbers down, what is the end result of that let's just say the study comes out and says that well are they just going to let recreation run amok or are they going to pull it back the the logical answer would be well if you want your elk population if this is the driver and you want your elk population to bounce back then they're going to have to pull the recreation back which means you're going to have a loss in recreation activity now you want to put a wolf on the ground that is now an endangered species so you're going to put wolves in certain areas of the state. But here's the thing. Wolves move, and wolves are up. I mean, they, they are going to cover a lot of ground, and they're going to figure out where they want to take up residence. That may or may not be exactly where they placed them. Guess what? Colorado already has this as an example with their lynx initiative. They put lynx, in, they reintroduced lynx into Colorado, and those things went everywhere. everywhere. And then they finally settled in some places, okay? So you're going to take these wolves, and it's an endangered species. You're going to put them in an area like, say, the White River National Forest somewhere, because that's where the biggest elk herd is, okay? Well, that's around what? Steamboat? Yeah. That's that's around places where people like to go recreate, like to go snowmobile, like to go cross-country ski, Do you enjoy the forest. It's an endangered species. That species needs sanctuary. It needs to be protected. It needs to be, you know, free of human disturbance for a little while, but while it, it gets established, before it finally gets established. Do you think for a second that they put wolves into an area and those wolves decide to take up residency outside maybe the, the fringe areas of route or somewhere in route national forest or steamboat or wherever and there's recreation in the area? Do you think they're going to allow you, the Forest Service, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, 
agency is going to let you continue to recreate the level you are and create disturbance in that area? Hell no, they're not. Guess what? We're going to have a temporary, temporary forest closure. We're not going to do any more snowmobiling. We're not going to do any more cross-country skiing. You're not going to be able to go and do any more snowshoeing in that area. Why? Well, the, the wolves are here now. And uh, we, we need to give this, they need to have their time on the landscape and we need to let them settle down. And quite honestly, given the fact that we've shown that recreation is detrimental to, to wildlife populations, you know, we really need to have these elk, you know, not harassed and not negatively impacted now that we have an apex predator here. So if you want wolves in the landscape, on the landscape, you better be willing to accept the fact that you are going to, your currency, your, your, your buy-in on this is going to be possibly loss of recreational opportunities in your in in the forest. You know, how many people would still vote for reintroducing wolves when you say, okay, well, we might have to shut down some areas around Steamboat. We might have to shut down snowmobiling, snowshoeing, back on, you know, backcountry skiing. Maybe we need to shut down some areas on cross-country skiing. Now, will that happen? I don't know, but based on what I've seen in other places with other wildlife issues and sensitive wildlife species issues, yes, there can be land restrictions and access restrictions and, and regulations. Why, do, If we're going to have a better conversation, we've had better take time to understand the position of those people that don't agree with, with us and be able to tap into their currency and to, try under, to educate and, and, and understand truly understand so that way if because we very well may find out if we get in there and understand oh wait a minute oh they okay they did have a good point there okay so so maybe some of the foundation that they have well that actually has merit maybe i can internalize that and i can use it or maybe they are off base based on what might be what our value set is but if we truly understand where they're coming from, now we can actually talk to them in an intelligent manner that they'll listen to and internalize. But if we just stay in our little stovepipes, in our isolated worlds, it's never going to happen. Likewise, though, real quick, if we have sportsmen's organizations out there that are just trying to gain membership and they're going to use ends justify the means to accomplish the, their political ends and, and manipulate information, lie to people twist information, that's bullshit needs to be shut down. And so I think we need to have a better level of dialogue, a more on a brutally honest level of a dialogue, but a more intensive dialogue from a, a, a position of better understanding. All right, let's rewind a little bit. Um, with what, cause I agree with what you were saying there a hundred percent. Now, w rewinding back, when we were talking about mortality rate. Uh, we'll, we use elk and um, we can use that corridor, the Vail Minturn corridor. Yep. As as I understood it, the hikers' recreation was causing a much higher mortality rate for calves and elk in that area. On a study that I thought you might have been involved in. Keep going. Is that true so far? No. So no, I mean with you being involved in the study. <laughs> yeah, I was the upper. It's called okay. the Upper Eagle River Elk Study. Okay. Okay. In a nutshell, let me just give you the the, the broad strokes. So. Um, Vale Associates wanted to develop. This is back before they ever developed the back bowls of Vale. Okay, so you go up and over the mountain on the back bowls. The back bowls of Vale were a long-term, very well-known calving area for elk. Uh, vale Associates wanted to put a proposal together. They wanted to develop that for recreation. 
They put up, obviously the Forest Service owns almost all the ground that Vail Associates operates on. So they lease that from the Forest Service. So they need to get a permit from the Forest Service in order to do that activity. Uh, they put a permit, it, from what I remember, they put a permit application in to do that. Obviously, it triggers all sorts of other people to, to chime in. The Division of Wildlife found out about it, and they were like, what the freaking hell? Did you have? No, no, that's our calving area. No, we don't want, no, 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 no. It's going to cause major issues on our calving areas. And the uh, what I understood was the Vale Associates attorneys were like, oh, really? Where's the data? There was none. And so the so it goes to this pissing match back and forth of, well, you can't prove it. Well, yes, we can. No, you can't. Did we need, well, we should finally comes out. Okay. Well, we need to, we need to, we need to know. We need to know. So kick off upper Eagle river elk study. Vale associates paid for it. Uh, see, uh, at the, at the time, Colorado division of wildlife, uh, pitched in some money. CSU was involved blah, 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 blah. So what we looked at was what, what is the impact of recreation on elk recruitment? Okay. Calf recruitment. And on the uh, Minturn, uh, Beaver Creek side, that was the treatment area. What we went and did, and we we did treatment effects. So in May and June, when the cows, they were all collared, their mature cows were collared with radio collars and ear tags. Um, there were two, in, in that area, there are two distinct populations. It's part of the same DAU. It's part of the same general population, but they generally segregate themselves uh, from the I-20 or the I, the Highway 24, I-70 corridor. So on the Minturn side and the Beaver Creek side, all the way up to uh, the Mount of Holy Cross wilderness area, Grouse Mountain, all that, that, that's one group of elk. And then there's another group of elk and they very rarely mix across the road. But then the other group of elk is all that veil, um, down to uh, Copper Mountain, uh, yeah, all that area Camp over Mountain. there. Yeah, ten. There you go. Uh, Camp Hale, all the way oh, over there. I believe I've that. studied this a shitload, so I'm okay. curious what you come out with. Okay, so <laughs> there's there's two distinct groups of elk that are based on this. They're in the same habitats, the same environmental conditions, and at the time they had the same essentially recruitment rate. So it was a perfect situation to have a uh, treatment control type of scenario. So what we did on the Beaver Creek side was all the cows were collared, and we went in there between May and June, and we just scared the ever-living shit out of them. We went in there with radio telemetry, relocated them, and we would go four-wheel, you know, personally hiking, we just go in after them. And we would try to treat, because you want a, a good treatment effect, we wanted to try and treat them and scare the bejeebas out of them as best as we could so we could get the maximum effect. Is this going to work and, and cause a problem or not? To where literally, and st and when I talked about Dennis, uh, the guy that just came out and, and hunted with me, he was on the elk study. We, we worked that elk study together. And literally our goal, my goal was to fistful of hair. I mean, we would literally stalk in and she'd be laying like for, literally from me to you away, bedded down and we would stalk in and sneak in on him and be like, should we jump on her? I don't know. I don't want to get kicked to shit, you know? And so, but we would scare the ever living bejeebas out of these animals. And we learned how to do it very, very well. We were very good. And so over time, yes, what did we see? We watched the Beaver Creek side of the treatment side of that area when the cows then went and took their calves up on the mountain from June or from July into August, we would go up, sit, oh, and this is how I got in such good shape and spent all my time in the mountains is we'd hike in on Monday morning with 
at this time, we didn't have the Kafaru packs. We just had frame packs and telemetry gear. And so our packs are 80, 85 pounds. We're going up in the middle of freaking nowhere um, and camping for a week over top of a group of cows and calves. And we're, and this is how I cut my teeth on my elk behavior stuff. We just sit there and we're watching cow-calf interactions. Cow, who's got a calf? How many times does she nurse? Is that hers? What's it? I mean, the whole nine yards. And we literally watched the treatment side over those years calf recruitment went right in the toilet absolutely drove them down to just nothingness meanwhile because of the all the all the environmental conditions were the same the habitat is the same on the other side on the veil side nobody was disturbing them and lo and behold all of those cows and had you know i don't remember what the number was but it was a stupidly high uh cow calf ratio up there they just stayed the same they they did well and then the we were going to try to do, so I worked on that almost on, all these years. You told me a minute ago, no, that it didn't affect. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Because Slip here's the string, Chatty Patty. No, no, Get no, to no. the end. No, this, this is very important. No, yeah. this is very important. Okay. Yeah. And this is what's being, I believe, strategically left out of this discussion why I think it's fraud. Hold on a minute. So what originally, so that, that first, uh, Greg Phillips was the one that, that a PhD, um, Greg, Greg has got to be, he's still to this day, one of those, one of the people that I think has some of the most, one of those people that is a researcher with the utmost of integrity. As far as I, everything that I've seen and still to this day, Greg was legit good guy. Um, and so he got his PhD, did the paper on it, blah, 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 blah. And it, the, the original thought was we were going to take the elk study and do a second phase and flip it to where we would stop, we would no longer treat the uh, Beaver Creek side, and then we would treat the shit out of the Vale side and see, does it switch? Well, they didn't have the money to do that, so what did they do is they said, okay, well, this, what we'll do is we'll, for a master's study, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just stop doing the treatment and watch what happens to that area. Dude, I mean, like the next year went whoop, right back to where it used to be. So this is where a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, see, we just proved that recreation has a major impact on elk. Yes and no. God damn it, you would Chris, think, just get to the end. You would think, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you would think that if that was the case, then, then the Forest Service would have denied the permit to Vail. Why would the Forest Service give a permit to Vail if we just showed that it, it creates a, a problem? Because one caveat. Money? We showed that heavy off-trail activity creates a problem. I do not believe, if I remember correctly, there was no evidence to show on organized on-trail activity caused a problem. And so I think the Forest Service allowed the permit to move forward, and the division was pissed. And a lot of and CSU researchers were pissed that the Forest Service authorized the permit, to, the, back, the development of the backbones of Vale because it was going to be trail-based recreation. It was going to be organized, limited trail-based organization. You can't control that either, though. You, you, yes and no. You're right. Okay, keep going. So I've, I've just flapped my gums. I gave you the ba the background. Okay, I, I, my brain is I, I latch onto the difference between off-trail and heavy on trail. So go ahead with you, you, you go for a little bit and then I'm going to rebut because I know where you're going. Keep going. So, well, there's two things. One is a little off subject, shed hunting. I okay. believe shed hunting, and I'm going to get bashed for this, is one of the worst things for Correct. the calf mortality rate. You and I will agree with that. 
I was totally for the shed hunting season, and I was for them blocking off certain sections of Correct. calving areas for to, to block from shed hunting. Correct. Now, that's not... I wouldn't say that's the liberal side of me. That's the common sense side of me that says, hey, that's a responsible for side. the greater good. I don't get to go look for sheds this year. And I feel that the Department of Wildlife, to their best ability, probably should monitor that maybe a little bit more because it's hard to I'm not blaming them. They don't have enough people. It'd be good to see some tickets handed out for dudes flying in four-wheelers across the prairie where they shouldn't be driving. Or how about just running after animals hoping that they knock them knock off them through the off trees? The tree. yeah. Same shit, yeah. Or you see a herd and floor it and honk the horn in hopes that they fall off. Those are, like, I have no doubt for what we do when we go backpack in and fish, we're not affecting shit other than the fish population, right? We're staying on the trail. And even when Correct. we cut cross-trail, we're just walking through. We're not causing a major amount of, of harm. Now, Rewind, Frank, how many hikers have you seen roll boulders into mule deer bedding areas, screaming and yelling, scaring the shit out of mule deer every year, all day, all year? Okay, so if you were to, and this is, I'm getting a little off the subject, but I'll circle back here. When you talk about mule deer, okay, or elk, one of the things that is hard to convince someone of is that a hiker that's just rolling boulders down a hill is doing anything negative to, but they are. I mean, they're, they're creating a disturbance. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, in, in some areas where we've been at is major disturbances. You know, 40 hikers singing Kumbaya right in the middle of the feeding area, and they blow out. Is it a major problem? They'll find feed somewhere else, but if they weren't there and they weren't obtrusive onto the area, the mule deer would be right where they're causing problems. And it's the same with uh, the elk from what I've seen. So I don't disagree. Like, on trails, probably not really affecting shit. But not everybody follows that trail, and especially when you get into those back basins, there's no trail in some of those, and you get the guys at peak to peak climbing and everything else. How much is that affecting it? In, in my opinion, um, you would need a much larger budget. I think the Forest Service would find a much greater issue maybe if they were able to put more boots on the ground to see what some of the hikers are doing back there. And, the, and there's actually been proposals and um, not proposals, but there's actually been studies with whitetails in some other areas where and, and some out west, too, where they actually give uh, hikers these little GPS little buttons that you put on your backpack and go and you basically do whatever the hell you want to do. But you're part of a research program because they're, they're going to track and just see what movement is across the landscape on people. I think that'd be a great idea, but keep going. Well, I just I, I look at the I'm going to go round and round, but. Remember the yelling two at me, yelling the, at me gets a point. The mountain mountain gets got, a point. The mountain goats that got killed on um, wasn't Evans. It was where we were at over in G10. Um, hunters got blamed for it. Middle of the summer, someone popped two mountain goats oh, yeah, on the yeah, trail. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I had gotten in multiple arguments with hikers, and I'm like, look, hunters for one, most don't climb 14ers. Two, the reality, um, someone was probably feeding the goats. Goats got a little wily, and they got scared shitless. Hiker maybe have, may have shot them, right? They got nervous. They're going to push them off the cliff. Did anybody take a head or horns? No, just or left just, them. Okay, okay, yeah. So I'm like, the that's reality. Not, that's, not a, that's not a hunter. No. No. I said the reality of this being a hunter is so slim. It being a shithead kid, possibly. Correct. Right? Somebody that I'm going to go hiking and love nature and goats came up and they're like, oh, Jesus, and just shot them. That's, that's pretty, that, that could happen. Yeah. They fed them, got nervous because they were nudging at them yeah. and shit. 
that could have happened. But the chance of it being a hunter, one, a hunter's not going to climb up a major 14er and bring a pistol and shoot two fucking dinky goats. And then not take something away. Yeah. Now, I mean, you, if you it was a, take the whole head and horns. If it was a 50-inch goat and the head was gone, yeah, okay, now, probably a hunter. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and if he wasn't a hunter, yeah. he, he knew what the fuck he was doing. Correct. Right? So Correct. those kind of things, like when you're talking about um, getting the reality or, or the actual, the truth out mm-hmm. to, to different mm-hmm. people, because you talk about the narrative. It's easy to just say, oh, something's dead. It was a hunter. Um, that's or, the, or, or now something's dead. It was, it was a hiker. Yeah. Nobody's going to believe something's dead. It was a hiker. They're going to believe something's dead. It was a hunter. Keep going. I, I, I have a very strong theory about what's going to happen. And I, I, I'm absolutely going on record everywhere. Cause I want to see what happens. Well, I, so, I, so far, are you agreeing or disagreeing with what I'm saying? I agree with what you're saying, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So keep going, keep going. When you talk about recreation. Okay. okay. And some of the other units that we're familiar with. Four-wheeler recreation, you don't think that affects uh, mortality ratio, or you do? When I say four-wheeler recreation, if you don't give a shit about elk— Are we talking about organized four-wheeler recreation, or are we talking illegal off-trail four-wheeler recreation? I would say a little of both, because most people that are tearing ass around on a four-wheeler generally stay on the trail, but occasionally come off. So— what I've seen in some certain areas, guys around four-wheelers probably don't know shit about elk. There's a herd. The herd's 250 yards, 400 yards off, and they're doing their thing, and they're used to that recreation at the time. But they're like, holy shit, honey, let's get closer. Straight okay. they go into the herd. Okay. I, w- I will absolutely say yes, that is a problem. And so, if Would that- you agree that that happens a lot? Uh, in some areas, anyway. You said a lot. Do, do I think it happens? Yes. Do I think it happens a lot? Mm, I don't know. So in certain areas, I would say it happens a lot. In other areas, it's a moot point because okay. there's just not the there's okay. not the there's not the trails and the four wheelers. So okay. some of the areas that we've hunted, I have seen, uh, and I've talked to Game Warden about this. The hunters, the perception is the numbers have gone down of elk. Mm-hmm. But I talked to him, and I'm like, dude, you know the numbers haven't gone down. They've moved yeah. because of four wheeler and recreation traffic. They're gonna move. They're they're gonna they're gonna change. They're gonna they're gonna modify their behavior. Yes. Yeah, and they they've headed more into a sanctuary of the wilderness where there's more trail traffic, which I agree with. They get used to that trail, and they just don't get by the trail. They don't give a shit. It's the uh, occasional dude that zips across on the four wheeler and scares the shit out of the herd. And over time, and this has happened in three units I know of. The elk don't hang out in the lower area any longer than they have to. They're pushing into the high country earlier. They're staying up there more. There's not resident elk down lower because of that, generally, the SU or the four-wheelers and shit, dirt okay. bikes and everything else. Um, but as, as far as my – I don't have my coup de gras that you do, my, 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 my final save, other than there is a lot more um, – issues i think with um hikers and recreation than i think people realize and 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 i'm not discounting that by all means i am not discounting that at all i think there needs to be greater uh enforcement of uh closures and trail base activities Uh, for instance in that same area whiskey creek uh, is an area right there outside of minturn Uh, it is a state trust land piece of ground and every year it's it's closed it's supposed supposed to be closed to all recreation 
from or basically all the way till I believe middle or end of June because it is a, 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 a traditional calving area. It, people violate that closure all the time. There's a mountain bike trail that goes right down through the middle of it that connects over to a trail system on Beaver Creek. And Beaver Creek actually put in a trail system on the backside up Stone Creek uh, that they that they tied in. But the thing is with that area, that is a it is an almost let's just say the vast, 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 vast majority of recreation on that is on that mountain bike trail. I mean, the trail is this wide and it's cut like a V and that's what sucked about, I don't hunt there anymore because that trail sucks trying to walk up because you're trying to walk in a a tire rut. You know, (laughs) it's just mountain bikers. And yes, are there hikers on there? Yes, but they're trail based. No, my, my issue and complaint about it is I don't see this being driven by a truthful, righteous investigation into how we recover that elk population. I see this as a tool, an ends, a, a means to an end. And my opinion is, well, I'll just, you want me to jump to the end? I'll jump to the end. My opinion is, is they're going to do this study that regardless of what the outcome of the study is, they are going to make the claim that recreation is causing elk to either recreation is killing it is making cows abandon their calves that's what we wit or that's what we could show on the upper eagle upper eagle river elk study when we were in the treatment area the cows were literally giving birth and abandoning them we were walking up to literally a calf that was still wet she hadn't even been able to lick her off and we bumped her and kicked her off well if that happens a lot of times they won't bond with that calf and they'll just abandon it they don't even know it and so the calf dies we did that i mean literally that's what we did it's not pretty but from a research standpoint that's what we needed to do so there's going to be some people that are going to make the try to make the claim that uh recreation or the, the potential is they're going to try to make the claim that recreation is causing cow elk to abandon their calves and ca- and, and recreation is killing elk. And or they're going to make the claim that recreation is causing elk to move into less optimal habitats where bears and mountain lions can predate on them easier and that's what's causing the problem. But no matter what comes out of this re- research study, I don't see it at all coming out where it's not the fault of the hikers. And I don't see this as a reason. My opinion is this is not going to be used as, okay, we need to do something with hikers to to bounce the elk population back. No. In the wildlife world, there has been what's called teaming, uh, an idea called teaming with wildlife where, you know, sportsmen pay, you know, our fishing gear, our guns, our hunting gear. Pittman Robertson, Dingle Johnson, Sportsman Act, our tax dollars. You said Dingle. Dingle. <laughs> dingle. So those taxes go to fund the North American wildlife model of conservation, right? Well, there's been always this in this push to have the non-consumptive users have a version of that legislatively where uh, binoculars and bird watching gear and, and trekking poles, you know, will also trigger that same level of tax and that tax goes to continue to pay for these other things. It's never gotten traction because the number one argument from the non-consumptive user side has always been we don't impact wildlife. We're just bird watching. We're just elk watching. We're just sitting there. We don't impact the animals. You hunters, you fishermen, well, you guys are consumptive users. You are impactful. So therefore, yes, you're impacting that population. So therefore, you should pitch into it. And so 
it's never gone anywhere, no matter whether we're talking I, a state. I think it will soon, personally. <laughs> Especially if this study comes out. Because yeah. that's what, look, at we have uh, on a national level and a state level, that uh, that plan has never happened. So what did Colorado do? They came up with a habitat stamp. What did they market it as? Well, the sportsmen are going to be forced to buy it. But now, non-consumptive users can buy the habitat stamp and they can contribute to conservation. Did they? No, no. no uh, we and I was involved with those. And as a sportsman back then, back in the day, I was one of those people that were like, "This is the stupidest." No, they're not going to do it. 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 And guess what? They didn't do it. So the habitat stamp failed. Well, now they still, they still want more money. They still need more money. I mean, look, we we can have a discussion about the agency and finance. Here's my thing: on the top of Guanella Pass on a Saturday in June. How many people would you think are parked there? Oh, shit. There's got to be, uh, what, are you dealing with hundreds of cars? Say 400, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hundreds. Yep. How many of those people put anything into um, conservation or? <laughs> Probably very little. Very little. Probably very little. So and this has been the, the number one conundrum for wildlife conservationists and managers on how do we get, how do, huh, let me just use this, but how do we get our fair share from them? Yeah, well, and. I personally, there's two ways I look at this. One, we let them throw some money at us, but then they have a leg, more of a leg to stand on. Correct. So that could be bad, right? Correct. Two, we say, hey, you you are affecting, whether it be sheep, goat, mule deer, whatever, elk, you are affecting, you need to pay your fair share. Correct. My worry is once they start paying, we don't get to, you know, hey, 47 yeah. million from outdoorsmen. Now it's 47 million from outdoorsmen and 26 million from hikers. Now they have a hell of a lot more of a leg to stand on or, or whatever the dollar. Or, or how about this? And, and that's, and that's what I, that's literally what I feel this is, this is being used as, um, it's interesting to see the players that are involved with this and, and, and I know their history and I, I know, I have a feeling this is being used as a tool. This is being used as a tool, and I don't I don't care what the truth is. I mean, listen, I mean, uh, Bill Andre was on with the Meat Eater guys and literally sat there and talked about this in a cursory standpoint and talked about the fact that the, what, the lion population was three times what it used to be and the, the bear population is double what it used to be or vice versa or whatever. The number of predator issues that they have. You look at some of these mountain towns now, 90-plus percent of the, the job that the game wardens are doing during the middle of summer and early fall is all – Bear issues. Oh yeah, no. Okay, so our, my so, local, that's he's in the same boat. Yeah. So we know predator populations are going through the absolute roof, but we also know that the the division of wild. And I, I'm sorry, I know it's CPW now. I, my brain defaults to the old name. So we know for a fact that the agency is hamstringed with the Predator Conservation Alliance and some of the other advocates out there because as soon as the advocates get pissed off, they either do a ballot initiative or they sue. And the agency has gotten, so, uh, my opinion, this is strictly my opinion, the agency has gotten so gun-shy, they don't even want to even think about talking about predator management or anything, because every time they do, they get slaughtered, proverbially. So, here we are. What the hell do we do? I think we have certain people looking at, oh, we've got an opportunity here to link elk declines with recreation. If we can link them, the link is coming or could be associated with all of the political left-leaning leg state legislatures. We're talking about the legislators that come out of Vail area. 
We're talking about the legislators that come out of the Aspen area. We're talking about the legislators that come out of the Steamboat area. These are the, so the state is generally center left. You can argue if it's way left, but politically it's left leaning, right? Yep. And they control the, the legislature, right? Yeah. And we have a very liberal governor. We, you have a very liberal governor. Okay. That governor is the one that appoints the director. He's the one that appoints the DNR folks. They, that leftist leaning progressive ideology is driving the politics in the state. You're telling, you come up and you can link recreation from their constituency into driving elk numbers down. Now we can have a bill introduced into the state house that says we're going to either force people to buy a recreation pass that goes into conservation, or we're going to attach a habitat stamp required habitat stamp esque type of rate. We're going to attach a tax to anybody that wants to recreate with Vale Associates, anybody that wants to recreate with Aspen, Steamboat, anybody that wants to recreate, there's going to be a tax attached to it because you're causing a problem now. And this, so it's a means to an end. Now we can have a discussion and I'll go down this route if you want. What I have a visceral aversion to that is how come we're not having a conversation about why the fact we have a voluntary group of several hundred elk that have moved out of the Forest Service and have uh, taken up residence, uh, let's say, on uh, Rabbit Mountain of Boulder, which is thousands of people recreate <laughs> on that trail. But the elk have voluntarily moved onto that mountain because they're safer. Safer from what? Recreation? No, they're safer because there's not as many bears and there's not as many lions. Yeah, I just say it's why predators. We, why do we have five, what is it now, three to 500 head of elk that have moved out of the Forest Service, out from the Estes Valley, moved off the freaking foothills, and they're parked on the backside of Loveland, in the community. They're in people's houses. No one forced them to do that. They didn't live there in those numbers, and then all of a sudden housing moved in, and they're trying to make their way. No, they have voluntarily moved off the freaking mountain in the public ground to live in and around people. Why? Because it's safer. Why are cows giving birth in Estes Valley on the back of people's decks? If you want to argue with me that human disturbance is causing a problem and driving elk numbers down, then we better damn well have a very comprehensive discussion of why elk are typically known as one of the most human habituated animals on the freaking planet. They get along, they learn to cope and, and, and get along with people. They will adapt their behavior very well. Human disturbance. Look at Unit 9, Arizona. That thing is littered with roads. Now, granted, does it have the summer hiking recreation that, that other areas do? No. Oh, but uh, guess what? Uh, Grand Canyon National Park. Uh, you want to know how many millions of people go through that every year? You want to know how many elk live in Grand Canyon National Park just like they do in Rocky Mountain National Park and sit there and watch how many millions of people go by them on a daily basis? Elk, the issue with elk and human disturbance is elk are very easily habituated to routine, predictable human activity. So if you want to have a conversation about unpredictable, ex excessive, unpredictable, random off-trail recreation in strategic locations, I will have that 
I will have that discussion all day long. But if you want to talk about, well, general recreation in general is driving populations down, we are going to have a, a science-based philosophical discussion because you're going to have to show me how we have two completely different species of elk or something, one that lives in Estes Valley, one that lives in Conifer, Evergreen, uh, Highlands Ranch, Boulder, Rabbit Mountain, Loveland, and why we have a, a, a population of elk in, in Aspen and Vale that just can't handle a person. Yeah. It makes no, excuse me, it makes no freaking sense. Yeah. I don't like wildlife being, I never have, and I've fought this my entire professional career dealing with front range wildlife issues. That's what I'm actually down here doing. That's why I'm in town. I have a fundamental issue with people bastardizing the scientific process for a tool. People want to know why. I mean, literally, I, one of uh, my, and I, and I respect the man greatly. Uh, he was one of the professors at CSU. He was i got to grab more Copenhagen. I'll be back. All right. You went through that entire can in this one sitting? No, no. Sure you didn't. Yeah, okay. One of the one of the 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 most respected uh, professors, brilliant, brilliant statistician, modeler, uh, wildlife modeling, uh, became president of the Wildlife Society. Wildlife Society is a professional organization for wildlife biologists and managers, like just like many other professional organizations for whatever field you're in. One of the he had an article and, and he raised a question in one of the publications of why, basically, in a nutshell, why don't people trust science as much anymore? Because it's used as a political freaking tool. Look at look at the mask issue anymore. You can't now. You just can't get a straight freaking answer from anybody. Does it work? Does it not work? Does it? And it doesn't even make it literally on the face of it that it doesn't make freaking sense that it doesn't work. But people will still try to find science and scientists and and science minded individuals will will twist the truth or omit things to make it. Science has become bastardized now and being used as a tool for political or po policy uh, ends. I literally, in Estes Park, we, I, I literally watched a, a wildlife professional get up and testify against science-based fact because after the meeting, he came up and he, he talked to us and he basically said, I, I really liked what you did there. I liked your work, but but I, I, I had to oppose it because I just didn't like the development. When, when the Estes Valley approved their development plan, I didn't like it. Shit. Are you, fuck, are you kidding me? So, you, so what you just said is you're going to use your position to, to basically get back and, and do what you want. You're not gonna you're not gonna stand on sound science because you're angry with their policies, and so you're going to spew whatever narrative that you want to spew to get whatever result that you want. No, there's no there's that's there's no integrity there. Yeah. And so no, I my gut my gut tells me is they're gonna end up finding out that my gut tells me the the final result of the study will be. Human disturbance is pushing elk into areas where they're more vulnerable to bear and mountain lion predation. Yeah, but the, I, the, the, the proof is going to be that the lions and bears are just slaughtering the shit out of the calves. Say, that, that's what I'm thinking is happening. That's what I was going it, to say is I, I think it's not they're pushing them in areas, potentially anyway, where they are more susceptible to, to predator issues um, in a lot of ways. And it seems like... When you talk about, like, where we used to live, um, there was, what, three, four herds there? Giant elk running everywhere, cars. I could walk in the middle of them. Take, they didn't give yeah. a shit. Yeah. But there's no predators there, right? Yeah. There's no bears. Yeah. Uh, mountain lions there might be, but there's definitely no bears there. Or or not a high volume. 
when you add in both, you would have to. I would think it would be a, a mixture of both. Meaning, okay, you, you, I, I, and I, I, I hear exactly. Where you, I absolutely, I got it. Here's the issue I have, though. Elk have routinely shown, and, I, and we saw it. I mean, yes, you. It, every animal is individual. Okay, so every animal does have its individual personality. I know some people don't like to admit that, but geez, oh, for, was that the half the can? <laughs> I do a lot. So, <laughs> so nobody you, likes you, a quitter. You still, <laughs> you seriously, guys, you need to do video on this just so people can appreciate the magnitude of the freaking. That, that looked like a horse turd. Like the entire <laughs> horse turd just went right in the lip. Anyway, so you you can show every animal has its different personality. Some animals will accept a level of human disturbance and other animals won't. I, I think it's interesting that, that as wildlife folks, we are going to go down the route of saying it's okay to put wolves on the landscape um, because the wolves and the elk will will reach an equal an equilibrium and and they'll 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 figure out a new normal yeah i hate that freaking phrase but that's been you know they'll they'll get it worked out because that's just nature's way but yet when humans are in the landscape which we are an animal we are a predator we are a freaking we are a a a a, a, a biological entity on the landscape that has a right to be there suddenly we can't find an equilibrium now don't get me wrong i'm a wildlife guy I, I, I don't give two shits really about hikers per se. What I give a shit about is you're going to have some elk that are going to learn that they can utilize human activity to their advantage. Yeah, and they have. And they have. Whereas there's going to be some other elk that are like, ah, I'm going to just go out there. I'm going to I'm gonna go in the middle of this bear den and I'm going to have my calf. Well, guess what? Your, your calf's going to get eaten. Yeah. The thing is, is I'm looking at from the habitat stamp, uh, excuse me, habitat, not stamp, but sta- uh, standpoint. What I see across the landscape is uh, as our habitat has changed and our, I'm sorry, but our bear and lion numbers have changed to where, okay, if we are wildlife managers, we either accept the fact that we have predation on the landscape that's going to artificially lower our productivity we just put wolves in the, in the, in, we're going to put wolves in Colorado, right? And that's okay. So we either are going to accept the fact that bears and lions are going to find their, their, their balancing point and humans are going to basically, well, we are discretionary. We, we don't have to hunt. There's a lot of people that are going to argue we don't have to hunt. We, humans don't have to be a player on the, the game management standpoint. They don't. So why can't the, devil's advocate, there's going to be some people that are going to argue, well, why can't bears and lions figure out what they're going to do and get their equilibrium? And so the elk numbers decrease to a lower level, but then they get to that lower level that's a sustainable level. Maybe that's the natural level that they should have been and they were artificially high before. Who cares? We, we're going to make that argument with wolves, right? That's what some people have argued up in, in Yellowstone and yeah. in Wyoming and everywhere else. But all of a sudden here we're not. It, 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 it's, a, it's a different if it, it's a different story, mm. no, it, I, no, I, I think what we're seeing is we know we can't artificially increase harvest on bears and lions and we have an opportunity. Never. What's, what's the progressive ideology? Never let a crisis go to waste. Yeah. We have an opportunity here to seize on a moment, to tie two things together, and that will open up millions Tens of could open up tens of millions of dollars of new revenue that can go to the Division of Wild or CPW. Now, I agree with you. This is why I've never wanted, never wanted 
the non-consumptive user to start paying their quote unquote fair share. What are what what's the hunting hunting numbers right now? Let's say we're what? We're four to six to eight percent of the population or something like that? Yeah, it's definitely under fifteen. Okay. Did it grow maybe now ten or it used to be like six percent or eight percent or yeah, something like pretty that? Low. And we are we are providing the vast lion's share of all the money. And quite honestly, for many, many decades, that has given us the buy-in and that we have the skin in the game. And now we have consideration legislatively to those people that don't like hunting, that don't care about hunting. They can't not address the fact that, oh, well, the hunters, well, they're the ones that are paying for it. So I guess we have to accept the fact that they're there. And yeah. I guess we've got to do something to, okay, I guess we need to have hunting, I guess. And it's just a necessary evil to get the money we need for these agencies. But like you just said, how many how many non-consumptive users are out there? It, let, how much money do you, no, I'm not going to ask you. I, well, I, it, it's hard to say. What, how much money do you think the average the average sportsman is spending on hunting tags in Colorado? Is, is there new stats on that? Well, look, here, I had it broken down. You can print it out. You can find yeah. out. But it's all, I mean, out-of-state tags now are what, 600 bucks? Yeah, almost 700. Yeah, almost 700. So, I mean, what I looked at this a few months ago, I looked all of this up. And then what was amazing was also not, you look at tags, then you look at bows, releases, bed and breakfast, dinners, food, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. breakfast. The, 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 the entire uh, monetary footprint of hunting is, is absolutely incredible. My point is this. We're a tiny sliver of the population, and we have a very large economic footprint. You have way more non-consumptive users. And let's just say they, they, they made every non-consumptive user spend 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it'll probably start out at like five bucks or 10 bucks or whatever. Let's say it's a $25 parking pass. There you go. Bingo. Washington. Did 20, 25 bucks. Every single person, every swinging Richard out there has to have a $25. How many tens of millions does that all of a sudden generate? Uh, I don't know, but let's just say the 400 parked on, that's $10,000 just from the people parked on Guanella Pass on one weekend. Okay. Just 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 Guanella. If we start down the road and look at and, maroon bells. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus shit. Christ on a cracker. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> well, and if you tie it into recreation with Vale Associates where all of a sudden you're you you know, you buy a you know, whether it's a ski lift pass or you have an annual pass and, and there's a tax that goes with it. We start going down the road of bringing in the non-consumptive user. Now, I wait for, I'm wait. i waiting for just the flame and vitriol to come out on the result of this podcast. Because I, I, I see the benefit of having more money for wildlife. I absolutely do. And I'll get to my problem with it here in a minute. But we do that. We, we All of a sudden, let's say we're spending arbitrary numbers. We, we spend $50 million. And then all of a sudden, the non-consumptive user group start paying $25 million? 30 million suddenly now hunting is not as a, a significant component on the landscape so now hunting as a priority and as something that we have to deal with quote unquote deal with and I'm, and I'm not talking about a conservative state we're talking about Colorado here where the where where the ideology is nah, hunting is 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 secondary it's discretionary it's not really needed in by I mean well we're, we're getting wolves and we've got more bears and we've got more lions and we've got wolves oh my so really do we really need hunting on the landscape that general idea ideology is there in the state legislature and so and for the people that are at the governor's office and his appointees on who he's going to pound so if all of a sudden we start losing our significant influence 
I think you're going to start to see an erosion of, well, you know what? We really don't need bow hunting because that seems really barbaric. It, you know, the statistics show, quote unquote, that bow hunting has a higher level of wounding loss. And that just seems really unethical. And that just seems really, you know what? You know what? How much really does bow hunting bring into the state? We, we, our recreation folks are already bringing that money in. We really don't need to do bow hunting. We, we, let's just phase that out because that just seems really unethical. And all of a sudden, we, we, we don't need to do trapping anymore. We you know what? We don't need lion hunting anymore because that's really unethical. We've got all this money coming in. We, we're not going to take a hit from the agency standpoint. So it's really non-essential anymore. So let's just get rid of mountain lion hunting. Let's just get rid of bear hunting. Let's just get you know what coyote hunting. That you know, let's just get. You start getting down the road of we don't need you. Rewind a little bit because I and I agree with everything you say. One one of the things that I was a bit surprised with, totally off the subject, but it intertwines with what you're saying, was um I got a uh, nasty gram about the hunt wars thing we did that it was a bad outlook for for hunting. Hunt wars, uh, what, what you it was did this what? TV show thing I did oh, with okay. me versus South. Uh, and, oh, 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 okay, gotcha. And uh, I came back with, well, what, for traditional archery, it was bad. And I was like, well, this is a platform for South and I to, to talk about the, the, the beauty of traditional archery, right? On a platform that, quite honestly, nobody else really has been able to. So I said, you know, it, it's, it's, I see where you're coming from, but as a greater good, we are able to, um, you know, promote getting closer and what it takes to do that. And anyway, it's kind of a stupid argument. Well, one of the things that popped up as an ancillary benefit of that shit show was a podcast I had done with Rob Patuto and Levi Morgan. Levi Morgan was talking about, if I can shoot 80 yards, I'm going to shoot an animal at 80, which caused a bunch of traditional archers to kind of bash Rob for having Levi on there. And, and my point was, okay, you and your three friends that are bitching about Levi, you have no power, right? You don't, you don't have numbers. Levi is the the arguably the greatest archer to ever hold a bow in his hand makes more money than anyone in history of archery and has a lot of pull in the archery community, which is much bigger than traditional archers. So when you talk about, when I say getting along, when you say we don't have to agree, yeah, but float this fucking boat down Correct. the stream, the same direction. Do we really need get, get on your paddle? I'll get on my paddle and just freaking pull the same direction, same cadence. Can we just get down or can we get up this river? Can we, can we just get, up and the river. This is where I got so irritated was like, okay. And then they did this whole, you know, this was a dig on me, but not directly. There was some dude, this is the guy that has brought more people into traditional archery since Fred bear. Now they left my name out of it, but it was a dig towards me, not Snyder. It was, it was this guy who's more of the old fart tr crusty mentality. My mentality, which I get bashed over is, Hey, if you're a compound shooter, if you shoot far or close, we don't all have to agree we need to float this fucking boat. Just get out there. Get get all the oars out together. Now, do you have to like 100-yard shots? No, no, I get it. I understand, you you know, but there's problems everywhere, and the problems we have aren't Levi Morgan taking an 80-yard shot. It's not me using a rangefinder with a stick bow that's not trad or, or a carbon limbs. It's the people taking hunting away from us. Correct. And I get a kick out of I'm taking a stance. What's the guy's? Dustin Newer. Uh, I actually hunt close hashtag. I'm not going to bow down to Levi Morgan and him shooting 80. I'm not agreeing with it. This is stupid. They're bad for archery. Well, okay. okay. How bad is you, you, the only thing I think is bad for archery is 
crossbows. I'm not a big fan of crossbows. Um, <laughs> you um, just teed them up, aren't you? So. Well, it's just it's <laughs> if if you are in a gun season, they're great. If you are handicapped, well, hold, I get hold, hold on to the crossbow. Keep going. And we just talked about a, that just, before, but correct, we did. We but there's there's nothing when I look at one of these high tech crossbows that has anything to do with bow hunting, really, right? Like. Okay. I can yeah, set yeah. I can set somebody up on a crossbow and get them to shoot ninety yards. Or let, let, let's not even talk about a crossbow. Let's talk about the new the little pneumatic arrow launching guns. Yeah, it, okay. that kind of shit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we we can all argue about that one. But overall, I'm I'm not a big fan of crossbows. But did the, they buy a hunting license? I'm getting there. <laughs> so the thing is, is the reason crossbows got Okay, got to go ahead. Was when it went to a vote, as I understand it, at the ATA, it was archery shops that voted them in. They wanted them in bow season because of money, yeah. right? It didn't have to do, it wasn't a conservation thing. It wasn't anything else. It was the fact that tradition, or archery shops can sell crossbows and they make more money. And so, of course, they voted them in. Now, arguing about crossbows or no crossbows, if they take hunting away from us totally, Fuck, does it matter if we got a crossbow, a slingshot, or a blowgun? We don't have hunting anymore. So I understand the argument with the crossbow thing, but if you, there's strength in numbers, and that was the whole thing where I'm talking about we need to build up traditional archery numbers because we need more of a pull. One of these guys was like, well, I don't agree with that. It has to be the right traditional archery. You have to have oh, my yeah. view. Correct. Correct. I mean, we and we talked about this before about people wanting to split off the bow season to have a trad season and a, and a compound season and all. It's like, okay, for, can can you just again, again, it comes down to, I want mine. I I have my value set. My value set should trump your value set, and and uh, and I need to be catered to. I, yeah. I, I, I well, need I need to have I need to have mine rather than. How can we? How can we fit together? I mean, just, yeah. There's there's a lot to. I mean, there's there's a lot in there, and that's the thing is, we've got bigger issues. Like for instance, you know, half of this shit is. Golly, there's so much in there. Um, I mean, because there, <laughs> He's there stupefied. I am. I'm, I'm trying to figure out which one, to, which okay. rabbit hole to dive dive down to. So, um, because, for instance, let's let's take some of some of this the the, the sportsman angst, and tie it back into what we were actually doing uh, or we're talking about with the, with a money situation having more money come into the agency doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have better wildlife it doesn't mean we're going to have better opportunity it doesn't mean we're going to have it doesn't mean it's going to translate into anything for us on the ground and and I and, and we can dive into why I believe that later because of the research section and, and non-consumptive blah 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 doesn't matter. I don't really see us if if we bring the non-consumptive user to the table and they spend a shit ton of money. I don't see how it's going to translate on the ground and trans and be better for us hunters because just having more money. If it has to be allocated correctly. Bingo. If, yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not spending money smart in the first place, having more money doesn't mean all of a sudden you you budget so, better. Re and, rewind. What Wouldn't you say a, a simple raise in mountain lion tags, uh, mountain lion tag during elk season that you can purchase, and a spring bear season would increase elk numbers and mule deer moose numbers immediately? I, I, uh, well, on the mountain lion one, I don't know. Uh, but I I look at it from a standpoint, it, it what's it going to hurt now? And it, I 
I'm, I can hear the animal active. If you have any animal actives on here that listen to this podcast, I can hear them just launching into their <laughs> phone right now because you don't have the data to support that. No, we don't have the data on harvest, but what we do have is traditional numbers year in and year out, year in and year out, year in and year out quotas. And what, what those quotas, what the harvest is over time with that quota. And you can use that to get a basis on trend of populations. That, that has not changed that much. No, that's the thing is so. And so here's where I got my data. I just went back amount of, and I picked like 15 units. Okay. If those units, the harvest and some of them are draw units. So that's fucking easy. They 220 tags. There right? you go. No more, no less. Yep. Same amount. Yep. Minus a few being wounded. Same thing. Okay. But those numbers are dwindling. It's got to be predators. Well, and and the, to your point, when you said if we if we let's just say you had a, a ten dollar no, let's do it like bear. So for an extra hundred bucks for a non-resident hundred bucks, and for you ten bucks, you could just add on a, a, a mountain lion to that to where that te- that mountain lion tag was only good for that method of take in that season. It's attached to your elk license or deer license so it's not this ubiquitous yeah, lion it's tag. like an extra rod Correct. stamp or whatever. exactly yeah. yep. you would make a buttload of money and i bet you you would increase the harvest by like one cat yeah i mean the odds one of, cat per unit maybe two maybe yeah maybe so your harvest would probably be insignificant on there we're dealing with that in kansas right now on the late season hunts there's a, a di- but spring bear oh, that's a totally different well, story well and that one, and see, this is why, again, here we go down the road of why I hate the progressive ideology. God, it just, it, 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 it sets itself up for failure in the long run. And sportsmen have never played the game well. So when they wanted to explore the uh, increase, so a number of years ago, folks wanted to revisit the bear initiative uh, legislation and they wanted to increase bear hunting opportunities. And of course you had the jackasses that were on the far right spectrum that were the ends justify the means. And I don't give a shit about blah, blah, blah. And they went in, they wanted to open it up to spring bear. They want to be able to go back to baiting and running dogs and everything. Well, of course you're going to polarize the shit and frickin's population of the state because they're not ready to swallow that. But how, how about we could have been just a little bit, little bit smart and said, you know what? The vast majority of problems we're having in bears is coming in late summer. How about rather than a September 2nd start date, how about we have an August 15th start date? I said August 1st. Well, and and I agree with that one, but let's just do baby steps. Let's just do freaking baby steps and say, how about we do an August 15th start date? Or I'll go with an August 1st start. If they had been smart and then been able to rally around just a little bit of a win, Maybe we could have pulled that off because I think that that scenario, I think a lot of well, people because Frank, by by would you hunt in, antelope or would you go hunt? I go hunt bear on August fifteenth. Fuck antelope! I hate correct. sitting the ground by it's hotter than balls. I, I, in my ass. I think you'd have a lot of guys and gals be like, "Shit, and, yeah, man, we're going bear hunting." And you're scouting, correct? You correct. Know? So, so absolutely, I think I think there would be a, a, um, I think you could move the needle on bears a lot quicker than you or or more significantly than you could on lions. But my argument is going to be then who gives a shit? Then you sell the sell the tag, sell the stamp. You, you know, just yeah. make a construct uh, concerted effort. The issue that I see is, and and this is a longer discussion about R three stuff. Is you know, I, no one talks about the fact that hunter. The reason why we have so much fighting amongst ourselves, in my opinion really stems down to what CBA did a number of years on on their surveys is and the in the DOW I think a lot of it can end up being tied to hunter satisfaction did you enjoy your 
hunt. They call every year at the end of the year. Did you enjoy your hunt? Was there pressure? Yeah. Did you see animals? How did it rate? And you'll listen to people that will complain about their... Very rarely do I find people bitching and moaning about their season if they were into elk every day. Let's just say elk. Very rarely do I hear people bitching and moaning about their season if they were into elk every day and they had bugling bulls and they ended up killing a, a really nice five by five. You know, did Even you a see? Cow. Did, yeah. Did, did you see other hunters? Yeah. How bad? How much of an issue was it? Well, not really, uh, because I ended up this and this and that, and I got this and I get that. Okay. So okay. So here we go. Let's t- let's take a step back and let's okay. You were in, you had a lot of competition around you, saw a lot of people. Yes, but that wasn't a big deal. No. Why? Because I got into elk and I killed an elk. Okay, so you got your satisfaction, what you wanted to do and what you wanted to achieve on the mountain during your hunt, your, your, your emotional reason for being there was satisfied, which then mean, which in what your survey shows is all of these other ancillary things became less of a big deal versus I didn't see a freaking elk. I didn't hear a freaking elk and I ran into people every day. So it was the people's fault and this sucks ass. This is the worst that the agency <laughs> can't manage shit. There's too many people, all these non-residents. And all of a sudden now your hunter satisfaction is just in the tank and you're writing comments. You know what I mean? Rather than just going click, click, click and moving on. So the issue I see, and, and, the, and the, the, the failure I see from a lot of this is, why are we not having a conversation that animals have carrying capacity on the landscape? They have their habitat. That habitat has a carrying capacity that can support the animal population. And we talk about that, kind of. We don't do anything about it, but we'll get to that in a minute. We, we talk about that. But we know that that's the essential driver of the population of animals that we're in. It's the habitat. No one ever talks about the habitat of hunters being the game animals. The carrying capacity for the hunting public and our satisfaction as a hunting public is direct, in my opinion, directly tied to the number of animals in an area that those hunters have a chance and actually engage in. So just like we're, I think we've talked about this in the past, where if you want to take a kid fishing and get him in hooked on fishing, you don't go on a, uh, a nor- northern Manitoba uh, musky fishing trip. You go to the freaking local pond with a with bluegill. They don't give a shit if they're ca- catching pumpkin seeds. I remember being a kid catching pumpkin yeah. seeds. Bing, 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 bing. Just went like, yeah. Just you, you want numbers. You don't care about at the, when you're when you're starting out and that initial satisfaction. You you, you want numbers. You want to just catch things. You want engagement. Well, no, a- Amy, my wife, yep. she just started. We set up every hunt she's been on has been set up for maximum opportunity. Ma- yes, bingo. And we we have not taken her on a backcountry mule deer hunt because it sucks. Uh, I mean, not for people that like it, but it's it's a it's a much. Oh, hey, honey, you're gonna starve. You're gonna get fucking sunburnt. You're gonna be water cold. is problem. Yeah, you you're know, gonna be cold at night, hot yeah. during the day. You're gonna sweat and stink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not gonna shower for ten days. And yeah. oh, by the way, you may only get one chance at one good deer if we see one. Yeah. And 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 again, and even if you're in a good area, um, there is multiple. Well, I had that giant two hundred inch deer, and hikers were rolling boulders into it. Right. Other things. Oh, by the way, just because you made it the nine miles in, 
That's just the party just got started. Yeah. We we got now we got to do the work. Now we got to stock and and find the deer and oh, there's twelve hours behind the glass and there's going to be other hunters and, but we you know the tag she drew this year was a lot of deer, not great big deer, but a lot of deer and um you know it was um uh, bow hunt and she ended up shooting just an old doe. Yep. But opportunity, right? Correct. We're watching Correct. deer every day. Okay, rewind that. How many high country hunts do you think Amy would do of our normal high country mule deer hunt? Zero. Just the first well, one. Well, she did the one. Yeah. Great, great <laughs> comment. The yes, first you nailed one. it. The yeah. first one. Well, yep. and you, you have to like pain and shit to, to yeah. you know. So, but mm. that's a, that's the thing is it what? So I understand when the agency is looking at saying, okay, our population objectives are such and such because we need to have these animals uh, um, responsibly living within their reasonable carrying capacity on the landscape. And so we need to reduce the number of animals in this area to meet the carrying capacity of the habitat. And then we're going to insert the hunters into this. At some point, I think the wise thing we're, we're going to either, we're going to learn this, in my opinion, we're either going to learn this lesson the hard way, or we're going to get smart and we're going to, we're going to try it. I think we need to start looking at the populations and say, okay, how can we go in there and increase the carrying capacity of that landscape? We want more animals because if we have more animals, then our hunters that go in there after those animals have more engagement with those animals. Or less hunters. Say again? The ratio. Less hunters. You know, what I'm getting at is how do we, okay, but if we're going to talk about recruitment, retention, and reactivation stuff, trying to get more hunters on the oh, landscape. Oh, no, I'm not saying that's my argument. I'm saying some people would come back Oh, cor- oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, yeah. especially now that we, that we, that we seem to be managing for predators. I mean, because yeah. now there's no – but if we want to – if we want to increase hunter satisfaction, if we want to increase revenue for the state, if we want to increase more people getting involved and get activated in hunting, I think the hunter satisfaction portion of that has to increase. Uh, for me out in Kansas, and, I, and we started off talking about this, is you know people are actively seeking higher quality experiences out in the field. It's just not, it, it's just not, it's not good enough anymore for a lot of people to grab their bow and take a hike in the woods. It's just not because people are like, okay, I've done that for the past five years. There's got to be something better to this. Otherwise, I'm just not going to do it. I'm, I, you know, my kids are in school. I can go do such and such with kids or whatever. If we want to maintain our way of life and relevancy on the landscape, we need to have more of us out there, number one. Already, the numbers we have out there cause problems with people between each other because everybody's stacked on top of each other. Why? Because you usually find an area that has animals in it. That's where everybody piles into. So, I don't know. I I look at just because we might be able to utilize an unfortunate situation on an elk herd that happens to be juxtaposed to heavy human recreation, we use that as a tool by which we can get money from non-consumptive users. I don't see that increase in money translating to opportunities and quality for hunters on the ground. I have a feeling what we're going to see is bureaucratic bullshit. You just swallowing that money into a vast abyss of nothingness and hunters are going to still be left in the same place. We're not, in my opinion, we, we seem to be always... 
We're, we're just not addressing what could be done on the landscape in the habitat, which obviously that in, that requires the Forest Service, that requires BLM. There, there's going to need to be other players at the table, but we, we've got to start being smarter on what we do across the landscape and, and as we look at hunting. And, and I see a lot of people... And, and I'm not saying you, Aaron, but I mean, there's a lot of people that look at this this study in the human recreation and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this, this, this is a problem and, and we, need to, we need to really do something about it. How about we enhance the habitat so the elk actually have better places to go to calve to where they don't have to worry about the predation? You know, and I, I look at what you're saying like uh, hydrology. When you survey a stream, you, and I haven't done this in a while. It's been many years since I've surveyed a stream. But you first walk up the stream. Look at the habitat, right? Um, sometimes you shock it. A lot of times you snorkel it. You look at the riffles, pools, glides. Where the, Okay, this thing's fucked. Yeah, this All is right. what we have. Yeah. And All it's right. not we, great. We got to rebuild it. Okay, so then you send in bulldozers and you fix yeah. the habitat. Yeah. And I've seen this work. And then the, the, the fishery has become much better. The habitat for the... Because when you, when you survey a stream, and I, I'm not a hydrologist or whatever the fuck it's called, but it, pretty common sense. All right. They need places to live, right? They need they need structure, right? They need shit to hide under. All right, you go through and the whole thing's a riffle. All right, it's got some problems. Yeah, it's four inches deep. Yeah, yeah. So you go in, you dig holes, you make it better. So, And I'm leading up to the fact I agree with you 100%. You make the habitat better. And when, you, when, you, when I say making habitat better, sometimes a burn. That'll Correct. make the ha- that uh, it, they love the lettuce, right? This, they come yeah, in. This year's going to be very interesting. I mean, after last year, um, obviously some areas were just catastrophically. Well, two years destroyed. after a burn, where's the best hunting? It depends on how the depends on the intensity of the burn. But yes, I will. Give, okay. I, I will if give you absolute not yes. nuked. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And and so there's a lot of people that were freaked out about the burns that we had uh, to we, that we saw this year, and they were absolutely devastating in many areas. But uh, a buddy of mine who's also a habitat guy sent me a picture. He lost uh, his his property. I mean, it just torched it, everything gone, uh, and and the people around him as well. Um, he had a cabin and all sorts of the stuff, and and which that from a human impact standpoint, that just freaking sucks, and I, my heart goes out to those people. But when he posted the picture, I got a, I went, I, I comment back to him. I'm like, dude, it's it's a moon, it's a moonscape. Yes, everything's burnt, but what I'm looking at, there's pine trees. They're they're dead. They're they're absolutely stone dead, but they still have branches on the the stand. Yeah. And, and there's 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 needles. It wasn't nuked. Correct. It yeah. was a flash. And that means it just killed off everything on the top layer to where Which next means year now the lettuce will oh, grow back. Baby. Yeah, it's, it's not going to look the same, but it's going to probably bounce back incredibly well. Now other areas, no, they just got freaking nuked, and it's going to take decades, if ever. Look at Hayman Burn area down in you know uh, Decker's area. I mean that the fact that they were able to reintroduce sheep back in some of those areas tells you. It ain't going to come back in forest for a very, very long they time. They got eaten all by the lions, but yeah, yeah they correct. did reintroduce yeah. 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 So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I don't well, know. I, hold on. I want to change because we're hitting three hours. I want to hit a couple other no. <laughs> subjects. So, one of okay. game cameras. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Did, so, you, did you listen to the no. my podcast? Mm-mm. Oh, then did you tee it up? Go. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm only, okay. So, you were just talking about honey experience. Okay. I just came from Arizona. Now, I, <laughs> I hunted in Arizona. Went to Texas, came back to Arizona, was sicker and shit, came home, went back to Arizona. I am not a Arizona expert by any means, so please keep the bashing to a minimum if I say anything overly stupid. What I have seen from the outside perspective from a, a limited amount of hunting in Arizona, 
There is, if you judge it off of, now this is from what I've seen from, oh, what do you got? No, 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 keep going. I, I just got an email from a guy about this subject. I was just oh. skimming to see if there was any, any Pertinent. new, yeah, new <laughs> juice. Um, that if you judge off of the size of the animal you see, Arizona was probably a good hunt if you did a little due diligence or you had a buddy down there or whatever. Arizona has giant deer. If you judge it off of the shit show of bahaing to the water hole or the glassing point at O-Dark 30 beating all the other hunters, or if you just personally enjoy walking to a water hole with 13 game cameras on the water hole, if, if it's like a Christmas tree. Oh, uh, yeah. Is, is that your thing, right? Um, so, you know, for me, I had hunted in Arizona before. I knew enough to get around, and I, I got one buck. I came back. And we were on, we were on, and it was, it was populated and I was working with big Chino. They had me come down there and they, you know, down, it's by Prescott. Yep. We were on big deer every day. We, there was also a lot of hunters. Um, the one thing is some of the different people that are down there, I would bet Mossback has 500 game cameras on the Kaibab or something, Easy. right? Yeah. 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 So Hundreds. how they judge everything is off of a game camera. Not everything. And I say they, meaning most people, they don't even hunt, a lot of them don't even hunt the waterhole. They just want to see what's there. It's what's inventory. there. You know, some of the people uh, guiding, right, they've got a game a blind set up, and hey, this buck's coming in between 9 and noon every day. What's going to happen when they outlaw those? What 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 do you see? Do you think they should be outlawed? What's going to happen? Jay's down there. Yeah, so, yeah. Jay and I had this conversation on my and, podcast. Yeah, and, we... Yeah, because they're they're looking at banning them, um, and the the conversation is is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it even enforceable? How do you how do you even enforce it if you do? Just hack them off every um, to enforce it. And I've I've thought okay, you got bolt cutters. That's your enforcement going in the back of the DOW agent's truck, right? Yeah, but that that's theft of property there. Not if it's illegal that it's there. Well, it, that make it you fucking park in a handicap spot and you're not part, you're not handicapped. You get towed. Yeah. Well, if it's illegal to have a game camera, you cut the fucker off. Well, may, yeah, it maybe, but I mean, I dude, I, this is going to get so freaking. Well, that's why I brought it up. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's a hairy subject. The issue is, is because people are not people. I mean, it seems as though, in my opinion, there are a handful, uh, either one or more than one. Uh, agency slash commission folks in Arizona that have they want a possibly a legacy type deal um, where we solve this problem. You know, we, we, I did this. This is what I accomplished. There's no, there is no two. There's no two ways about the fact that there it becomes combat hunting. Yeah. Uh, unit nine. Yeah. Like you said. Uh, well, heck, unit seven west. I was guiding in this past year, and literally one trick tank had 15 cameras on it now yeah. it's not so much the fact that there's 15 cameras on it the issue is the constant traffic in and out in and out in and out people trying to check those cameras now you again you want to talk we just talked about wildlife disturbance on you know off-trail activities in, in critical areas well guess what you know you constantly you know constantly coming into a water source all day hours of the day from first light to dark and then even in the dark um you're just constantly disturbing those water I mean, sources I, I, from what i saw we had game cameras on trick tanks that no one not no one but few knew about or a lot few of fucking had. deer hitting those correct you hit one that's got a couple deer killed off of it people are coming in and out generally not they're coming in at night yeah. now 
for all those who are listening, screaming at this mic, I'm not a fucking Arizona expert, nor am I a game camera. This is just my <laughs> limited amount of time yeah. down there. But it's common sense. If, if I'm an introvert as a human and there's a grocery store here and it's in Vail full of liberals that hate me, I'm probably not going to go to that fucking grocery store. I'm going to go yeah. to this one where nobody goes to. It's yeah. common sense. Yeah. So if you don't have people coming. So does banning game cameras fix that? It's going to fix it some, right? I mean, well, it it well, it's going to fix it if everybody plays by the rules and doesn't use game cameras. So, and that was my looking at this as I'm sitting in a ground blind, looking at multiple game cameras on a tree in front of a trick tank. The only way to 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 have would be a, the martial law of game cameras. The game wardens, there would be game wardens that would do nothing but drive around and cut game cameras down. That would that would be the only way I could which, see how which, you should, which would then translate into a similar if not the same level of disturbance at the water holes over, but over time day. it yeah. would fix it over you time know. it would over time it could, nobody's going to be throwing 180 dollars stealth cameras Correct. if the fucker's getting cut off on tuesday and they hung it on Correct. saturday now the, the devil's <laughs> advocate could be like okay well you know if i could put a game camera up there um i have i run 100 game cameras and i go through and i'm, I'm checking them every three days or whatever you know, I'm only in there every three days. Whereas maybe with the net without a game, but how camera, would you control that? Dude, this is what the argument is about: is how the freaking hell do you if you, the the cat's out of the bag, the toothpaste is out of the tube? Yeah. How do you shove the toothpaste back in the tube? You 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 don't. It, so what what do we what are we doing? How are we going to go about? How is the Arizona fishing game going to go about um, enforcing this? Number one and number two, it's attached to to take game. Okay, well, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. So if I'm a wildlife, okay, Chris Rowe, Rowe Hunting Resources. I love to get footage of behavior. Why can't I, as Rowe Hunting Resources, go put a game camera on that water hole and put it on video? No, and I'm, and that's a, the I'm thing. not hunting. I won't even hunt. That's I, why I said martial law. Yeah. No one can have Correct. a game camera. So now, <laughs> so now what you're saying is is you're, you're, you're punishing everyone. You're, you're taking a... a I just I don't see how else you would do it. No, it, that's it's got. It, it, that's why this discussion is going on right now. And I I don't even I can't even imagine being the folks down in Arizona because I don't think there's going to be a, 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 a rational calm head prevailing through this whole thing. I mean, it's just it, it think just of seems... how many ninja cameras will be up, guys trying Correct. to sneak it in, buried in the dirt, Correct. whatever. Correct. And the thing, one of the guys that I talked to, who's a guide, uh, he was like, dude, if they ban game cameras, I don't even know what the fuck I'm going to do all day. He said, that, <laughs> that is my exact, only job. I drive exactly. around checking game cameras. And, Correct. Which is a, it is a needed job as an outfitter, it, right? It, yeah, it's, it's and like, if you have 500 game cameras, that's a week long. That Jay and I were talking about the fact that I say, you know, the, the agency really ought to be looking at this as, a, as an opportunity here. In some of these areas, you do actually have good cell signal. So why doesn't the ag agency put up two game cameras on every water hole, make them cell cameras, cell cameras, so, Put it into a a subscription based website to where everybody can log in and see what's on that. Or if they want to make money, you have to register your camera on like a bait. Correct. On a water hole, Correct. you pay your fifty bucks, and it's got a tag, a dog yeah, tag. Fifty bucks per camera, or whatever it is. What, what it, it's just like a special use permit with a forester. Yeah. If you want to put a camera up, you need a special use permit and, to do and it. And I'm not saying they should do this for Correct. the people that are going to send me hate mail. I'm just bringing up fucking points. Correct. Um. <laughs> that's that's the thing. I mean, these all these conversations are coming up, and it's it's going to get ugly. And I don't well, see. And for two dipshits that hunt the high country, it was f fucking amazing to me. As I go to it, and you haven't been down there, dude. You'll shit. 
One, the Baja effect of racing, right? You better, if you're not first, you're last, was ever thus in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck there early and get Three there fast. Three o'clock in the morning, you're in your butts. In, I, we've Tire had, pressure at 30 pounds. Man, I'm like, Jesus, the fucking headlights coming everywhere. And I'm like, they're like, we got to go. And I'm like. It's combat bow hunting. Yeah. First come, first serve. And I was like, Jesus, Hotel Christ, this is fucking crazy. And then you get out and it's like a candelabra of game cameras on the trick tank and they're all locked up obviously and the first thing i'm like okay and again this is 12 hours sitting in a ground blind pondering what the fuck they're the only way to fix it is ban them totally 100 percent. game wardens again i say martial law whatever you want to call it i mean think of the stockpile of game cameras for the first year or two he can cut it goes in the truck the only way you get that camera back is a hundred dollar fine or 250 whatever Think about the amount of game wardens you would need to yeah. cut the game cameras loose. And they don't. And Arizona does not have them. No. And again, would it be smarter to a high dollar registration for your game camera? Would that fix it? I mean, there's. I, dude, I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, that's the thing. That's why people are like, okay, this has gotten so so ridiculous now. How do you ever tough it? Just well, the, it's gone for so long. It's gone. To, yeah. So far out of control. Do, do you just do a game cam? You can't ever use a game camera, period, on any water source? Is it only for hunting season? Or do you treat it like air, you know, like like you can't, you have to have your camera off the water no later than 48 hours before the season? Does it have to be two weeks before the season? Um, oh, it's a tough, what, it's a tough nut to crack. And I, I'm sitting here looking at it from a perspective of, okay, I'm a hunter, okay, and, and, and I'm occasionally hunting Arizona. How much would this affect me? I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't put game cameras up. My buddy did. Big Chino had them up. Doesn't really affect me that much because I'm probably going to spot in stock if I go down there. Unless I see a buck heading to water a couple days, then I'm going to go sit that water. The connivingness of hunters, right? Everybody's going to, you know. Yeah. One of the first things you, you're going to try, how can I get around this? Yeah, how can I okay. game it? Can, can I climb up a tree, angle it down where no one's going to look? Can I bury it in a, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out where there's a game camera. Okay, or, again, does the state of Arizona ban them totally? Top to bottom, I don't give a shit if you're a wildlife photographer or whatever. They're all gone, and literally they use the money, however they, they figure out a way, to just pay one guy to drive around all day long, all year, cut game cameras loose. I say one guy, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. No, what What's your and Jay's stance on this? <sighs> Uh, oh, quite, Jesus. The thing is, is and and no, here, and, no. Here's here's the thing is what we were talking about is the fact that um, both Jay and I can perform. And Jay performed always performed at a very high level of success on the hot, the upper one percent of the quality of animals in Unit Nine. He never ran a game camp. Maybe he'd put one on there just to see, you know, is this a big bull or not. Um, he performed without him, but yet on the aught six, he runs a massive one because it helps with their management and their their harvest thing. Me, same thing. My elk hunting, I never used game cameras for elk very much, but yet over on my whitetail stuff, I use them extensively. And I almost the vast majority of what I prefer is my cell cams. And so I, I I've seen both sides, and I can perform well on both sides of the issue. What we saw was okay. Are they causing problems? Yes, they are. Um, but the flip side is the devil's a devil's advocate could be what you touched on. We look at it as I, I'm not going to say we. I brought this up and is a game camera like a handgun? 
you just, it's a great equalizer. You just said, if you went down there, you know how to sit behind glass. You'd spend a couple days, several days, whatever. You could sit there and you could figure out where those animals were. You could pattern them and then you could perform well. I know you just did. I mean, you, you can do that. You have the skill set to do that. But then you flip it around and you say, okay, well, I can't afford a guide. And I don't have all that time to, I, I, I work and I've only got a weekend to go out and hunt. So I don't have the time to pattern an animal. I don't have the time to sit up on a mountain and glass for a week at a time. But I, I, I but thought about this. But what I could do is I can spend a few hundred dollars. I could get let's, let's say I get five real cheap game cameras, and I want to hunt this general area. And I could put five game cameras on each of the water sources. And so when I roll into camp, I can go check and say, Oh, okay, here this animal is, and now I have an opportunity to, to say, Oh. They're over on this side or on this water or this. I, I can focus my efforts. Now, all of a sudden, a game camera allows the average Joe to almost have the same level of inventory and same level of information as somebody who's just going to live down there and camp on those things and, and see what's going on. So it helps kind of, it, it's like a, my analogy was a handgun. You know, if I'm a small individual, you know, weaker or whatever, and well, let's just use a, a, a woman or an elderly person. Someone wants to rape her or somebody wants to mug an elderly person. No. Do they have the physical strength to overpower that person? No. But they, they pull out a freaking pistol. Guess what? That's a game, that, that's, that's a different level of conversation. All of a sudden now, that game, that plane feels a little bit more well, even, isn't it? Let, let's rewind. Let's take the human, uh, no, the human, the average everyday dude out of it. Okay. Okay. So, the, the me, and, I, and when I say average everyday, I'm not an outfitter or a guide, yeah. right? But I'm not an average everyday human because I have an unlimited time off, okay? But do you say, okay, outfitters can't use game cameras. So if you do uh, that. De- okay, so here's the problem. Well, the, let me finish. Keep going. <laughs> um, if you do that, one, I don't th- I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying you should do that. But. The majority of game cameras are probably from outfitters down there. Oh, without question. So if you do that, now you have guys that I would take full advantage of be like, well, fuck these guys. They're not gonna, they can't put gamers cameras on the water hole. That seriously, because of the amount of public land down there, gives a huge... It's very advantageous to the normal guy putting a game camera Yeah, up. but you know damn well they're just going to game it. So you're going to say, okay, I, I'm an outfitter. I've got my client. You're a friend of mine. Hey, dude, I just happen to have all these cameras. Go yeah. put them out. Yeah. You're not a hunter. You're not an outfitter. I am. But you just did it for me as a friend. Well, you're they're your cameras, and you put them out, but you're not an outfitter, so you can, but I'm going to get the it, – it's, it, it's so rife with being well, abused. And believe me, when we were all talking and arguing about this, someone brought that up like it's mostly outfitters anyway. And I'm like – Okay, this goes back to my the only way to fix this problem is ban them all, right? Yeah. You, and you can't. And that's and that's or the general conversation. A, if, to think about what Mossback A three Big Chino High Point J. I don't know how many J has. If you said, okay, you can have a game camera. It's a fifty dollar uh, registration fee, and you have to just like a bait, you have to list it on the trick tank or the the water yeah, hole. Yeah. Um, and now other people could say, well, you could. Why wouldn't you put it anywhere else? You're only putting them on fucking water, right? I mean, no, down there. If it's $50, how many would you say game cameras does a Mossback have at one time? In oh, the strip several, and the kayak? S- several hundred. Yeah. So you're 
thousands and thousands of dollars just from one but uh, alone. I, unfortunately, it'd be irrelevant because you're talking about whether you talk about if you're going to be booking a hunt to go after a 250 inch mule deer. Or you just spent you, you spent 25 years putting in for Unit 9 Arizona and you're going to go with one of those guys and you're going to pay a premium price. You know, if they want to add on a $500 or $1,000 freaking charge to your hunt because their costs just went up, no one's going to bat an eye on that. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll roll from, that cost into it instantly. From that perspective of the Mossbacks and A3s and High Points and, and, and Big Chinos or whoever sure. else, but how much money is the state going to take in, one? And two, oh, yeah, how yeah, much yeah. is it going to screw over the average everyday Joe? Is he going to register his game camera? Yeah. You know, I, no I, different than bear baiting. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 dude, there's so many different – that's the thing. That's why I think there's a lot of hunters down there that are frustrated is um, this just came out. And, and it again, and this is one of the conversations I had uh, on my podcast. I kind of vented afterwards is, you know, we don't know what this is going to be because there are – I've been to numerous public meetings in Colorado when I was here on Sportsman's Issues that literally you went to a public meeting and you walked into that room – it took five minutes to realize that this is a this is a freaking sham meeting. There, this isn't a public meeting. You already made the decision. You know exactly what you're going to do. All you're doing is doing this public meeting because you're mandated to do so. You have to solicit input from the public. Well, you don't have to listen to it. So you're going through this this rope a dope dog and pony show, going through this public meeting just to collect in you know input, and then you're just going to do whatever the hell you want to do anyway. That's one possibility on this discussion. The other flip side is we need to you start off say okay guys. And gals, we know that game cameras are an issue in this state, and we have to come up with a solution. So for the next 12 months, we're going to have monthly meetings, blah, 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 blah. We're going to come up with a solution that everybody can work through and, and get have around. Have you come up with one of those in your mind? What's that? Have you come up with one in your mind? No. I, I, no, I, Three I don't. days and 12 hours in the blind. I didn't come up with I, that, shit. That's that's the thing is <laughs> because that's the thing is because it there's it encompasses so many different possibilities. Now, granted, you know, look at in Arizona, it's illegal to camp within one quarter mile. It's supposedly we see it all the time, but it's illegal to camp within one quarter mile of the water source. Okay, that doesn't matter if you are a camper. If you're a, a razor, you know, you want to go out and do your your run your razor across the forest you know, forest service roads on the weekends, or if you're a hunter, it doesn't matter. That is a blanket rule that provide that, that applies to everyone. Look at what we're talking about earlier with Colorado. We have uh, calving areas and we have closures around those calving areas. And maybe we restrict recreation in and around these sensitive areas because of the resource. Well, an argument can be made that, listen, you've got these wildlife waters. Uh, there is significant time, effort, and money going into maintaining these drinkers, the, these these trick tanks, and the water. Arizona Elk Society is absolutely running water constantly down there. They're paying people to do it. I mean, water is life down there, and it is a critical habitat component for those those species to where I could absolutely make the argument, and I could absolutely see if, okay, this is a critical time. This is something that is 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 providing a, an impact on the resource. Absolutely. You ban them. Uh, do you ban them period throughout the year? Do you like a uh, camping ban? Uh, do you ban them for a season? I, I don't, I don't know. And my argument with Jay was, I'm like, dude, I would absolutely get around someone saying, okay, if you want to put a game camera on the water hole, it must be a cellular camera. So that way you don't have, you don't need to go. that's the only 
camera banned in Arizona right now is and, cellular and, camera. And see, the funny part is, is it, <laughs> unless they change the wording on it, no, it's not. What they say is live action camera. A cellular camera is not a live action camera. Everybody wants to interpret it as such, mm-hmm. but it's not a live action camera. Now, I'm not saying I'm not from a legal. I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm anybody legal <laughs> advice. I'm just saying, just understand. I have cellular cameras that physically, the camera itself, by the programming, it only sends pictures out once every hour or once every f- couple hours or every twelve hours. Where well, that's not live action. And literally, I have cameras that I can have, say, sends instantaneously, but because of the cell reception, it takes like five to ten minutes to, to send that. And then there are other cameras that I can set to send it every hour, every two hours, or whatever. So even if a camera takes a picture instantaneously, and 30 seconds later, I've got a picture on my, my phone, I'm 10 miles away from the damn camera. It doesn't matter. So a live action camera is what you see oftentimes when Texas and some of these other places where literally it's live streaming to you. I mean, you're watching it real time. Like there may be a two second delay, but you're watching it so real time. What What's the repercussions of banning them? Just creating a shit storm of people. To, it not, I mean, well, real, real, realistically from a, from a, a take a, the human dynamic out of it. Zero. Other than zero. Human dimensions. Harder, correct. It's going to be uh, harder to kill shit. There you go. Uh, <laughs> from a from a uh, agency standpoint, you ban the you ban them all. You just put everybody back to okay. Now it's going to be your skill set. Now you're going to have to you're going to have to go in. You're going to have to call. You're going to have to put eyes on. You're going to have to comb the landscape. Quite or a, now I would argue this, and and again, I I encourage feedback, but don't bash the shit out of me. Okay, I'm not saying ban fucking cameras. I'm mm-hmm. we're just talking here. Yeah, argue making the argument. Yeah. Would it be, and I think it would be, if you did not have the amount of traffic going to those trick tanks. Now, you don't know what kind of deer are coming in, but I guarantee your sitting experience, if you ban game cameras, would be better without game cameras. I don't know about that. Uh, well, me, I'm, me, I'm saying devil like if more I had exciting, that, huh? more exciting, I think more animals would be coming to the trick tank. Uh, and, and I only say that. It's less, they're less obtrusive, less people hitting it. Now, do you know what's going to hit it? Do you might have to sit two or three? But I think overall, once you find a hot tank, there will be more deer coming to a hot tank without the amount of people coming in and out, possibly. Or will this create a situation where we actually, I'm probably too far for the microphone, or are we, are we going to create a situation where there's more traffic at the game, at the tanks because more and more guys are coming in there trying to find out what's going in there? Are they sneaking in during primetime uh, uh, hours now trying to put eyes on? Do we all of a sudden increase, because we took away a remote sensing uh, tool that we can check every three every so many days or whatever, and then have all the information there versus now, shit, we don't know. So, okay, the three of us are in camp. You've got a hunter, and we're here to help you. So you're going to go sit one tank, and then I go and sit another tank, and he sits another tank because we want to get eyes on who's in there. Do our, All of a sudden now, do we have three people sitting a water tank? Only one of them's hunting. The other ones are just sitting there to, to glass to try to get I would inventory. Say with guiding outfitters, hundred percent. That's exactly. Yeah. It uh, already happens. Yeah. People blocking water holes, trying to cob a squat in a in a particular area. This is what I was telling you about this morning. It's pretty fucking amazing. It, it's it's crazy. So are are we are we cutting our nose off to spite our face? Are are we are we getting rid of one tool because it's causing a problem, only to find out the unintended consequence is we create a bigger problem. Well, and we so we talked about that. So when I say we. A, you guys asking me because i've never been a big game camera guy but i'll throw one up every now and then um would 
the shit storm and everything, all the unintended, un, unintentional consequences of banning them be worse than having Correct. them. Yeah, and, now, and I don't know. From, from me looking, and again, I am not an Arizona expert at all, but there wasn't a lack of deer where I was at. There's deer coming to the tanks. I mean, I didn't. If you said, from my experience, should we ban game cameras? I'd be like, fuck no. There's yeah. deer everywhere. Yeah, leave like, them. Leave it, leave it alone. Leave, leave it alone. And I could say, okay, don't put, you know, there could be some some fine print, some added things that maybe, okay, first come, first serve, five cameras per water hole. Something like, I could see something yeah. like that. Um, and when yeah, I say that. Geez, how do, you, how do you enforce that? Well, let me finish. When you register it. Oh, I got you. Oh, you oh yeah. Register, so, register game cameras at the trick tank. You give them an eight-digit eight, eight digit UTM grid or whatever, long lat. This is where most it's of them, at. Most of those are, are named, so you say this trick tank and such yep. and such. Which is yeah. confusing because when you listen to the locals, it's, you know, go over to Headwaters. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, WF-19-3. Yeah. I'm you, like, yeah. what well, the hell? fuck on my map. It, where's, yeah. where's Bullwater oh, or that, Headwater? <laughs> oh, that's just what we call it. Yeah, oh, exactly. great. Okay. But they're they're all, same down in Texas. They're You know, this is... The this is sheep tank. This yeah. is they're all named. Yeah, and there's 18 different sheep tanks. Yeah, no in shit. this section. But if if you could register them and and give that's an option, and you can only have five, five first come first serve. I could see something. So like So in other that. words, all the outfitters like A threes and and all, all the big you know. Uh, well, you could limit it. You you could limit it, and yeah. again, it's sticky. Oh yeah, dude. but it, it it's a hard how about, fix. How about just in quite honestly, I don't like the I don't like the combat bow hunting. I really don't. But how about we just leave things alone? Um and or oh, maybe, in this maybe, case maybe, I, I think leaving it alone would be smart. And quite honestly, because what I'm looking at is I'm like, okay, well, quite honestly, I kind of I kind of like the fact that everybody puts their eggs in one basket uh, really kind of towards um hunting water when it gets t- tough because I know where everybody is. Yeah. Everybody's stacked around the water. But meanwhile, my, myself and my client, I know based on behavior, based on what I know, I know the elk are going to be bedded up here. So we're going to just get the hell away from everybody else. We're going to go insert ourselves near the bedding area. We're going to wait till they get and We're going to go in and tactically go after them and we're going to call them out or we're going to do whatever. You remove that tool. It, well, you remove the crutch from the, the outfitters. Are we going to create a situation where now outfitters are taking their clients and wandering around the landscape all day long because now there is no, we're going to sit water. It's just like, oh, well, let's just, it was bugling. We're going to go chase. Are we going to sit, are we going to create a situation where we have more people chasing bugles to where it's going to change the dynamic of the hunt in itself? I don't know. What's, what are the unintended consequences? Well, and again, this is very limited experience, but I didn't have an issue finding deer. Now this was up North and South, right? This um, I have friends that hunt down there. They don't have any issues. So I, I'm looking at it as, okay, the there's ranchers and farmers everywhere, right? So the deer are seeing them all the time. You know, you, there's other traffic, right? For Okay. Did I have an issue with animals coming into water tanks? No. That wasn't a problem, even with all the game cameras. Did I have an issue finding deer in general? Numbers seem to be good to me. Now, this is the, the few areas I've hunted. So I take that data and I take a step back and think, well, why are you fucking with it? Because it does now totally different. If you're looking at, because it's, it's honestly because of a couple of units, unit nine. And I think, uh, the, the Well, and let's say the band them there for a couple of years, see what happens, do a study. Oh, I, that I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I absolutely because do it, do a study on, you, uh, you take down by it. Prescott where I was just at with, with big Chino, they, they, they're on public land a lot. 
And I, I look at it now. Did we have to deal with on the weekends some high, you know, a lot of people or whatever? But these guys were treating me like a, a, a guide, not a hunter. You know what I mean? We're yeah. bullshit. I stayed in the guide cabin. So I'm hearing the inside info that maybe other the hunters would not hear. You know, and I'm looking at it like, okay, deer population seems to be pretty fucking good. They killed a couple 230 while I was down there on public land. Yeah. Okay. Over the counter unit. Over the counter unit. Can I go down there as a, you know, hey, Frank? You know, let's Chris, go. let's go. Yep, I can go down there. Now, I'm not going to go where I just was with them because they'd be True. shit out of me because they're the ones that Fair showed point. me the area. But Fair point. I can go down to Arizona. We collectively can throw some game cameras up and have a good hunt. There mm-hmm. was good deer there. Mm-hmm. Okay, then then why is it that big of a deal? The deer were still hitting with all the traffic, still hitting the trick tanks. That that would be the only reason why. Now, this is, again, a, a very green perspective of it. But if I look at it like elk or something else and I'm going to an area and human traffic is making the area leave uh, or making the elk leave, all right, then something needs to be done. But and, and, and the that's, fucking deer and elk were still coming, right? Well, the, and, and the point being is that, yes, you're absolutely right. But if you look in some of the other areas where, like, say, Unit 9, um, what you'll see sometimes is all of a sudden a big bull show up on a tank. Yeah. All of a sudden – now it's a a you've got the mad scramble to get into the tank you know in a ground blind or whatever but what you end up having is combat type operations going on with all the adjacent areas what, people what? blocking or more importantly like oh shit someone beat me into this wa- into this blind so we were headed to this this water hole crap someone beat us there okay well fine um, right about prime time I need to go check my camera yeah and here comes somebody walking in. I, I'm just, oh, sorry, dude. Oh, yeah, I didn't know you were there. Oh, I'm just, I'll be, I'll just be in. I just got to check my camera. You're full of shit. Yeah. What you just did is you walked in thinking you're right at prime time, right before the animals show up, you're going to bump them back. That person in the blind is not going to kill it. And hopefully tomorrow morning we can beat him in there and then we can kill it. Yeah. And it becomes this. Oh, no, that, this, that happens. This, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've witnessed it. Dude, it's. It, it, and that is the type of, it's It's not so much, and, and I can make an argument that maybe there's an impact on, on animals or maybe there's not um, because they can come and get water during the night, which oftentimes happens. The issue is that they're, the reason why they're tackling this is because of the co- the human conflict component yeah. of it. I was going to say, because it doesn't seem like it's bothering the animals much. It, the, the animals work around it. Yeah. The animals work around it. But I can say from the Mortal Kombat hunting standpoint, that was unique for me. And it wasn't that bad where I was at. I mean, there was there was hunters. But yeah. now you're, down, And you were in an over-the-counter unit. A, a, it had some good deer, but you were in an over-the-counter unit. Now, now go to a limited draw unit that it took you 23 years to draw that tag. And I just don't have the experience to... And, yeah. Again, what did we talk about before? Progressive ideology. Everybody has it in their brain to a certain extent. It depends on which one you feed, which one you dominate your life with. When you're making your money and you're, you, and you're making your money off of killing big animals and or your social media status is, de- is dependent upon... How how many big animals you put on the ground. We've all seen that these hunting celebrities and, and guides, outfitters, whatever, just per, internet personalities succumb to, we were talking about one just a little bit ago, succumb to the temptation of doing something that's outside the bounds of the law, outside the bounds of ethics, because they have to perform. They've got to, they, I've, I've got to do, I've got to do this. I've got, and so that's what ends up happening when you start getting into some of these areas that are so highly coveted and justify the means, and we'll do whatever it needs to do, whether it's ethical or otherwise, and it just starts causing problems. And the agents, some individuals within 
Arizona Fishing Game Agency and or some individuals within the game commission see this as a way, this is something that for whatever, they've hung their hat on, this is my cause and and I need to solve this or we should solve this and I'm going to take it upon myself or we are going to take it upon ourselves to address such and such issue. This came up several years ago um, and it didn't go anywhere. And then all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, whoop, it's right back up. There's some people that are saying, no, 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 this, this isn't an issue about um, it needs to be solved. This is just an issue for some individuals to say, oh, this is my my legacy project. that I th- This is how I put my stamp on on my legacy as part of it. I, don't, I have no yeah. idea, but it's just not going to go well no matter what happens, I don't think. Yeah, yeah and it, again, me being only hunted Arizona a few times and kind of like the first time you hunt the Wasatch front, you're like, Jesus Christ, what did I get myself into? Like this is, you know, and from a guy, I I had a very good time both when I hunted alone and when I was with those guys, um, we got into big deer. I missed a five by seven. I tail slapped it first. First I glassed it up first thing in the morning. I'm like, that's pretty, pretty fucking wild. There's that large of a deer wandering around with this much, you know, pressure, you know, that we had a few bump ins with, uh, you know, one guy was in a blind earlier or whatever, but is it my first choice of style of hunting? It's, it's different, right? Yeah. It's not my first yeah. choice. Is it something to do in December and January? Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. You get to go hunt giant mule deer. If I was going to change anything from anything that I saw down there, um, you know, looking at it was okay on these over the counter units, it is a bit the Mortal Kombat hunting, right? Like, on all the units. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah I, it I seems just like it's I, anymore all of them. Oh, I was, I mean, I was thinking like I could see if, if you and I hunted down there or you and I in the course of a season, a couple physical altercations could happen depending upon how much the other asshole was an asshole or how much you were an asshole. Meaning, oh, yeah, you're pulling in, okay, to open the gate. Okay, who closes the gate? And I watched this happen with two other people. The dude dr- opened the gate, drives <laughs> through, through, stops, stops to closes be nice. The gate. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. To let the other guy through. Oh, and they bl- and they blow Boom! by. Him. Take yep. off. And I'm like, well, that was a fucking that was a move. prick move, wasn't it? Yep. But it happened. So Correct. now, and if Correct. that happened to yep. me, I will say first, I'll totally. This would be me. Get in the fucking truck, Frank. And I'm going to catch up to that guy, and I'm going to say, get the fuck out of here. I was nice. And if that guy was a hot-tempered individual like myself, that would lead into a physical altercation. I can see that happening all the time. It happens all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like one of the guys down there who was fucking hilarious, his name's Cody, he popped a tire trying to get to the tank you know, there's yeah. dirt roads everywhere. Correct, and there's rocks on and the And I'm edges. talking fucking balls to the way. And I was like, so you popped your tire? He's like, dude, we were trying to get there first. And I was like, Jesus but Christ, for, that's for, crazy. Okay, and it's okay. And trust me, I understand this. I've been, I've been in this place before, but it's just a deer, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just because you're there. Again, again, what did we talk about earlier? People moving towards having higher quality experiences and, and the value sets. And look, Maybe look at if that. If you're from down there, that's what's fun. <laughs> no, there are people that, yes, it's, it's, it's the combat. It's not that they killed the 200 inch deer. It's I killed the 200 inch deer before a three did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's the middle finger to you. Yeah. Or I killed the, 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 the 200 inch deer before Mossback did. What was crazy to me, right? We go in and it's set up all a, dick measuring. We, man. we set up a blind 
uh, me and me and another dude. Um, not for me because it's too far of a shot. It was like a fifty yard shot. To, I see two dudes laying under a tree. Okay, and they're like, "Oh, he hit a deer a couple days ago," and they they talked to us and and what and I'm like, I I didn't give a fuck. I was just helping set up the blind. I go on a stock that day. Okay, I glass it. I mean, the kind of deer you glass that's just blind. Open the door. Bam! Right there. There he is, and I, literally thousand yards out. I'm like, lock. Get the fuck over here, man, because he was going to a glass another spot. I'm like, fucking right there, big buck. We look at it, and okay, that guy from my story messages me. <laughs> was that buck hit high? Because I hit that buck two days ago. We thought it might have been wounded because it wasn't acting normal. I hit that buck two days ago. Was he hit high? And and this is off. This is how fucking freaky social media is. That guy says, I was under the tree watching you put up the blind. That was me. Okay? Now, this is last oh, yeah. night, and I'm in Colorado, right? I drove home. And I was like, dude, what are you? I, I was confused for a sec till he said the tree thing. And I'm like, oh. You know, and I, I'm easy to pick out I in the crowd say, anyway. It's not right? like you're not. You're, yeah. Yeah. Shaved head, big beard. Yeah. So That's I'm like, Aaron. yeah, dude. I said, I, I said that was. toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was like, I was, about, I was about a half mile on that stock away from that, that water tank. So, you know, it, does this have anything to do with game cameras? Not really, but as far as the mortal combat of hunting, the fact I posted a fucking video of me stalking in on a buck that he recognized that he shot a half mile away from social media is a little fucking freaky. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this is why I cannot go back this. You know, I'm, I'm going to give my one of my hunting areas a complete rest, and I've talked about this with you before. I mean, I, you're in the middle of freaking nowhere you just slugged through shit, and all of a sudden, snap, crack, you turn around, and someone walks around the corner, they're like, hey, Chris Rowe, oh, I didn't, I, I thought you were, I'm like, God, fuck, can I just, can I just not be, I mean, oh, no, 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 no. Nowadays, high performance, and, and by the way, I mean, I, I talk, we're talking about A3 and, and Mossback and some of these, other, because they're just the, the top names on, you know, that go out there and just plaster some of these big gigantic animals. It's not to pick on them, but no, they're safe. just good at what but, they do. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that that's the thing is, and it goes back to something we talked about earlier. You know what I what I said about you know my tagline: "You'll make the right call." You just can't screw up, man. I mean, you just you, it does not pay to live your life with a philosophy ends justify the means. Because you're never going, you're not going to get away with it. Look, look at what we just talked about with this one individual before we rolled the podcast. It, you think everything's good to go, it's all done, and uh, and all of a sudden, yeah, uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife is four here, years or, later. Or, yeah, four yeah. years later, or here's the fishing game. Uh, hey, we want to have a conversation about such and such animal. Oh shit! How did a? How did you know about it? B? How? It, and and yeah, I mean, it just literally, folks. It's social media. It's just, it's not. It's an animal. It's not. It's not worth ruining your life or your hunt. Yeah. The, the number of people that that put in for twenty some years, and then they go with an outfitter that's going to be engaged in combat bow hunting because they wanted that three three eighty plus bull. I, I cannot tell you the number of guys I've talked to where they're like that. That's not the hunt that I I I expect. I I had I had I've got clients like that or and had one uh, that showed up in camp and said, I want to shoot a 38 or a 370 or oh, it was 380 plus. And then it was 370 plus, and then maybe 360 plus. And then I said, okay, well, if that's, if that your benchmark is a set of inches, then the only way we can achieve that based on that animal that I know, okay, that those, that type of animal represents 
right now, based on everybody I've talked to with all the, the game camera surveys that are going on, represents 0.8% of the population of, of elk in this area, okay? So if you want to go after the 0.8%, then that animal lives, I have, I know of an animal that is living in this area that operates these three tanks, and I know these guys are going to hammer it, but we have an ac- we have an, oppor- uh, uh, an opportunity to get on this tank. They're not bugling. He's He's not leaving anything. We've got to go sit water. Well, that's not what I want to do. Okay. What do you, what do you want to do? Well, I want to bugle. I want to go out and have a calling hunt. Okay. Then we're not going to go after that animal. Well, that's the animal I want to go after. Okay. I just told you he's not responding to calls. He's not bugling. The behavior well, no, that you want is that's not J- what he's doing. The only way to kill him is to sit water. JP said the same thing with mule deer where I want to spot and stock. Which I, I get it, right? Yeah. And, and I was on big deer spot and stock. But spot and stock is more difficult than sitting yeah. in a blind, right? You got to have more yeah. experience. And, and he said it. He was like, you know, you want to sit on a, you want to spot and stock. Don't be mad on day two when half the camp has tipped over giants right. on water. And you have it. And you have it because that, that was your choice. Yeah. The, now, if we have a, if you're a good, if, if Frank goes down there and, or you or me or whatever, are good stalkers, and they have a buck picked out that is approachable. Okay. Yeah. Different story. Now, if you've never stalked, oh you yeah, go said fucking water, right? You, you <laughs> have no, you have no sense of balance, and you do not. You have no ability to walk quietly, and you, you just no, no. It's it's just not going to happen, and that's not the style. Of, I know what you want, or if you don't want to use radios, and some people. Oh don't. yeah, same thing. And, yep. and yep. I've never used them until this. I am a fan of the radio in Arizona, and it's legal. And if you don't like it, suck it. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. They were able, because of those pinion ju- or junipers and cedars, d- you get lost, right? That oh, yeah, shit yeah, looks yeah, the yeah. same. Oh, yeah. So I'm flagging my area of where I'm going to stock. The problem is, is since it's all fucking six foot tall, yeah. once you get there, there is no, oh, there's, no there's the rock it, I was. Yeah, it, no. So there. It all looks the same. Shift left. You know, they're yep, like. Yep, and, yep. and it still took, um, those guys flagged me into that buck. I, I, and it was a big buck, five by seven. They flag me in. There is no fucking way. Flag the radio. Radio. Okay. I say flag. Uh, yeah, what yep, I say, yep. they radioed me. In. Yep. There's no way. Like when I got over there, okay, and this is one of the easier spots. I come through and I'm like, sweet Jesus, Hotel Christ. This all looks the same. And so I get on and I'm like, lock, talk my ear off. I, I need to know exactly where to go. Because I literally got there and I'm like, fucking Christ, this all looks identical. Yeah. And he was bedded under a cedar in a group of cedars, giant, with multiple openings. Well, from up there... That's, that's 90% of the habitat there. Yeah. <laughs> from up there, easy, right? Because there was one big opening that uh, that I could see where I'm like, okay, he's on the left. Fuck, I got over there. I have no idea. And so they're like literally, okay, that juniper hooked the left side. Okay, you've got to be within 60 yards. Get your glass out. Once it gets to that point, it's It's, it's on me. you now. So now I'm like, I'm with, you know, and I told him, I'm like, all right, I'm good. If he starts twitching his head, tell me. Which is still, you, you know, that's a big help. Hey, oh, yeah. he heard you break a twig. That's yeah. utter bullshit unethical behavior, Aaron. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, you, you shouldn't. And on, I'll do it on, again because there's an no, unfair advantage. no fucking way I'm going to kill a deer. So it was a miracle I killed the first one, but he bedded in a, for a perfect spot. So I get in on this buck and I'm like, I he's got a dropper coming off his side. I'm, I'm looking at him low crawled and I'm, I'm 40 yards away with the stick. But as you can imagine, Juniper and me opening, whoops, opening. <laughs> that's how I felt when I got that's to good, 36 that's a good yards. Visual. Yeah. 
on the other side, he's bedded in front of the cedar underneath. Yeah, it. you're not sneaking around the damn thing. So I low crawl up to the bottom of the the, the cedar. He's facing to me, and I'm I'm picking him out, laying, and I'm like, gee, and he got bigger. That doesn't happen very often. And I I like when when I got close enough to see, I said I right, I said this buck is way fucking bigger than we thought, and uh, so. They radio, doze up, doze up. So, okay. So I, I'm not making a huge, I, what I'm hoping is he shifts right following sure. the doe. Nothing happens. I look up and I'm like, oh, he's got a dropper on the other side. Jesus, fuck, he, he's facing the other way. He, he re-bedded. I'm like, holy sweet Jesus. He's, I, I'm golden now. He's facing the other way. So those guys, they can't see me yet. They know I'm, I'm within 40 and this went on for a, a long time and i'm like so that that she's eating juniper berries head balls deep in juniper berries and i'm later like fuck it now or never i pop up i got those stocking feet i get around and i'm in the wide open and these guys are watching like how what the, the hell fuck are you doing yeah is he there well they don't know that deer's facing away they don't see the buck the doe i'm like i can get 10 yards from where she's at closer so i get to 36 and I'm and I I kind of chicken dicked it because I I, I should have gotten closer, but I'm like, this yeah. is this is it. I got him. And again, one eighty five, one ninety buck. Ranged it and 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 they saw me above. I shifted right a foot. There was a bow hanging. You know, I hit that bow, smacked the shit out of the deer, and they thought I smoked it. I'm because yeah. the veins hit the the honey hole, and then the buck just blows up out of the. Well, what's crazy? He gets up, he runs ninety yards, stands broadside with the doe. He doesn't know what happened. Yeah, they haven't put danger to uh because he was facing away. He just blew straight out. The doe didn't know what. Yeah, the fuck and, was and going you're on. using the recurve, so it's quiet. quiet. Yeah, so it starts walking back to me. Yeah, all of a sudden something smacked into the tree, so it could have been anything and. Just, it's, yeah. You know, so, and I don't know why I'm telling this entire story other than the fact <laughs> that we were able to get on big deer with a lot of people around, if you can glass. But I, I tell you, it was weird for me because it's truly like if you have a three, four square mile area, how many people do you think that can handle? Let's say a three square mile area. Down there? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, well, it could handle a hell of a lot more smart people than it can handle a lot of dumb people. And we had another outfitter in the area that was sending his guys pushing through. Correct. Still hunting. Yes. Because the day before, now this was during. And this is what I worry about if we do the ban, ban, what I just said about banning the cameras. Are we just going to create a situation where we just got more people wandering the woods aimlessly Pro creating more disturbance? Pro probably. Because yeah. what had happened the day before, we uh, this was with the hunt worst things. I, I picked up a buck. Scotty, anyway, I beat. The other outfitter, I, we're assuming, is up here. I just flat out outran him. I just ran down and beat the guy to the deer. So he's out in the middle of the opening trying to get to the approach, and I just sprinted down and got in front of him. Dick move or not, I don't know. He should have been quicker. Well, the <laughs> next day, he said, fuck you, Snyder. They just pushed the whole fucking bottom. Not, not on a stock. They put an orange hat on him to walk him through in case he bumped anything and walked him through the whole fucking thing. Like, did they have blockers on the other end to try to shoot if it came out the other end, or, he, I, no, or did he just want to just you're just going to blow everything out? Just cock blocked us, walked through the whole thing. Now we didn't see any deer in there. I thought he was on a stock at first until he took like fifteen stocks, and I'm like, oh, he's no, he's, he's just, just pushed through it. So it was unique for for me down there. Now again, I was on big deer a lot. I had a, a true 
205-210 typical 4x4 come into a water hole. I just couldn't get a shot. You should tell people where this is. No. <laughs> it's, well, I already kind of... It's Arizona. kind of said Prescott. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Big area. But I, I literally was like, okay, if I was to come down here green, okay, like, because guys ask, hey, where are you hunting? Roughly. I'm like, dude, I don't even know where the fuck I'm going, right? Like, l- last year I went down with a guy named, um, uh, a, a buddy of mine named Levi, and and he does, he, he gets everything kind of, Levi got the area ready for us, so, you know, he'd already had it scouted and everything. But, like, if I was to go down there, it would be difficult without help if you haven't yeah. western hunted much and um, and again this this is where we roll back to does a game camera provide a level of more of an even playing field because now yes you had prior information from people that live down there and this is what they do for a living so they've got most recent information but i could also go down there the weekend, if I was a, if I lived down there, I could go down there the weekend or two before season, put up a handful of game cameras. I can go back to work, take care of my family, go to school, you know, run the kids to school and everything else. And then when it comes time to hunt, I can le- I can take Friday off. I can just mobilize, get down there, run through, check my game cameras. I'm like, okay, now I have almost the same level of information that the professionals do without having to pay and it kind of this is this is why it it's it can it can be a tool to even the playing field or it can be a tool to be abused so i i i i just fear with this if if they just ban it outright i am very curious about what the unintended consequences would be i like the idea of saying we are going to use unit nine as a test, Unit Nine, no game cameras from July first. No, I think it's good because that's the worst too, or one like of the one worst. of them. One of them. Yeah. But let's use that as a test and see what ends up happening from a hunter satisfaction, hunter harvest, uh, hunter conflict standpoint. Yeah, I say conflict. Conflict standpoint. <laughs> do, does it exacerbate the problem? Does it uh, help the problem? It, does a hunter survey come back more favorable or less favorable? You know, again. To me, I am I am a guy. I I just sent my guide's license application back in, so I'm I'm gonna be a licensed guide down there next year if, if somebody wants to hire me. But um, quite honestly, screw the outfitters. Okay, I, I don't care about the outfitters. From a hunter, a consumptive hunter standpoint, the hunter does it translate into a higher quality experience? Yes or no? But I think it's valuable to say, let's do a test before we just do blanket. No, I I, I agree. Like, I think that uh, a nine or, well, there's probably three units, I guess, on the top of my head that would be worth worth trying to, to, to see yeah, what happens. Yeah, the Kaibab, the North Kaibab. Yeah, yeah. Unit the Kaibab would probably be number one um, from my limited amount of experience and what I've been told. Like, I've heard stories about the... Kaibab and game cameras, and I've only seen it once, but it was pretty oh, it's, epic. It's, but. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not an exaggeration when people say, you know, fifteen cameras around a trick tank, and and if you don't know what a trick tank is, imagine your uh, bathtub. bathtub. Yeah, bathtub has got a little. It's sunken in the ground, and there's water in it, and it's generally going to have a little, at least somewhat of an opening around it. You know, from maintenance standpoint, and they've got to have uh, a little fence around it to keep the cattle out. Um, but there's fence posts or trees around that. And I mean, like, literally every angle, every post, every tree. Some, some is, of those water holes that are big, 
they'll have 20 game cameras because they're so correct big. And when I say 20, there's probably 20, 10 of them from one outfitter yeah. to cover the whole fucking thing. Well, but, <laughs> I, I, and I'll, but I'll flip it around and say the problem is, is yeah, there's 20 cameras on there, and that's probably 20 different groups. It's not just an individual. I mean, there's that many people all watching the same thing. So that's why I made the statement of make it all cell cameras because you've got 20 different people coming in to check that damn game camera all freaking week at all different hours of the day. It's just, yeah. Yeah, and I, I it, and we're about actually out of, believe it or not, SD card, if you could, we've talked that much. Um, <laughs> I told four you hours. Gonna, but, I uh, told you it was going to be this. The, the, and, and, it, and it's off, on the game camera thing, Nothing I said was like my opinion. I was just speculating. I'm oh, not. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to get. I'm. I'm not an Arizona guy, and I don't. I don't. I was just looking at it from a outside looking in. Like, huh, this is going to be a tough nut to to crack. Um, just for the simple fact of looking at it from an outside perspective, I'm like, it would seem to be all or nothing. Leave it alone, or you're going to have to fucking shit can all of them. Yeah, it's, and, and I think and, I think you're right. It's just it's either all or nothing. Yeah, but. Man, is there anything else you want to cover in uh, 17 minutes? Because that's all we got for an SD card. Nah, dude, because you know, <laughs> it ain't going to touch 17 minutes. No. <laughs> yeah. it it start, it, some people are like, golly, where the hell are these guys going to go? And I, mean, I, think we, I think we did well in this last half, don't you yeah. think? No, I think it was a good, it was a good <laughs> podcast. I, uh, I just wish we did it more. We need to do it more. What do you guys – well, here's a question for you. What do you guys do for phone uh, podcasts? We what just you, call. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing the, the – Oh, you're just doing Skype. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, I think that's what I'm going to have to do with mine. I, you know, we just call your cell phone from Skype. I see. You can I do see. Skype. We can do Skype to Skype, yeah. but generally just call Just trying Skype. to figure out best audio. Cause yeah, like I said, it for mine, um, you know, I, I know I, 2020 was interesting for me. 2021, it's just kind of handcuffs are off, knuckles getting cracked, and we're just going to just, okay, we're going to have some conversations like this. We're, we, we need to have some conversations. Sometimes it's going to be me flapping my gums, and other times it's going to be me getting some folks on there. But well, I, I, I think from rewinding to the beginning of, of what we were talking about initially, um, and I can be combative, but the, the, the moral of the story what I, with what we were talking about at first is we really need to get um, all the oars paddling in the yeah. same direction it, and, and try to – you don't have to agree with everyone. <laughs> what you drew, Frank? It's spilling Killcliff. Oh shit! <laughs> you, you don't. Not everybody has to agree, but for the the greater good is is Levi taking an eighty yard shot or me using a rangefinder with a stick bow. That big of a deal, or or me managing private ground, and you know, all of us are going to find a place, and all of us need to be out there. I I think we all need to take a, a we need to take a chill, evaluate just how important we think we are how important our opinion is on the greater landscape and then say, can I do something to just, can I own my own shit? You know, I mean, (laughs) Jocko talks about extreme ownership and I've got my issues with Jocko, but the the issue is, is it's a, it's a, it's a legit question. Can, can I just, can I like, can I take care of my own shit? Peterson talks about clean your own room before you try to change the world. Can I even just get my own life in order? The vast number of answers to that is going to be, no, I can't even control my freaking life. How am I going to be controlling these larger, you know, all these, uh, just how about we take control of our lives, be a better individual. How about we pay attention to other people and other people's values and say, can, can we just, for especially these next couple of years, especially with what we're seeing happen politically with social media platforms being able to absolutely eliminate voices or destroy people that fast. 
we, again, we go back to Benjamin Franklin. Hang together, gentlemen, because we most surely will hang separately. Yeah. We better damn well figure out how to play along, unify, listen to our side and and non-hunters and neutral people alike, and we better have, figure out a way to have a better class of conversation and engagement on the landscape because we will fail. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And the only other thing I would add, and, and looking at there's many, many, many hate pages out there. Mm-hmm. There are some things, copper-plated sixes is a good example that I, I don't know if you follow him. No, I've never heard of it. He, he's, um, I don't agree with everything he posts, but he talks a lot about policing your own. You don't want yeah. some big titted chick boobies hanging out, holding the fish, kissing it. Yeah. There, there's certain things to the outside. I like it. Frank is put, taking aback a moment. He's like, "What? What? 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 What are you, what are you saying? What? what, what? But uh, you know, there is Why? there is a, a pol- police your own, you yeah. know, mentality. And when I say police your own, I don't mean like again, I, I being I, a mass Nazi. Yeah, but if if somebody's you know, tongue hanging out of the fucking deer beer cans in the back of the truck. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Don't do that. Yeah, that's simple enough. If someone's doing something that I don't like, I don't know, pick, pick it. Well, I don't like Sitka gear. Hey, chill the fuck out. Yeah, it's d- a camo. That is completely irrelevant. Yeah. Exactly. But if you're wearing Sitka and you have a large following and you're doing dumb shit frequently, a little bit different story. You Correct. might want to send that guy a message. and Say, yeah. dude. Yeah. And I, and I get it. And one of the guys that sent me a message recently I could, I totally could understand where he was coming from, and that's why I had him call me to to discuss. It's just the conversation tanked yeah. on the on on the phone call because I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I'm all for you've done it with me. Call like, hey, d- dipshit, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, right? You all, everyone needs policed. It's how it goes after. Like, yeah. I'm all for like if somebody says, hey, you know, you cuss too much. That's just part of the package, man. It, I'm probably it, not going to change. Truth, you know, I'm I'm sorry. It, yeah, that's baked into the cake. Yeah, but. If a guy says, hey, man, my kids listen, can you, I'm going to try to, mm-hmm. to, you know, the hunt wars. They didn't want me cussing. I did my best. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't do great, but I tried. Okay. I limited it, you know. I, I, I get it. So, and there's always, you know, there's always good for debate. I, I, I'm all for debate and conversation, but overall, like, you know, taking a stance and, and bashing the holy ever living shit out of compounds, traditional this big fighting thing, we, we kind of need to row the boat in the same direction or we're going to be in deep shit. Frank, how do you feel about that? He can't row shit with that I, like that. I can only, this is what you, this I can is, only do so much. Right this now. is this is why you Frank's don't gonna slide be on down the, hills on pieces of plywood. Yeah, Frank's going to be the dude on the left, right, stroke. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the cockswain or yeah, something yeah. like that? I don't You're know. The, Frank's going to be the cock. I'm the cock swing. Is that what you said? <laughs> well, then that's not what you're going to be. Yeah, no. I've heard those stories. Uh, oh, shit. That's funny. All right. Well, everybody, I hope you like the podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. And, Chris, thanks for uh, hopping on. Where can they Where can they find you? Oh, it's always the same. Row Hunting Resources. Everything's ROE, Hunting Resources, wherever. I don't know. I, I honestly can't say that I'm going to be spending much time on Facebook anymore for a variety of reasons. I was trying to move some stuff over to Parlor just from principles, but we'll see where that goes. But still, for right now, everything's row hunting resources, and then our podcast, same thing. It's just you can go to the website or um, oh, SoundCloud or at IT. Well, I guess if Apple lets me, can, uh, some yeah. of us continue <laughs> yeah. to frickin' talk. But regardless, search anywhere, row hunting resources, R-O-E, and uh, you'll find me.
Cool. Well, and Chris, I do appreciate the friendship. No homo. We've been friends oh, yeah, for yeah. many <laughs> years. Yeah. Um, with some very interesting debates and uh, interesting seminars. Um, one I think everyone should listen to, mostly by Chris's face, because we had a game plan about uh, where was that at one shot gear or something? Oh shit! Yeah, that dude. That thing's wildly popular to oh, this day. It's still wildly it was hilarious because he's talking about killing the cock of the walk and i'm like everybody raise your we, hand if you're we, gonna shoot the first thing you we, see we went <laughs> we we had a direction when we were in the back and we walked out and because you were gonna talk gear and then the first you that thing went sideways instantly i'm like okay well <laughs> we threw that plan out the window <laughs> i don't know what happened but i remember you were talking about something and i remember thinking you jumped in a, a lot of people out here who's gonna shoot the first elk they yeah. see what was there? Probably two hundred people. It was standing room only. Yeah, the, the place was packed. It was, like ninety nine point nine percent were like, oh, it was funny. raised their hand, and you could yeah. see Chris was like, "Fuck." Well, no, they <laughs> totally you know, threw yeah, off yeah, my yeah. deal. We, but I'll let people go watch that. But no, I, I reached out to you and I said that because I think twenty twenty for like for me, it was a shit year with all the deaths and family and friends and everything. And I realized that you know, goodness gracious, we were out there, and again, it ties to social media. We're out there trying to collect as many likes as we can, but then we overlook the people that we actually truly freaking care about. And and we it gets diluted and I, and I I'm sitting there I'm like I haven't talked to you or you or how freaking long son of a bitch man at, <laughs> at at some point either I could end up you know COVID dead or I could get run into a ditch or you could have a, a friend of mine uh, this year went out to check cattle and rolled the ATV into a ravine rolled over top of him dead boom. Yeah. He told his family, his, his wife and his little kids, I'll be back. I just got to go check the fence and never came home. And they, they went out and had to find him laying out there. I'm like, holy shit. For all those years, I kept saying, oh, someday, someday. Yeah, someday. Steve, yeah, we'll catch up. We'll ca-. I, I was like, dude, I just want to reach out and say, You're, I still value you. Yeah. And I, even though we're not talking, even though we haven't connected in a while, I genuinely want to know how you're doing. Not from all the bullshit hunting stuff. I still want to reach out and connect and say, "How are you?" Yeah. And 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 I I value our friendship. So yeah, go fucking move on or do whatever you want. But I just wanted to touch back and say, there are certain people in our lives that we really need to to take a step back and say, you need to re- call them, check on them, see what's going on, and just say, "Hey, man, I I you if you are out of my life, it's going to significantly impact me." To, to your point, it's funny when you're in the. I was going to send Frank one, but he'd make gay jokes, so I didn't. But <laughs> I'm going to bring this one up because it's funny you bring – because, dude, I had the same thing. Just, and I don't know if it was COVID. I was tired. You know, you get – but I was literally sitting in the ground blind, and I'm like, how many people have I not said – I because I don't have that many friends. I just don't yeah. like that many people. Yeah. And, and I'm like, how many of these guys have I not just said, hey, dude, I appreciate everything you've done. And Correct. Luke was one of them. and. Again, I would send him more, but Frank will make fun of me. So, <laughs> but I was like, I just said, uh, "Hey, Luke." There's uh, a little homo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I said, "Hey, Luke, no homo, but I really appreciate our your friendship and everything you've done for me. You're truly uh, one of the only guys that I could trust with anything in my life." Did you run out of disc? Nope. It says limited space remaining. Oh, we got a little go. bit. All right. Uh, there you go. You're truly one of the only people that I can trust with anything in my life. Either way, if anything happens tomorrow, I just wanted to let you know that you're a true friend, and I want to thank you for everything. I did that to like 10 different people. Correct. Probably because I only like 10. This is how life is. But I had the same thing you did, like with everything going on, 
I need to start doing yeah. a better job of saying thank you to the people that, yeah. that, that are, are, are close to me or whatever. So when you messaged me the other day, I was, I was like, I wonder if Chris was stuck in a ground blind for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in a, in a way, in a roundabout way. Yeah. But no, it, it, it is. It, it's important for people to start connecting and take stock in their lives and just be better. And I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do that on my end and yeah. see how it plays out. Cool. All right, Frank, you got anything? Ditto. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right, everybody. See ya. Take it easy.